Guys, I got a quick, quick question before we get started. What, why didn't the cannibal eat the guy with no feet? Why? Because he was lactose intolerant. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, boys and girls. These jokes hit different. To a motherfucking showdown episode (laughs) of Halloween's Forever. I'm Brian. I'm Meg. Too aggressive. (laughs) We're here in person. I'm so excited. I know we're recording in person for the first time in years and years. Um, And it's just in time. For uh, a magical, magical March showdown episode. Uh, for those of you who've been following along at home and listening to the podcast, thank you. For those of you who haven't, it's your first episode. Again, fuck you. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. And welcome. Yeah, and also welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a, oh, hi. Yeah. Yeah, you, you always, have a couple nice people here. Right. Yeah, episode. yeah no, it's fuck true. you, but you, you might be fine. No, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's the model of the show. Mm-hmm. Fuck you and welcome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. what took you so long, dummy? That's yeah, also you're But very, also, you're one of us now. Yeah. That like, totally reminds me of a very like, Boston thing to do. And we were talking about that before mm-hmm. we got the mm-hmm. episode and talking about yeah. how, you know, certain things that weren't so great. But it, it feels very, you know, it's aggressive, but well, like. It's a very East Coast. Because we like mm. you. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have to be necessarily Boston, but it, I can I can also see Philadelphia like the, the Philly same thing. Way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I uh, we I had this conversation <laughs> with some of my coworkers. I uh, I spent a lot of time in Philly for work, and um, the phrase "fuck you" is like a turn is like a an endearing thing mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. Fuck you, this like that's like a, yeah. you're funny, good job. Right. I feel like this came <laughs> up a lot when I was out west recently, and I was yeah. in Seattle, and it, like just the conversation about. Well, a it came up because of drivers in Washington and Oregon really fucking suck. But I mm. think it's like mm-hmm. you know, like why are people going slow in the left lane? Mm-hmm. Like this is just a not courteous thing, oh, yeah. you know. This Philly, is just... you literally get shot to death immediately. <laughs> <laughs> if you're like, if you're, they start tapping on your window. They're like, hey, pull over. I want to shoot you. Oh yeah. I, the first like my first couple months, spending a lot of time out there, I was like. Jesus Christ, these people are aggressive yeah. on the roads. Like they are over the top. Although I wouldn't say they're any more, I would say they're even less like road ragey. Right. They're just really aggressive drivers yeah. and are very quick to like flip you off and yell at you. But like I don't necessarily see a lot of I'm sure it happens all the time, but like I don't get the, the classic road rage behavior of the like I'm going to whip in front of you and brake check you or something. Yeah, it's more just like get the fuck out of the way. And then once I'm past you, you're you're you're, you're out in, of my mind. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They don't ride your ass to like, you know, ride your ass, yeah. even though they have room. Yeah. They're riding their ass because they want to get around you. Like, I've <laughs> never met more aggressive drivers than Jersey and New York. Yeah. But they'll also disappear just as quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't want to engage with you. They right. want you out of their life as soon right. as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I got places to be. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, my dad, like, he'll do, like, not anymore because he didn't drive, but when he, when he was, he would do that, but then he'd, like, follow you to your house. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is not not a uh, not a good not a good scene, but um, now yeah, the, the they just want you to get the fuck out of the way. Basically, in, in my younger days, I used to do the opposite of being like extra passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. Of like, I'll do the uh, 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 ride in the left lane 
but like match the speed oh, of somebody yeah. else. So, so the person behind me can't get around. Dude. Yeah, Because you know when they're being a little bit extra, right. they're being a little extra aggressive, and you're yeah. like, you fuck yourself. Yeah, take yeah. a chill pill. I'm gonna done put that. you in the fucking yeah. cooler back there yeah. for a minute. It's like, where, 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 where you gotta go so fast? <laughs> I don't care. Guess what? You're going to chill out. You're going to chill out. We're going to do 45 on the highway. About to be birthed in my back seat. Get the fuck in Steve's Guess what? Like, road just baby. Match it. Guess what? Road baby. Should have planned better. Yeah. Road baby. Don't be rude to me. I, I, I don't need. Listen, I don't need to hurry up because you decided to fuck. Right. Like, that's not has nothing to do yeah. with me. That's your piss poor planning. Yeah. You have a track record of poor planning and I'm not responsible for it. Yeah, Steve has like one of those things that like the sassy secretary has that says like your emergency is not my priority or some yeah. bullshit like yes. or your lack of planning isn't my emergency or nobody, whatever. Nobody sees me at home, but like that's I have a giant like 7XL Tweety Bird shirt that says that. <laughs> You also have that one it's with that cat hanging from the branch that says, hang in there. Right, you, know, yeah. you have that one. I see that one. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> we are not talking about traffic habits. We're not talking about Steve's this wardrobe. going to go off the rails, I can tell. I know. We haven't recorded in person in a long time, so this one's going to be sloppy. We're already slamming beers. Steve's not drinking beers. Steve's drinking poison. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, just as a reminder, for those of you uh, who, who are tuning in and, I don't know, for some reason didn't look at the fucking you know topic that you clicked on to start this podcast again you're a fucking moron i mean you waited this long to listen on the podcast but anyway um <laughs> it's uh it's hungry for horror which is to say uh um movies horror movies about eating and food and and things of that nature so yeah. we're going to talk about that surprise surprise a lot of cannibalism yeah, um, a good in, bit in this one um <laughs> yeah but we're gonna get into that for those of you who are new to the show that you don't know how one of these some bitch and things work we do an episode every goddamn week on the internet, but once a month, first Monday of every month, <clears throat> excuse me, we do what's called a showdown episode. What that is, is Gins gives us a whole bunch of topics. Some of them we came up with, some of them were suggested from our listeners. We put them on a big old spinning ass wheel. We spin it three times. We get three topics. We send them out on the interwebs, uh, on the social medias for our friends to, uh, to vote on. And then once we have that topic... We each pick a movie associated with that topic. And during said showdown episode, we argue uh, and then ultimately vote um, and decide which one of us is going to take a mess on bitching strap for the fucking month. Um, sounds complicated. It's not. It's not. Clean shit out of your ears. It's not that hard. <laughs> You're Don't good make to hang a big of it. deal about it. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, I mean, it does take me at least 45 seconds to explain our podcast when everyone's like, what's your podcast about? It's like, well, okay. <laughs> we talk about horror movies and we argue about horror movies. That's it. And it's funny. It's and then we talk about <laughs> things and stuff. And we go to <laughs> Steve goes, and it's funny. And Megan, it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that funny. Um, it's funny. <laughs> all right. Um, before we do that, though, we are going to talk about beers we're drinking. And I can actually see what beers you guys are drinking, which is weird. Meg, what are you drinking? Let's start oh over here. Oh my gosh. Wow, guys. I'm so grateful. <laughs> <laughs> you really are. You're doing it up. You know, I am the two-time champion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Most likely. Three-time champion. Most likely. Most likely. <laughs> what, what do you I'm mean by most? I'm going to call collusion already. In advance of this episode, I liked your movie. I'm not. I'm not going to stand here and protest trash your no, movie. No, no, no. I, I mean, I liked your movie too. So, hey, look at that. Um. <laughs> it's politic and over mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. Look at that. Well, we have that in common. We should. We should combine forces. Well, we're like maybe. best friends. Yeah. 
How great are we? We're like best friends. It's great. It's great. I well, have a beard. You have a beard. I'm trying to. Yeah, it's a great shirt. Nugget nectar shirt. Okay. ADHD needs to calm down today. <laughs> All right, y'all. Um, I am drinking uh, a pivot by Dancing Gnome. I was excited because, uh, you know, our good pal Ian over there was like extra pale ale. And in my mind, when I hear extra pale ale, my mind instantly goes to Daisy Cutter. Y'all mm. know what I'm talking about. It's mm-hmm. a banger. So, um, beautiful. I think I summit extra pale ale. I don't know why. I don't, I don't, think, extra pale? I don't think I've had that. Yeah. It's Honestly, not as happy as Daisy Cutter. It's a really like, good one. So it was like early. This was like this is hearkening back to like, you know, when we all started drinking. It's like an early 2000 style. Yeah. So I think like of- in, whenever I think about them, I think of something that has a really, really nice aroma like an IPA, but kind of really super light and crispy. Mm-hmm. Like um, like a Pilsner a little bit like yeah. that's like the, I want the body of like a Pilsner. Mm-hmm. So I like this one. The aroma is beautiful, but it, the body's a little bit um a little bit more than I would want, but otherwise, it's a delicious beer, and I'll keep chugging it along. Yeah, but. that one. That one. I, I took a little smell of it. Certain the series hell smells good. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to look if they have anything. They don't really put a whole lot on here about the malt, though, the- right? Root. Oh no, there you go. 100% Pilsner malt. Yeah. I just wondered if they like put some, um, you know, if there was some like wheat or something in there. Mm-hmm. Right now. Yeah, yeah. Pilsner malt. That's pretty straightforward. Um, Steve, what do you got? What kind of bullshit are you drinking? It looks like squirt. Well, you know, you said we were going to do an episode in person. Mm-hmm. I figured, you know, I should bring a gift for everybody to try. What? I don't want to try that. No, you're going that to try it. It literally looks like the Monster Energy drink that I would normally drink. The, like, sugar-free ice one. You know, whatever. Yeah. I want to try that. That looks exactly like something I drink all I don't want to try it. Because I know what it is, and I don't want alcohol form of it. Guys, come on. But you it should. Looks, it looks like and squirt, which is there immediately makes it? me want it. There's not caffeine in it, as far as I can tell. But Meg, oh, you can't do that. You're exactly right, because it is the Beast Unleashed, which is the hard monster. Mm. Yeah. And this one I'm, I'm drinking is... to that one. <laughs> this one is the White Haze. White Haze. White Haze. That, it's that white you should put. Did you put that on your Hop Nation uh, Instagram page and I see did what not. the Haze boys uh, like no. about it? That's the thing. They call it's it Haze, me. but there's I don't believe there's any it's hop really in hazy. it. It's really hazy. Guys, yeah. it's really oh, yeah. fucking hazy. It's yeah. easy like squirt is hazy. Yeah, it's yeah. squirt. Yeah, it, it doesn't taste anything like squirt. So I would like oh, you I would, have liked I would like you I, both to try I, it. I would happily try this. Because, um, you know, it's it's new to the market. Cool. It smells okay. like inside chemical charcoalberry fin yeah and gasoline <laughs> <laughs> smells like chemical smells like okay. ohio train derailment <laughs> whoa it's more orange juicy mm-hmm. than i thought it was gonna be no literally takes that tastes like that like, like concentrated uh, no, like the white sugar-free monster energy sure drink. okay I, I, yeah. i've never had that but i'm sure yeah. it's meant to mimic that and they just can't That's call exactly it the same it like to me. see i'm not an energy drink person like i know what red yeah. bull tastes like, like but mm-hmm. i never drink energy drinks but that reminds me a little bit of mountain dew a little bit more orange juicy squirty more of that aspartame type uh, it definitely vibe. has a very mm-hmm. chemically artificial taste to it what's the abv on this someday it's only six Oh, okay. You would so you would be well. Like, when you feel a texture like this on the can, you think someone just just about to be a hard ass. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, just going for eleven there, percent. There's a lot on here that screams like hard ass, and like because Four Loco exists, yeah. you would think they would try to compete that way. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't. They went six percent. Well, what happened? Because they just got shut down. You know what I mean? Like, but I mean, even even Four Loco is still out there doing thirteen percent. They just don't put That's all the true. fucking stuff that jazzes you up to punch drywall. I just feel like someone who drinks that is also has one of those trucks with the little kid pissing on like you know For the sure. window yeah. pissing like on like a Chevy sitting, did, like a Chevy but like also Joe Biden's laying under the Chevy working on it <laughs> you know and it says like 
I piss on Joe Biden and Chevy. It's like very literal <laughs> yeah. explanation. I mean, there, this I, is I recently, definitely a let's go Brandon crowd drink. I <laughs> definitely saw a truck that that person would drink this drink. And it said, how's that Joe Biden working out for you? And I was like, fuck. Oh my God. <laughs> and, not, honestly, not great. But also, fuck you. Yeah, not great, but also, go fuck yourself. Like, he's not working for you either. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> had a Blue Lives Matter flag. You oh, know, right, there you oh, go. Yeah, was, oh like, it's a That's whole what that drink yeah. is for, in my cops, opinion. Cops, yeah. yeah. It's for cops. <laughs> Literally just cops. <laughs> it's the drink for cops that get them riled up. <laughs> get them riled up so they can baton people. And their wives. <laughs> it they works great. Right. There's Honestly, actual caffeine in it, so they're getting jacked up. Serves their per- serves its purpose. Perfectly. Yeah, this is this is after after work, <laughs> after work. Like man, right I'm really tired, wives. but I gotta beat my wife. Yeah, <laughs> we, <laughs> so under- we understand. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, I'm going back to one of them newfangled beers. You guys are drinking all this classic stuff. I'm drinking hey, something. Hey, don't here forget called- that I have my sidecar over here, the Iron City. I'm drinking something called an India Pale Ale. Uh uh-huh. actually this is really cool, maybe just for me, but Saranac, which uh you know couldn't be less cool. Right. Um mm-hmm. but I like Saranac and I think they make mm-hmm. quality stuff. Their Adirondack like- lagers great, their black and tan's great, they're not sexy I grew or up popular in New York. at all. I feel like that besides the Dundee that we've talked about before, <clears throat> yeah. that I mean which we think we talked about this is the same brewery. Maybe. Yeah, it's FX Matt, right? Yeah. They um, have a nice s'mores porter. Fuck <laughs> 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 you. <laughs> They do. I like it. the original IPA with a s'mores porter. No, this is not it. an original. This is an American IPA. Very new age in that way. Mm. Um, but no, it's a, a Saranac put out a variety pack. I wish I would have read what it's called in there, but it's basically like a throwback variety pack. It to, looks and like it has it too. four beers, like four beers that are ancient looking. Like this one is golden beer or I'm sorry, Pilsner beer golden. Literally looks like golden. something I would buy in 2012. It's fucking really tasty, mm. though. Um, they have the black and tan, and then they have well, something else. All the, the Adirondack, the Adirondack Lager as well. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, just like really old school throwback to like the early days of craft beer. Um, and you know what? I'm enjoying the fuck out of it. Take me a little, little trip down memory lane there. Um, yeah, good way to get a workout on those three C hops. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. It's uh, they gotta think, go somewhere, guys. I think yeah. every Saranac beer ever made. Is like pretty Cascade prominent, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I fucking love. Yeah. I'm like, I'm a listen. I'm a stand for the old Cascades. We um, can sell it to these, you know, young kids as, uh, you know, this is hip vintage. We stuff. need to just get rid of yeah. the name and call it like HPC. You oh know, yeah, oh, take it back whatever, to formula, and then it just turns out it's fucking the same Cascades. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Exactly. But any again, case. it's all about the branding, yeah, y'all. Yeah, just bring it back around. <laughs> these fucking kids, they don't know what they're talking. They don't know what they're drinking. Um, all right, so we got the beers out of the way. Um, so I guess what we should probably do is Meg should probably determine <laughs> the <laughs> order <laughs> in which we're gonna go. You guys aren't seeing it, but I'm dancing for these guys. I'm she is it's not so great, fucking... but she is. I know, I know. I am. I'm very. It's white. not her sassy shoulder shrug, but she has something going. <laughs> no, it There's was like a lot sassy. of like herky jerky. <laughs> like that's before one beer in, she's all yeah. like. Turkey jerky. She was doing an Elaine at yeah, it. I was just about to say, it's Elaine. One beer in, then she'll start doing the shoulder shrug, then she'll start getting funky, but early on, we're going Elaine. All right, guys. I know I'm going middle ground. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to try to get ravenous out of the way first. Okay. <laughs> 
I don't know when it started, <laughs> but it's become this thing where they there's like a rot because I used to be the one to always have a rivalry with somebody. Now it's a full on in the world of Cowboys Forever. There's like a big Meg's the feud happening right now, and I'm just fucking eating popcorn and following it over here. I love it. I would say it's because you in the you past couple months. I or do know. I keep winning. It's because Meg has bad taste, and you <laughs> have been choosing movies that I don't. I don't know. You're just kind of laying things up there. You're not trying to win. Feels like sometimes me. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you're just laying things like Motel Hell is something you pick because you love it. Yes. No, but I also think I think there is an element to Brian's tactic where he tries to go after something one of us would also like. What do you mean? <laughs> what is that laugh? <laughs> Snidely whiplashes dog over here. Yeah, so um whereas I think Steve, you genuinely try to choose a good movie mm. and don't always succeed. No, been, no I genuinely I do choose good movies tactics. and you just have bad taste. <laughs> Henry, I, great I movie. Ravenous, great movie. Two of me Listen. winning is not me having bad taste. I With like big it. asterisks on those wins. <laughs> I think I call bullshit on the asterisks. Um, I, I, Most and people I who have one, asterisks call bullshit on them. No, yeah. I, okay, Pete Rose one, isn't like, there all is right, absolutely you got me. No Barry way. Bones wasn't like, eh, all right. <laughs> I really love sore losers, which means I love you both. <laughs> but this month... <laughs> Well, there is absolutely no way there could be an asterisk on my film, so I think it's genuinely an amazing movie. I think it like, is. it's a very it's it a, took I, me, it's a, it took it's me a five really minutes. Fun I movie. was like, holy shit, I forgot about this movie. It is a very appropriate movie for the um, topic, which is a change of pace for you, which I appreciate. Um, <laughs> all right. So- Steve, you're up, Steve. You picked. It's also lesser known and wasn't one of the top of the genre. <laughs> Meg has for those who are just tuning in, we're we're ripping on Meg because she has um a tendency to just pick the most famous movie from the topic. We call it pulling a Meg, and I'm calling myself out for this sometimes yeah, yeah. though. But at the same time, like if we do a, cannibal movies, right. she's a, picking Texas Chainsaw. Right. You know I mean? yeah. We're talking about Megan knows how to fucking win. Right. This is the name of the game. The rest of the month, we can have fun. <laughs> At the now top start- of the month. Wait, you're not saying this. She's starting to get a little now wiggly. Now it's the sass. Yeah, now it's getting- the sass. Yeah. At the top of the month, mm-hmm. Megan's all in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Laser focused. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She knows how to win. Yeah. Third person. Talking least, in the third least- person. <laughs> We haven't, yeah. even, we haven't even At started the first movie. At least two months movie. in a row, guys. Remember yeah. that. Two months in a row. It's Running. Big. It's big for you. Um, you all right. Ste- no, no, I'm good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> all right, Steve. You picked Ravenous from yeah. 1999? Indeed it is. Yes. Uh, Ravenous directed by Antonia Bird. Mm-hmm. Uh, although there is like a lot of... If you read into the history of the film... There was an original director who started the pre-production, but wound up like getting fired because Fox kept putting its nose in everything. Mm. And there was like, like stupid disagreements about like the dirt on, uh, you know, there was too much dirt on the soldiers' uniforms. Mm. Weird. Like, it yeah, sounds just, like an expensive holdup or something bullshit. You know, I'm just like right, yeah, no, yeah. but like they they eventually wound up like just firing that director mm. they tried to install their own new director but the cast revolted and so antonia bird who was like a business partner and a friend of robert carlisle 
like everybody was in agreement with her directing the film. Oh, okay. I see. So she came on. And then uh, it was written by, oh, I don't have his name right up here. Uh, but he also wrote the Ocean's Eleven screenplay later on. The, the newer one oh, with gotcha. George Clooney, not the original. The blockbuster. With, yeah. Do you, um, I am curious about how this was released because it definitely, it, it, I mean, from when it came out, it had this like very specific feel for that time and mm-hmm. place. I didn't know if that went right to theater or if it, it like, did us. I uh, remember. Indie, indie circuit or something. I, for some reason, I remember it getting like a select release in theaters because I do think I still saw it mm. in theaters originally, okay. but it, it was really big on DVD. Yes, yeah, I remember speak having that time. a big yeah. DVD push. I remember this one in the fucking blockbuster all over the place when, mm-hmm. when it came out. Yeah, it it had a huge presence on DVD because of, it just came out at the right time. It had like it has enough star power and other things behind mm-hmm. it. Uh, like so, the the it stars Guy Pierce mm-hmm. and Robert Carlyle, who we've already mentioned. Don't know that Robert Carlyle was as known in America at I this feel like time. We might have talked about him off air though. Yeah, we talked. Yeah, we talked about him off air. Okay, he no. had like he was in Angela's Ashes, yeah, which, which is, you saw. I saw when I was like way too young. Yeah, which was really big. And then we were talking I f- about pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think he probably was known at this point. Uh, he he would have been known in America because of the full Monty. Okay. Oh, that I was, was that was huge. Spotting. Okay, oh, there you train go. spotting. There you go. Uh, train. I don't know. He didn't train play sp- a huge role in right. Trainspotting. And Trainspotting was still kind of like an indie film. Yeah, ninety six. Where- I definitely yeah. hadn't yeah. seen Trainspotting by ninety nine. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I do. Re- I do college. remember like the full Monty being a thing because it was always made fun of on like Jay Leno and shit like that. Yeah, so. that was a big. Uh, that was more in that the zeitgeist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. David Arquette is in it, which everybody you know he plays a small role, but <laughs> he, he actually this is a perfect role for him. It's great. Yeah, he's because, small because <laughs> he's such a go- fucking goof, mm-hmm. and he plays a good goof. Right. And he's like this. He's like the frontier stoner. He yeah, basically plays the version of him from like this, like the. Um, the scary movie, like the parody. Of, oh yeah, like okay, he, yeah. He Officer plays, Doofy. Oh. He, he basically takes the, <laughs> the one like, that's always the fucking the vacuum that cleaner and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clean up my room. <laughs> Clean up my room. He's in his tiny way. He's dragging yeah. the thing around here. And then yeah, you, you have a number of other like well-known actors in there uh, who like either were known at the time or just became known later on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely had uh, you had you had your uh, your uh, Joe Spencer, who mm-hmm. people would know from like a litany of sitcoms. But I, I think of it as the West Wing. Like, he's yeah, very well known for the West Wing. Th- this was actually John Spencer's last film that he did because he went on to the West Wing. Yeah. And he was on that for fucking years and years mm-hmm. and years. Um, guys, <clears throat> I don't mean to bring it up this early, but <laughs> we do have, unfortunately, some indirect pedophilia here. <laughs> Um, I would say indirect having of images. <laughs> yeah, I think is what so he was convicted go, guys, of. So, guys, I hate for again for those of you who knew the show. Megan Steve got a real track record going. <laughs> of, not of that of incest, <laughs> incest and or I would throw pedophilia in there too. Whatever. Um, this is scary shit, man. You Jeffrey just... Jones is in here. If for those of you who know uh, Jeffrey Jones, you probably know him from Beetlejuice. Um, Beetlejuice, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, super recognizable. Frankly, fantastic comedic actor. Yeah, uh, uh, a pretty sure pedophile, right? Didn't he get a he yeah. child porn or something? Went yeah. to jail for child porn or something Solid. like that. After this movie, though, yeah, not so. a cool guy. <laughs> right, right, right after, not like, right after, during, well, right after they started filming. Before I got, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, I, I think he, it was actually during like 
or it was after Deadwood even. Yes, it was relatively recently. Yeah. Um, yeah, just generally speaking, not a great dude. Um, and I just, you know, I felt the need to bring it up because you guys keep like perpetuating this episode after episode, <laughs> unsavory characters that you're celebrating. You know what I like, love about this point is that it's you not somehow, part of the story. Though. You didn't just go after one of us because you could have played it off like you're giving me a little relief here, mm. but no, you brought me right back down. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that, yeah. That's a notch against you, Brian. Well, you, no, I, you I, more you on account of you did it. <laughs> um, I didn't do shit. This I time. think it, I yeah. think it's wrong that Brian is mixing pedophilia and incest. Those are two different <laughs> things. Most incest things. is also pedophilia. <laughs> guys i hate to break it to you especially okay. in the instances wow. that you guys call out just and because sh- and frankly showcase <laughs> just because yeah it's somewhat of a venn diagram circle <laughs> yeah doesn't mean that you get the mix the it this venn diagram time is just a single circle also almost. the story you guys to this argument I'm stepping the stories of films <laughs> like i mean meg is hella guilty yeah, yeah. for making us watch there's something strange about the robinsons the johnsons the johnsons yeah, yeah. yeah. Meg is hella guilty about oh, yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But now that so, was at least that was that was intentional. This is this that is in, just that was intentional though. That this, was like I'm gonna fuck you guys up. Is that it was actually reverse because he was a kid who was yeah. into his old dad. So his old dad. Yeah, his <laughs> daddy. Yeah. The old dad. But like Jeffrey that? Jones There's was just he's he's one piece of the puzzle and that's not part of this movie. Right. You no, can ignore it. And no. he's not even that big of a part of the movie. He shows up in the beginning and so then Brian's just trying to stir the pot right now. He's yeah. Bringing he's it just, up. It's just a he's just trying, in the room. He's yeah, trying to bring detract the in the bringing the pedo soup into the into the show today. And you know what, Brian? <clears throat> um, shame on you. Uh, sorry for being a, a whistleblower. <laughs> Sorry. I don't think you have to be a whistleblower. He's been convicted and punished. Well, I'm just yeah. blowing the whistle on you. Were you, were you like um, a witness or something, Brian? <laughs> Me, you should be the were you club. on his hard drive? <laughs> what is your problem? We have talked about yeah. his Catholic past. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm not Catholic. But, oh, okay. uh, uh, yeah. Well, listen. <laughs> Priests get him a last. It's not just Catholics. Um, all right, guys. Sorry, I, I I threw us off there. Yeah, you are you are derailing for no reason. Mm-hmm. Right. Just oh, he wow, he yeah. was convicted. Yeah. He's a criminal. I'm not supporting him. Let's get him out of here. <laughs> He's in other movies. Let's pretend it, it didn't happen. Yeah, let's brush it under the rug. Steve, I support you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Meg. Let's brush this under the rug. Totally. Good politicking, Meg. <laughs> the movie itself, though, is fantastic because yeah. it, it it's a late you know pre 2001. Uh, way before everybody got hard ons for you know America, mm-hmm. and the it was able to tell a sort of subtle uh, critique of just Western expansion and you know American imperialism. Yes, it mm-hmm. was a, it was a uh, I would say a dark look at the uh, the dark side of Manifest Destiny. Maybe. Yeah, 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 and it's yeah. like a dark comedy in that way. Oh, very much it's, so. Yeah. This, is, this is a great dark comedy. I actually forgot. I mean, I knew it was. Had comedic elements, but I forgot how outwardly funny. comedic it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I want to hear more about what you guys felt was funny because I just didn't feel that. But I maybe because oh I my got God, really there were so bored. many good like the, there were so many good lines in mm-hmm. like very dire situations. Yeah, like when he's like, "That's so annoying." Like we'll get to this right. Like that, mm, those those yeah. like lines and and like at the end when well I won't say but the. That was very sneaky. And, yeah, you know, yeah. he has a lot of these like almost um, almost Coen Brothers lines. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's I very hear, I, Coen I, okay, Brothers. I hear yeah. you and I can see that. I think like 
my and I don't like I don't want to come attacking it right away, but like I just like I felt like it was just too long for what it's doing mm-hmm. for like me to care about all like the little one liners. I don't know. It, it definitely. I mean, I I Steve, like dark comedies. Like you understand. I know I bring long movies <laughs> into the play sometimes. Whatever. I just like that it is. Um, like there are scenes. First of all, the music's fantastic. Yeah. Unfucking believable. Love the music, and I didn't realize until this time. It's uh, it's Damien Albarn. Who Damon, does, yeah. Or Damon, Damon yeah. Albarn. Who, who um, lead singer of Blur and of the Gorillas. Yeah, creator of the Gorillas. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he did he did he was one of the two guys who did the music. Yeah, there, there's a, I didn't know before that. Yeah, just we can jump into the music for a second, just because like it's one of the things that really stuck out with me. Mm-hmm. You know, for every time I've watched the film, but yeah, it's uh, Damon Albarn and uh, Michael Nyman. And Michael Nyman's a more classical, uh, just film score as, as well as classical composer type yeah, of guy. Um, an in, an interesting kind of tie to Pittsburgh is there's a couple songs in here where Michael Nyman rearranged Stephen Foster music. Oh yeah, and it's played by something he created called Foster's uh, Social Orchestra, hmm. which that's the name of the band. But okay. if you look it up, Stephen Foster had like a social orchestra, which was just like a Stephen bunch of Foster's the guy who did like all those old timey like camp town races. And yeah, stuff. Yeah. 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 He did a lot of the old timey type music and like minstrel show music. That's yeah, yeah. You know, not great. But the social orchestra was music that he created to get away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I think it's on display at like the University of Pittsburgh or something mm-hmm. like that. Oh, cool. But uh, Nyman had this orchestra of people who didn't know how to play music and it's and so it's like the scenes where boyd is arriving at fort spencer where all the music sounds fucking terrible dissonance yeah yeah yeah. i thought see that's interesting a lot too sorry like no it it, it stuck out to me too because like what you're saying i'm like wow these are like great musicians that i understand now but i'm so i'm like trying to reframe how i thought it because like Mm -hmm. they just felt like um like they just they stuck out so strongly that they were almost distracting to me a little bit. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like one of those movies that I would want to like watch a couple times to understand and like mm. appreciate that. But also I was thinking about when this came out and was like, oh, yeah, no, they're just using a lot of shitty music that's like coming out right now was my initial thought. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like so loud compared to mm-hmm. like what the scene and the vibe of the movie was. Is like my initial reaction to it. See, I, I thought it was a, a, a fun juxtaposition because I and I assumed not knowing the who the other person is, I assumed that that was the influence of Damon Albarn because there was a lot of um, electronic music in the right. soundtrack, which is so out of place for a, for a frontier yeah. movie. But he's playing like Foster ish yeah. town racy type of mm-hmm. stuff, but with like a fucking synth and stuff. And yeah. it's really, it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, mm. But uh, the, the one thing that I, um, that I kind of liked about it is it took like it, it, it's, it's like Halloween. They always say like the first time they showed John Carpenter's Halloween without the soundtrack, people laughed at it. That was mm-hmm. funny. Put the soundtrack in, everybody's fainting and freaking out. Mm-hmm. Right. This movie, you put a different soundtrack in there. That scene of like, um, which we'll talk about when they're first, like, um, like the chase scene up mm-hmm. on the cliff yeah. before he jumps off. They put this very cartoony music and it yeah. makes it funny. Yeah, it's a jaunty banjo. Yeah, like, and David and it's Arquette's funny. fucking tripping over his own or feet. That, that's Tolifer. It's Oh, it's Tolifer, the yeah, priest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, they're doing... Yeah, because David Arquette doesn't die till later. But anyway... Spoiler alert, sorry. Um, but anyway, <laughs> he... Uh, uh, but with that music, it made it 
like kind of a comedy of errors. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a jaunty run through the woods where, yeah. and like they're not following properly. But mm. yeah, so just quickly back to those kind of goofed up tracks mm-hmm. of like, you know, when Boyd is first arriving to Fort Spencer, like the the soundtrack perfectly matches to just illustrate that it's a fort of fuck ups Mm -hmm. like this is where Mm -hmm. fuck ups go to die yeah these are dumbasses who fucked up somewhere else and this is like we're 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 burying them in uh, some desk job in the middle Mm -hmm. of fucking nowhere yeah they're they're, they're in the middle of california yeah and so we'll jump back to the beginning of the film Mm -hmm. the film begins around the time of the uh, mexican-american war which is partly a part of american expansionism that it it was a war over texas Mm -hmm. and Boyd is getting he's receiving a medal for bravery because he by himself took over one of the uh, outposts yeah. that was held by the Mexicans. But everybody knows that he did it through a manner of cowardice because he faked dead. And he was, played possum. Basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just laid down in the middle of battle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like doesn't uh, doesn't Matthew Broderick's character do that at some point uh, in glory or am I? I don't remember. I feel like there's another character who does that, but yeah, like, yeah, but it's, yeah, there's, there's, it's a bit of a, of a trope, you know, yeah. cat, the coward who survived and, and gets glorified, but, but in his brain knows that he took the coward's way out. Right. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're, they're celebrating them and they're having this grand steak dinner over it. And like the steak is disgusting. Yeah. It's all bloody. It's these, big giant like almost raw flintstone slabs (laughs) is what they are yeah but with like they're like they're like uh oh what do they call them like these big flank things with like a big round bone in them Mm -hmm. just bloody yeah yeah big yeah just big like 32 ounce rounds and like that's where you first get the instinct that this might be a little bit funny because just the way everything's going like how disgusting the soldiers are as they're eating Mm -hmm. but also it plays into the themes of like overconsumption and american expansion because you just have a whole line of table or you know a whole line of soldiers and they're just shoveling the shit in their face Mm so uh boyd is disgusted by it and throws up and he's you know, flashing back to like where he's had his uh, uh, commanding officer's blood dripping into his mouth. Yeah, he was basically when he played dead, got thrown on like Monty Python style, uh, you know, on the cart of corpses yeah. and he bringing was out your dead. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was just literally like his what was yeah, his commanding officer's like head got blown off mm-hmm. and his blood's just like dripping down his throat the whole time that he's right. being carried to wherever. Yeah. Uh, so the his higher ups are aware of this and I think it's his name's General Solner. Mm. And he's just like, Look, you're no hero, and I want you as far away from my company as possible. I'm sending you to California. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and that's that's where he winds up. He winds up in this Fort Spencer that's full of fuck ups. But also when you get to learn the people of Fort Spencer, they also carry with them a lot of the negative uh just like consumptions. Yeah. The you know, Knox is a drunk. Um, Cleves is just out here like smoking weed. Yeah, and, <laughs> and like he, carrying doing on. ayahuasca and shit. Like, yeah, he just hangs out with like the Native American like guide, and they just get fucked up. They just get super stoned all the yeah. time. Yeah, Taltifer is out here spreading the word of Jesus, which is just the, one of those things. Yeah, Hart doesn't like when you first meet him. He doesn't completely. You, you don't necessarily think about it, but if mm-hmm. you think about it, like 
he is obsessed with books and reading books in the dead languages. Mm -hmm. And like, that's a very American expansionist thing of just like reducing a culture to a book. Mm -hmm. And so he's like obsessed with, you know, absorbing knowledge that way. But also you look at him, he's a big guy, so he doesn't miss meals. Mm -hmm. And he's also like bringing in decadent walnuts from other places. He has, uh, and and he imbibes in bourbon the same way Knox does. So like, he's not, not guilty. Yeah. For whatever reason I had it in my head that his kind of sin, if you will, was like pride. Mm -hmm. Like he, you know, I, I kept thinking, and cause I never really paid as close to, I think I've only seen this movie one other time. I didn't really pay a lot of close attention to, you know, as much this time obviously I did. Um, and that's what I thought it was going to be is like, he was going to basically do something that was going to fuck up. I, uh, how do I say it? Like he was going to pu- put his pride ahead of um, his duty kind of thing. Mm-hmm, right. But yeah. No, he's, he's pretty. Yeah. I, um, I don't know if I like to ride. So like I'm right now just like in like digesting a lot of things you guys said, because I feel like this is my first watch of this. And like, I didn't derive like all these things of like, again, I think I initially took like all their personalities being like, this is just like this, like, not necessarily a band of misfits, but like this is the dynamic that the movie tried to portray mm-hmm. versus like being like someone who drinks a lot is getting sent here. This is just like something that would be looked negatively because I think like drinking at that point. Oh, yeah. I not, mean, you know, it's it's a yeah, pretty the, common part of society yeah. at that point. So that's where I was just like trying to t- I took a lot of that stuff as like a very face value of like we're just developing the characters here. We're just like this is just who mm-hmm. this is, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm like maybe even more curious because it almost seems like there's more themes that you guys have derived from it than I took away from it, mm-hmm. which like make it sound more interesting than what I found it to be, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But like I'm going to let you keep going here. But this is just like so far of what you're saying. I'm like, you're just saying things. I'm like, how did he pick that out of that? You know, just trying to like wrap my head around yeah. those type of things. Like these things seem so like for the, for the most part, yeah. Like for it. the most part, the 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 social commentary is rather subtle in this film, with the exception of like one scene. I mean, I think the idea of cannibalism in general could be like derived from that. You know, like even mm-hmm. when we get to my movie, it's like that can that's a fucking huge theme. But like the mm-hmm. moment you said, I'm like. I feel like this could be a theme more talking about cannibalism, like eating one another. It could be thematic on a lot well, of things. Well, this one's almost like, and we didn't get this far yet, but I think ultimately the big like social, the thing that that's most surface level, I think for me in this movie is it is a cannibal movie, obviously. Yeah. But it's really has more of the social dynamics of a vampire flick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it really I, is more of a vampire yeah. movie than a cannibal movie. Weirdly enough, which I want to talk about more, even though there's not mm. explicit vampirism yeah. or, uh, you know, and there is explicit cannibalism. I feel like they treat cannibalism more like vampirism in, in a way, because they also yeah. well, the, the other turn to this isn't it, it's not cannibalism for the sake of cannibalism. It's cannibalism that's also tied to uh, Native American myth of the Wendigo. Yeah, there's a supernatural right. element to the cannibalism in this movie. Right. I would also say, too, like that I want to bring up that we, I'm sure we'll dive into more is that, like, I didn't feel like there was as much, like, maybe the gore is not the right word for it as much as that I wanted because this isn't necessarily what we needed, but, like, flesh eating, like, I feel like there's a lot of things inferred, like, along the way within mm-hmm. this movie related to which it could also lead to what you're talking about brian mm. in that 
like it it could be a suit or it feels like a different type of movie yeah than they don't necessarily is, show but, people like, eat i mean they do on a couple of occasions yeah they do show yeah. people eating people but it is a pretty but it's not like movie. always like raw flesh per se you know it's like yeah, a, they hey we're them. like they, they we're try to be cooking. more civilized yeah, a little bit yeah. about it but there which, is which just, is also leads to a very fun line <laughs> later as well. Yeah. This is all very civilized. And Boyd is spitting up blood and choking the death. That's <laughs> that's a, so, that was a very good, you know, darkly uh, comedic yeah, scene. That's, that, that always gets a laugh out of me. Mm. Um, but yeah, so uh, we meet all the fuck ups of Fort Spencer. And like, it's pretty quick. Like even in the editing, it's just a quick snap, snap, snap. You get a quick profile mm. of what all the other soldiers are doing. You of what all the other soldiers are doing. What was that? <laughs> She's fucking with the microphone. No, I turned off my mic so I could finish chewing and not have to worry about him don't editing. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> it's going to mess it up harder. That's yeah. what I did when I was fucking the one day. We need, you need like a button. You need mm. like a kill button. He needs there. a kill button. Button, button, who's got the button? <laughs> I mean, um, so yeah, you, you get a quick like look at all of the characters very quickly. It just kind of snap cuts, gives you a quick profile. You see where they're at. Like Private Reich is fucking in the creek screaming. screaming that you know, one like, I laughed out loud. Is that he's like, then we have Reich. He's our soldier. And then they just cut to him in the creek in the snow going, ah, yeah, just flexing and screaming so like, intense. And you have to remember, he's a private. He's the lowest on the rung and he's acting like a fucking psychopath. Like, yeah. he, he doesn't, he's the over eager, but also like potentially the most capable right like yeah. like uh, um actual soldier yeah this like actually kind of reminds me of like there is um i forget the name of the channel on tiktok but it's this guy that will like do impersonations in different scenarios for each branch of the military mm. and that reminds me immediately of like the army mm. being like just like just <laughs> out. yeah i'm watching uh, if with, it wasn't the 1800s reich would be a marine <laughs> yeah i'm watching barry right now Okay. I don't know if you watch oh, Barry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it reminds me of like, or I'm early in in the first season, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's the his like buddies, his like Marine buddies, so right? Like, yeah, yeah, they're like just total bros. Yeah, they're yeah, like, all his buddies are going there, kill everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're all shithead bros. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's not it. It's pretty quick after that though, that we have uh, kind of Hart is laying out the land for. Uh, Boyd because Boyd is now third in command out there mm-hmm. and he's kind of laying out the land but all of a sudden there's somebody outside the door mm-hmm. or outside the window and they find they they find uh, Calhoun mm-hmm. who's played by Robert uh, Robert Carlyle mm-hmm. it's not clear you know you never get a clear answer whether or not you know who he is what he is where he can comes no, from you don't really get much of his history yeah but he does tell a story of you know, he's on basically a Donner Party expedition, which is mm-hmm. kind of the 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 uh, 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 what the fuck inspiration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kept wanting to say imagination. That's not right. I just really wanted to hear you say inspo. Oh, <laughs> inspo. <laughs> Yeah, it's, a, it's the inspiration for this film uh, because Robert Carlyle's character says he was out on expedition and he was being led by this Colonel Ives and they were going to go to California and they got caught up in a storm and took shelter in a cave and they wound up having to eat each other. You know, yeah. usual story. Yeah. It's that classic. Classic Scottish classic. tale. Well, it actually <laughs> is. Like, I wonder if it was influenced by, because isn't there that um, story that was the inspiration for The Hills Have Eyes that is like that crazy Scottish 
inbred family who ate travelers and shit. Oh. Are you I, feel talking like about? Was, I think there was that was like based on they inspired by like. Yeah, I wonder if this things. had something to do with that, especially I especially because I didn't remember from when I first saw it is that the character he's playing early on when he is Calhoun. Mm-hmm. He has he's yeah, to be Scottish. Yeah, he says he's Scottish. It's that's the thing because his accent changes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to tell is he is he ever Calhoun or is he Ives or you I know. Yeah, like you don't you yeah. never really know who yeah. he actually yeah, is. Yeah, I feel like along the way like he just comes off of like I mean, I feel like you learn that like when they go to the cave mm-hmm. and like you instantly know he is just a complete liar. Like well, that's you know why I even like it even gave me an of vibes because you don't know his origin and he is uh, for all you know kind of timeless it like mm-hmm. even spoke to the to the the, the vampire mythos a little bit I right. gen- yeah. genuinely think he's probably been eating bodies since he was a child could it be could well be. no he, he tells could a pretty he pretty tells a definitive story that's not what happened ultimately he does you know what yeah. steve fan film okay <laughs> let me do my thing he must, also let me do we, my thing which is fanfic <laughs> which is thing. make things up That's and create prequels I, I, prequels and sequels right i want to see <laughs> um no but i i think it, i mean i feel like stuff like the donner party like probably happened more often than what was ever told in all essence well I'm yeah sure, there's a there's know, another like, story that like about alfred packard and that's the inspiration for cannibal the musical mm-hmm uh, yeah, this has can I, I did write that down. I, I didn't get that part, but this has Cannibal the Musical vibes too. Real bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, this that movie was before this, though, right? Isn't Cannibal the Musical like early 90s? I th- not early, but it might have been like 90s. Because it was like Matt Stone, Trey Parker, like. It was their student they film. They made it while they were in college. Yeah, it was their student like thesis film. Mm-hmm. So I think it was made in 96. Okay. But then was released maybe 97, 98 on DVD. That sounds right. But yeah. I mean, that was, again, I didn't see that. There's, college, there's no but. way. I mean, there's no way anybody on the production of this film saw that film. No, though, like. certainly not. No. <laughs> yeah. It came out from trauma. Like. <laughs> but, oh, did it? I never. I yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was, a, it was a trauma release. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so. After uh, Calhoun kind of recovers, they take him back to the cave because he had said that he left Colonel Ives with McCready, who was uh, just like the surviving woman member of the well, party. I thought it was supposed to be his wife. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. no, because Calhoun is a man of the cloth. He's no, supposed Ives, to or, I mean, Ives wife. Oh, no, I don't think so. Oh, no, I think it was. No, it was McCready and like. McCready, McCready's wife, and I think they had a kid, maybe. Oh, McCready, McCready's wife, and McCready died. Right. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I think McCready was actually the first one they ate yeah. in his story, and yeah. then uh, and these are all like potentially made up people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? We don't who, know that now. Yeah. Who knows who actually is who? Because even in the credits, he's credited as Calhoun slash Ives. Yeah. So you never really know his true identity. But he brings he brings a party back to that, and the party includes Toffler, Hart. George, uh, the native who is familiar with the area, and uh, Boyd mm-hmm. and Reich, you know, they all go back to the cave. While they're in the cave, uh, Boyd and Reich, they discover, you know, Reich discovers more bodies than there should be. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, oh, he's playing us. He's going to kill us. Mm-hmm. Outwards, Carlisle is losing it. <laughs> and he's like digging in the dirt like an animal. Yeah, he's completely shitting, you know, flipping shit outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
like they're just watching him like oh he went through this crazy traumatic experience yeah, he's like he's just him. losing his shit yeah mm. yeah because he was acting all afraid to go near the cave mm -hmm. as if you know like a monster is hiding in there which i mean it's pretty effective as like a horror thing of like oh, yeah. not yeah. even being able to see into the cave and, and then they're just... yelling in they can't hear them they're yelling out they mm -hmm. can't hear but them I, so there's a lot of confusion time like i'm kind of like wondering if the point of that like you know what i mean like i it, it definitely was effective for us Mm -hmm. But like if like us talking about it now, I'm like, he didn't need to do that. Yeah, he did. He he hit his knife. Over oh, there. he just like yeah. Had he hit his knife by yeah. the cave. He's trying his best to like separate everybody because yeah. he he got the party away from the fort. Yeah, and now he can get his knife. Now he's got Boyd and. I think he was doing. I think I, my mind was a different place, but I know okay. you're saying yeah. Yeah, he, he did <laughs> the. Shut uh, up, Steve. He, he did the, <laughs> oh no! I mean, hey, you're just like you. You don't like this movie, but you're also wrong about the movie part. <laughs> oh, so wow. <laughs> well, no, because he's getting sassy. Now. He creates confusion, <laughs> and then he's doing all yeah. the spazzing out. So then he lures them into a false sense of security of like, oh, he's going to be over there doing physical wild shit. Right. Mm. Just kind of keep an eye on him. He's harmless. Yeah. In the meantime, he's over there grabbing a big fucking Bowie knife out of the sand because mm. he knew they would have took it from him mm -hmm. early on. The only thing that we didn't talk about yet, which I'm I am conf not confused about as much as like. Yeah, I guess I, I don't know, is why could he? truly not control himself when he started sucking on the priest's wound I, I i would think so yeah so that was like because because my other thing is this did he just bury that knife there as a as a backup and he knew he had that knife there because i think he, i think it was because i mean throughout the film you see that he makes plans right so i think it was a a, a thing of like he had run out of food yeah. So he has to go find food. Sure. But he knows like the he, whoever he's going to eat, he's going to bring back. Sure. He, he like before he knew he was going to go to Fort Spencer. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm going to bring people back to the cave. Yes. Mm -hmm. So he leaves the knife there. Yeah. It's after he realizes the size of the party that's coming back with him to the cave mm -hmm. that he needs to start picking off like who is the weakest. So like he identifies Toffler as like the weakest. Yeah. Isn't really a soldier. I meant like if, if he didn't, if he didn't plan to suck on the guy's wound mm -hmm. and get restrained, which well, maybe he, he did, you know, because he like begs them to do it. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, restrain me. I can't control myself. Blah, blah, blah. Was that even a further like Machiavellian approach to like getting them to be lured into a false sense of security. Yeah, it's very possible. Like I, I just was confused yeah. about that because otherwise it's like, why do that? Why get tied up? Why not just have a freaking knife in your pocket? Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of going through all that. So I felt like that was an improvised thing and he just luckily had a knife buried. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure he definitely purposely had the knife there. Yeah. And then maybe like sucking on Toffler's wound. Cause like Toffler's wound happens as an accident as they're traveling to the cave. Right. So like he couldn't it, have planned that. He couldn't have planned that. So maybe he just saw an opportunity or maybe he just saw an opportunity. He just saw yummies. Yeah. He saw yummies, <laughs> but then he <laughs> saw an opportunity to be like, Oh, restrain me. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Um, I can't be trusted. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think it would, it was more of that. He's just, he, he's good at thinking on his feet. He's yeah. an improviser. He's, you know, devious in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's, after, you know, Reich discovers all the bodies, you know, they run to try to save the rest of the party. But at that point, uh, uh, he's already grabbed the knife. He stabbed Hart, mm -hmm. 
George tries to hit him with a tomahawk mm-hmm. and like just blocks it with his body. <laughs> like he throws, yeah, uh, uh, heart in front heart of it, heart in front of it, and he gets a tomahawk in the in the back. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he's able to grab Hart's pistol and shoots George, which just leaves Toffler and Ives. Mm-hmm. And Toffler is a coward. And then that's Toff- when you get the Toffler's great. Toffler's actually a subtly funny character. He's he's very funny. Yeah, um, he like. <laughs> Like it's just he can't get words out without no. he's just so timid and so like mild. Yeah. Um. And he's they they're just constantly placating him mm-hmm. because he's supposed to be there because they I think the at least the backstory I built in my head was wherever he was, they couldn't fucking stand him. He's so annoying. Right. He's such a little fucking dweeb. And they're like, <laughs> send him out with the fucking misfits and wherever camp. Right. Whatever it is. And he gets out there and they're just placating because there's really no reason why he's there. He's supposed to be the priest. He's supposed to be yeah. the clergy because I'm sure every like outpost has to have a exactly yeah. You know, it's, a, it, it, he was a staffing box tick off yeah because like Knox is a drunk but he's also the doctor because <laughs> like, he's a vet veterinarian yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like well we need to have a doctor of yeah. sorts yeah. so he yeah can stitch people up basically yeah everybody was just a box tick off and mm-hmm. that's what you know Toffler is a chaplain t- tick off <laughs> yeah so but They're yeah. Like, Better pray on this, bud. Like, yeah. they're always, like, just fucking with them. And, yeah. and also, get us whiskey. Like, just, yeah. The way they, like, when they have the first meal that Boyd's there, and he was, like, having a prayer, and, like, they just interrupt the prayer. Like, he's nowhere near done it, but he does finish it himself. And they're just like, yeah, that's great. All they're right. like, great job. We did it. Yeah, yeah. you did it. On with the food. But, yeah, that's when we get our really big first comedic bit, though, of Toffler is facing down Ives. And Ives has just the craze looked in his eye. He has the knife and he just yells or doesn't even yell. He's just like, run. Yeah. And then you get the jaunty banjo and it's the chase through the woods. Yeah. It's a like, that's probably one of the funnier parts. I, yeah, that was yeah. a good line. It was yeah. a good line. It was right. There was another funny one right before or after it. Oh, man, they were they were like back to back. I I, I didn't write it down. But yeah, that that's a good one. It, it's, you know, not only the music, the music really communicates it. Mm-hmm. If it got had really dire music right after it you would have been like oh that was supposed to be yeah de- you know devious and and, yeah. and intimidating but but no, it's, it's like the characters in that scene at that point you know and it also just still lends to like everybody's a fuck up mm-hmm. except for lives right you know so like yeah toffler is this goof that he's gonna get chased down and run down he's so <laughs> stupid he can't he, he doesn't even have a fight or flight Right. <laughs> he just stands there like a fucking statue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Ives runs him down and like kind of disappears into the woods. Reich and Boyd are following him through the woods and he's just kind of like in and out like they can't get a beat on him. And they confront him on the edge of this cliff mm-hmm. and like Boyd gets a shot off after you know Reich is tossed down the mountain. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and it doesn't really affect him. Yeah. And that's what you get. That's when you get your first sense of like oh ives is definitely supernatural in some way there's a supernatural thing going yeah. on here. like yeah. the george tries to warn them earlier before they leave on expedition uh with the wendigo myth because like george hears the story from ives about eating other people and mm-hmm. so george knows he's afflicted yeah mm-hmm. like don't trust them don't you know but now you see it, uh, you know one for one. Oh, like he literally shoots him with a fucking musket ball right yeah. in the chest and he just like <laughs> pops up yeah he's like, like good one yeah <laughs> off you go goodbye yeah. Yeah. that that cliff i swear has been in about five fucking movies I've oh for sure too. yeah i just watched one with it not long ago and i'm trying to remember what it is it's the one with ethan hawk uh is it ethan hawk no no no, no. it's not ethan hawk it's the one uh where one of the other characters i think it is ethan hawk. 
shit, I'll think about it. Where gotcha. one of the other characters is um is Edgar Allan Poe. Like Poe is a, is like oh. a secondary character in the story. Oh. I, I think I was thinking of something different that what was it? I think I'm thinking of the one with Leonardo DiCaprio, perhaps with like mm. the bear attack. I think that's Oh, the Revenant? Yeah, I think eh. I was thinking about I don't, that. That's definitely don't think a similar so. setting. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean, in my mind initially. Yeah, I'll think of the movie. I just yeah. saw it recently. It was like a it was like a maybe it was a Netflix original. It was something, but um Sure. Oh, you know I know what you're talking, talking about. about. Yeah, wasn't it a, like, I thought it wasn't a series or was it a movie? No, it was a movie. But then it was the guy. It was this whole like. Was it Christian Bale in that one? It was Christian Bale, not Ethan Hawke, right? Yeah. Christian Bale is the this main is character. This is riveting. Come on, I'm gonna think of it. Yeah, I, just look we're, it up. We're, we're nailing it down right now. Um, this is fun, though, Steve. Way more fun than I had with Ravenous. Because you didn't understand it. I'm sorry you didn't understand the movie. Now I know why. I just why. feel like for the time it came out, I don't think we like. I feel like the pale blue eye. Okay. <laughs> there you go. You got it. <laughs> Good job, Brian. Thanks. Glad we figured that one out. Um, you were arguing with it. Why are you, you I'm throwing just me under the bus? No, no. <laughs> you were the one who was, who was also. Meg doesn't, no. Meg doesn't know who she's fighting with right now. She doesn't I'm know. She's both just, of you. She's just throwing officially... random over yeah. the top. <laughs> she's just, again. just I just haymakers. don't want to be happy today. So <laughs> yeah. both of you guys are Steve's in my at us for arguing about it. I put the argument. Just taking too long. We're just like trying to come up with a solution. But I. It's taking too no. long. <laughs> no, I didn't think it was a matter of like not understanding it. It's like feeling for a movie that like what this is, it just it maybe it's like really is highbrow the right word for it? For like what it like what's really going on? It's like it's being more a like tongue in cheek than highbrow. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe yeah, it, so, Like again, the 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 social commentary is there and if you look for it, you can find it. Yeah. It's only really prevalent in the one scene uh between Carlisle and Boyd as their uh like they're at the fort after you know uh, he assumes the role of Ives, mm-hmm. and you get like the good two shot between Guy Pierce and Robert Carlyle, and like centered between them is the American flag, and like Ives is talking about you know manifest destiny. Mm-hmm. You know that's when you sure that's what you're supposed to take that piece and then reapply and smear it all over the rest of the film. Mm -hmm. And then you go, oh, that's right. Everybody in this film is white. Everybody who's afflicted Mm -hmm. with the Wendigo uh, uh, affliction is white. I like in this this movie, they call it Wendigo. Yeah, Wendigo. And then they say Ween, so I started (laughs) thinking that would be a really good Ween album title. Wendigo. (laughs) (laughs) Wendigo. And then, yeah, then there's Wendigo. Yeah, <laughs> from the general, mm. but like, yeah, you, you're supposed to take that one scene and then reapply it because mm. then you realize, oh yeah, everybody in the scene, everybody in the movie's white, everybody consumes in some way that they shouldn't, everybody mm. doesn't give back, like Martha says, mm. yeah, and that's what you're supposed to take away from it. And you go, oh yeah, fucking America's been bad for a long time. Yeah, they <laughs> take and take and take and take, and yeah. yeah, yeah, and it just and it can still be applied to today, mm-hmm. like the way just it went from that space to global expansion i was gonna say call me apathetic that stuff is just like that time it probably was really profound and significant you know because mm. no one was really paying attention to that well, as like much, you said, i mean it was se. 1999 when it was like okay like you didn't like people didn't like pissing your face on twitter if you don't say everything america's ever done is awesome right like yeah. after 9-11 <laughs> it's like oh you're spitting on the graves of the first responders because you oh, think yeah. we yeah. shouldn't drill for oil like yeah. you know shit like that yeah. So. yeah it was it was i mean and again it's also like 
it's not pre-internet, but like mm. internet really didn't hit ha- homes until like 1996. Mm-hmm. So like you're not maybe where you lived. It was like 2010. <laughs> well, I well, hey, I didn't get DSL until like 2010. But, <laughs> yeah. but like, yeah, it doesn't you you don't have the same global expansion mm-hmm. the way we had. So it but there was still enough just like American colonial behavior, you know, the going into other countries that we shouldn't and things like that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I'll give it some appreciation for all the things you're explaining to me. You should, you should, I, you should be appreciative wow. of history. <laughs> you should, wow. You should, you should appreciate the gift I, that's being given to you right I, now. I don't like that. <laughs> I get I that by your face that. and all the wows. I can tell you didn't like that. I'm just going to let you guys just claw each other's eyes out. I love it. Did we get to the point where Boyd does, or not Boyd, uh, 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 Reich's dies from the uh we're at that point now yeah so like yeah boyd goes over the same cliff that reich does and he tumbles down he winds up in like he does a full tommy boy yeah yeah. (laughs) they he full tommy boys down the mountain which is funny yeah like it's just forever yeah uh and then winds up in this weird kind of like grove of like fallen pine trees and Reich falls out of the tree as well and is like upside down choking him and strangling him. And has yeah, like why blood. does he attack him? I'm like, he just fucking hates him. Yeah, like, is that what he's, he's like? I'm going to die. I hate this fucking guy. Yeah. And like in my last you're the, breath, you're the, I'm going to yeah. strangle you. He, he probably blames him. He's like, you're the reason you got in my way. You're the reason I'm fucking here. Yeah, probably. You know? yeah. <laughs> like he has no one else to kill. Yeah. And that's all he knows is kill. Right. Like Reich would kill anything in his way, yeah. which is why he's probably sent to that fort because he's uncontrollable. He probably mm-hmm. punched an officer <laughs> yeah yeah you could, he's the hothead like yeah. that we didn't really get into that but that's his his flaw is he's like a fucking yeah. psycho yeah um but yeah he's and then the wrathful even, arm. even in death he has like a creepy stare mm-hmm. <laughs> like a smile yeah. like he's happy to be dead which he's played by neil mcdonough which mm-hmm. that guy's good in a lot of stuff uh, I, he's one of those faces i've seen him in mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. can't name another right movies he pops up he's a character actor he pops up a lot he played fucking m bison in one of the Street Fighter movies, mm-hmm. and that oh, wasn't really? good. <laughs> that wasn't good. He also but, has like one of those like smiles that makes you feel like he is just a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like, yeah, uh, he's untrustworthy. <laughs> yeah, like he doesn't know how to smile, so right. he's trying to smiling like, is he, unnatural. To him. <laughs> yeah, like I'm rewatching Atypical right now, and you know the main character has autism and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember early on in the season, he's like trying to learn how to smile. That's what his smile reminds me of. Is like someone trying to learn how to smile yeah. who just like you either look insanely insane and creepy or you can yeah. look he's like somebody that. trying to pass is you know human well he also has crazy blue eyes that like, too yeah like he looks like a husky Do yeah, yeah. which i mean hair when he was like in his 20s because i think so yeah which i mean Poor you know guy. his name is colonel reich he's blonde haired blue eyed mm-hmm. and he's very wrathful i mean i think we kind of get what the yeah the idea is yeah but so yeah uh boyd is left in the <laughs> Boyd is left in this grove and he has to make a decision to whether or not he's going to eat because he knows he knows at this point that the reason why he's able to take the Mexican outpost was because of the blood that dripped in his mouth. It gave him power. He already knows what why that happened. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to deny it. he hasn't accepted it. Yet, right. Really. And it's just like part of his cowardice. But like he's such a coward to he's too much of a coward to die mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he gives in. He eats Reich and, you know, finds his way back to Fort Spencer. At the same time, Ives has been cleaning up all the messes that he made and has been eating Toffler and George as well. And 
you get this it's a pretty great reveal of like Boyd is back at Fort Spencer and they say there's a new commander coming in and mm-hmm. it's, uh, General Solner's there and you know you see him kind of from the back and he's like oh it's kind of a short slight man mm-hmm. but he's all dressed up and everything mm-hmm. and he turns around and he's got the devil's fucking goatee oh yeah <laughs> slick back hair yeah. just rolls in just like yeah it's a great reveal it's um I don't know the 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 way he plays. It's like when you saw somebody who you thought was like a literal freaking demon Mm -hmm. that's been haunting your dreams. And then he just shows back up and they walk him into the room. Right. The way Boyd reacts is. Is cool, but he, he also like does a good job of still like keeping up that military British E level of restraint mm-hmm. where he's like that's the he's like losing his mind literally throws himself against the wall on the ground but he's like that's the man that's the man because like, yeah like, just the way he said <laughs> i just like that scene a lot that's eyes he killed everybody yeah. you know and it's just like they can't you know but nobody wants to listen to him because like everybody who's there already has a poor you know uh, idea of boyd anyway yeah. so so yeah boyd is left in the fort with colonel ives installed as the new commanding officer mm-hmm. and ives you know he Knox is a fucking drunk and like doesn't remember him so boy just trying to convince everybody and like <laughs> well he even is so stupid as to say like i recall the man wore a beard yeah <laughs> like, yeah like that's how much the fucking that's, beard that's how much of a blind drunk Knox is he's yeah. like the man had a beard because <laughs> like, you imagine you were just drunk sorry. he just man. saw what is that character yeah. from um What's uh, the comedy show? It's like the skit comedy show, Mad, Mad TV. Mad TV, where it's like the woman who's just like, you're looking like a man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's exactly what we're yeah, what's here. Yeah, that Quan, was Mrs. Kwan or something. Mrs. Swan, I think. Mrs. Swan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was that's the extent of Knox's I recall the man had a beard. <laughs> yeah, this man don't have a beard. So yeah, there's a there's a cat and mouse that happens between all the remaining characters, which is Knox, Cleves, Martha. Uh, Ives and Boyd mm-hmm. and like Cleves gets it yeah nobody nobody really sees him but you know like Boyd is like there or Cleves is talking to Martha and you know he's gossiping and just like kind of shit talking Boyd and Boyd's like I came here to warn you consider yeah. yourself warned yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you need this and he takes a knife <laughs> but yeah he, he he goes off and uh Cleves gets it and Martha is, sees like all the blood dripping down from Cleves being up on the roof. And this was before Knox got it, right? Because he's looking at her out the yeah, window, yeah. too. Yeah, Knox is looking out the window at Martha. And Knox is the one who sends Martha to go get General Solner again. Right. To bring them back. Who's the original guy who banished Boyd to California in the first place. Right. Because at this point, they he's think. He's West Wing. Yeah. I just, in my mind, he's West Wing. Because I can remember <laughs> West Wing. He sends them off to go get West Wing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. In, General West Wing. General back. West Wing. But yeah, in, in Knox's mind, Boyd has gone crazy, killed Cleves. Yeah, of so course he they puts, would think that. Yeah. And they already know that he's unreliable. Right. You know, Boyd is. that. Yeah, is, you know, he's unreliable. They He's out of his mind. He's already been accusing Ives of all these things. Mm-hmm. They put him under you know, arrest. And this is where you get the reveal that Hart is still alive because mm-hmm. Ives is cooking stew. Yep. And this is another great line, though. <laughs> Ives is cooking stew and Knox is hanging out with him. <laughs> and he's just like... Well, let me know if I can contribute anything. He's like, well, you'll be able to contribute later. And then just the way Knox goes, well, you let me know. <laughs> he just, he's, he just hammered. Has a, he's hammered. Yeah. He's just like not a care in the world. Yeah, not a care yeah. in the world. He's drunk and just has this weird little wrist flit where he's just like, well, you let me know. <laughs> yeah, like this southern gentleman. Yeah, just 
Um, yeah. But yeah, that that uh, that I like. One of the things I like about this movie is the first big twist. You don't know where this is going to go, mm-hmm. but you know, a modern viewer watching this movie, I remember even for the first time, this is you know hour and forty hour and fifty minute movie, and you're like, okay, you got the twist of, oh no, it's Ives. Yeah. You know when he comes back and you're like, that's the big reveal. You're like, I don't have fucking time left in this movie. Right. Um, so for the fact there to be another twist, basically, at this point, um, is uh which which is um uh not Boyd, what the heck heart. is heart. Yeah. Heart coming back mm-hmm. and has has survived. And then that really um I think cements the idea that it is supernatural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's revealed that you know Hart is the one that comes and he kills Knox. And then he reveals himself to Boyd. Yeah. And then at that point, can I ask a question? Sorry yeah. to interrupt, but we're specifically talking about the heart coming back. Is mm-hmm. that uh, so? That was like one of those interesting moments where I don't know if I fully picked up on like supernatural end of it too. Of like, what made you guys think that that was supernatural versus oh, he, he was just super started... dead? Like yeah. he was. Yeah. He literally gutted him. You know. Yeah. Stuck a Bowie knife in his stomach. I just like feel like at that point, him. so much time had passed, and so yeah. I was almost like, we watch all these people like survive in a sense. So like, it did, I didn't necessarily sure. have a question in my mind that he could have possibly come back. Sure, but yeah. also just point. think of the time period and the lack of modern medicine. Like, yeah. it, it Toffler, Toffler should have died. Like, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say yes. Toffler yeah. should have died. That was all. That was pretty much a, exactly a death sentence and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, as far as like what yeah. my oversight was, you should just him. assume every injury in 1850 is a fucking death sentence. <laughs> yeah, especially a a, a gut injury. Yeah. Injury, you're yeah. fucking dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they used to just say, like if you got shot in the gut, it was a death sentence. Right back mm-hmm. then, because I mean, this is even pre Civil War before they figured quote figured out amputations. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's all they did in the Civil War is like if you even got nicked by a ball in the mm-hmm. leg. They would like, just cut the leg off right. from that point down because no they're like, idea. oh, that'll just be infected. See you, bye. Yeah, you're yeah. going to get gangrene in five seconds. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Just going to cut that shit off. <laughs> You've been rolling we in ran the out shit. Of cabbage leaves to wrap it in mm. or whatever they used yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to make you a poultice out of moss. <laughs> Best of luck for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. So, like, yeah. I mean, the, the, the compound fracture that Boyd has on his leg that should have been a death sentence mm. uh you know heart getting gutted and then a tomahawk in the back that should have been a death sentence but yeah you learn that ives fed him and nursed him back to health and now he's been this secret thing waiting in the wings he mm. kills all the horses and kills cleaves kills mm. Knox, and now you know they're they're setting out to try and convince boyd to become one of them for sure and they're just going to set out this cannibal outpost mm-hmm. out in the west and that they're as people come to be greedy and collect the gold of California, we'll pick a few off and yeah. just build their cult and build everything up. I said, now it's mm-hmm. a now it's a cannibal super cult supper club. That's yeah. <laughs> now they start supper club. Yeah, because they are cannibals, kind of but they're also name. super cannibals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're also very civilized. About yeah. It. Yeah. They're very civilized. Yeah. And like the their first their next indoctrination is they plan to get the general mm-hmm. on their side because he's going to carry mm-hmm. like the weight and the authority to cover up any other murderers murders, you know, as like people just like as prospectors mm-hmm. get picked off. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, it doesn't go the way Ives hopes, though, because you know, uh, heart hates himself he hates what he's become mm-hmm. and he has boyd kill him and boyd kills him and then I love, this is a great scene where he basically talks him into from 
from letting you know hey i'm how you feeling bud oh, i feel great mm-hmm. five minutes later it's not only have i talked him into killing uh uh ives but also he asks him to kill him right <laughs> so yeah. it's just like you could tell that Hart was just like as for as um indoctrinated as he seemed on the surface boyd could tell that he was hanging on by a thread yeah, yeah. and there's also just a great little like a great little storytelling thing in this scene where he's convincing boyd mm-hmm. is that hart pulls out the walnuts from his drawer or earlier this is the other thing when i was like this is definitely supernatural yeah yeah <laughs> he in the first time we see hart you know eating walnuts he can't fucking open them he can't open them with a knife he's he has to find struggling to open them. yeah this he is finds when his Boyd first comes to the camp. yeah yeah and he finds his biggest book and just smashes the walnut and he goes have a walnut boyd <laughs> but in this scene where he's convincing boyd to kill him he like crushes them with his hand a handful of them yeah. just crushes yeah them. yeah and so you're like, like not only does this and they've already suggested that it gives you the strength of you know multiple men and all mm-hmm. this stuff but it literally was like you saw him physically it's not just an adrenaline thing you saw right. him physically pick up walnuts and crush a handful yeah yeah so yeah it's definitely supernatural at this point and it also gives you an idea that oh ives is going to be a fucking problem as well mm-hmm. uh so yeah and that leads to the final showdown between boyd and ives what and i they, wrote as some hot wean on wean action yeah <laughs> <laughs> Weendy go versus Weendy go. Yeah, ready fight. <laughs> and you know, there's there's a little bit of a ticking clock element. You see Martha returning with the general and his posse. Uh, Every time you see the general, I imagine the car insurance general. <laughs> <laughs> like I imagine when he's looking over the cliffs, smo- you're looking over the horizon, smoking a cigar. You see that little general that's in the car commercials. You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, good. My warehouses will be built soon. <laughs> Here comes the general. It's him and Shaq. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you, you get a pretty brutal fight scene. Uh, apparently it was different in the script. It was supposed to be on top of one of the cabins that was on fire. At night, that would have been a little much. It's a, yeah, but that sounds this, way too action. I didn't movie-y. love this fight scene. I didn't love all of it. Right. Um, it was probably the low point of the movie for me. The 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 unbelievable nature of the fight scene. Not even that it was like the whole getting snapped in a bear trap situation. Mm-hmm. It was like for this guy who this entire movie has been this like meticulous planner, all of a sudden, just like. I don't know. They're fighting like they mm. have already have hit injuries, you know? Yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, you would think. Well, I, even Boyd's got the upper hand. He's beating the shit out of him with a log. And then he's like, let me lay on you and let you stab me in the ribs. You know mm. what I mean? It's just. I yeah, I think. And maybe it's not communicated as well as much that like Ives has dropped his guard because he thinks he has heart under control. And he thinks Boyd is kind of accepting because at this yeah. point, Boyd had been eating Knox stew yeah. to, you know, heal himself and join right. the party. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe Ives just drops his guard. It's not as communicated as well. Even when they move well. to the second location, mm-hmm. even when they move out to, like, the Faring House or whatever it is, yeah. like, they've already been in the heat of battle. And I don't know. It just wasn't a great fight scene. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. what Steve's saying, though, too. It's like if Ives at that point, like, because I feel like towards the end, I got that sense that, like, there was this calmness, like, we're just going to keep moving for like, we already mm-hmm. have this plan now. Like mm-hmm. the plan is now like we are moving forward, like the bigger plan. So like, I 
feel like I saw it more is like that makes way more sense. Why no, I'm saying yeah. like they had literally already been fighting for a while. No, no. They moved from one spot and then he ran away and right. hid yeah. and he found him. Yeah. And then that was where the second maybe fight maybe it's just because the general was on. Damn it. <laughs> maybe it's because the general was on his way. Like he was to be there. Yeah. yeah. They knew shortly. he was on the way. Yeah. So he thought maybe he was safe. In that but it, way. I, I don't. Know. Yeah. I, I, don't I, I agree. Like. And just in general, like it's you know, Carlisle and Guy Pierce, they weren't fighters. Like, no, no, you know, they're, it wasn't they're damn <laughs> fancy boys, stage actors. Yeah. You know, this is, the, uh, you know, again, it's kind of it's it's an of its time fight mm-hmm. because, you know, you don't have guys like what is his name? David Leach or whatever, <laughs> the director of John or John Wick. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. who who will turn anybody into a fucking action star? Yeah. You know, like you didn't have that kind of choreography. No, it's just no. like a point A to B. And it's more about getting Boyd and uh, Ives in the bear trap. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it felt like. It felt like it was all just like, let's move this fight scene along so we can get this climactic scene mm. where mm-hmm. they both get snapped up in a bear trap yeah but i feel like in that moment too it almost like boyd saw that ahead of lives and it was like one of the first times where he had like a little bit more yeah for him where he's like i know the only way to stop this is whatever's going on is oh to yeah kill he did- not only myself but also him and then i don't have to explain it but it also plays into his like cowardice that we like you know yeah well it, so. it, it's it's his achievement of conquering his cowardice and his cowardice is his fear to die and it's what it's his fear to die that has kept him alive, mm-hmm. but also it keeps him within the machine of like consuming. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, like to make a modern reference, like Boyd is a protester who like films everything on an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he want he's trying to reveal the evils of the world while participating in the evils of the world. Mm-hmm. But at this point, like he finally understands, like there's no going back either for him or Ives. And then he accepts like his death. To clarify, I think like an understanding of what you just said too, like as far as just the analogy of it all of mm-hmm. like, he's, maybe I'm trying to clarify just the analogy too, because I feel like if someone's there, if you're talking about someone who's just like posting on like a video that they just were there, is that what no, you're, no, yeah. it's about using the actual technology of capitalism to yeah, protest capitalism. So okay. it's like, so like Got he's, a okay, per, okay, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And, it, and it's more okay. clear because like he's a man of the military. So yeah. he participates in the military. He participates right. in the system yeah, and uses the system to keep himself alive mm-hmm. and also uses this new system of cannibalism right. to keep himself alive. Right. But okay. now at the end, he's finally accepted that there's no going back and there's no redemption Mm-hmm. from this overconsumption and like this expansionary you know ideology so what you're saying is we should all kill ourselves yeah sure yeah well, <laughs> i've been saying that for years yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's time to get out there's no redeeming cool. us <laughs> but that's what he accepts and martha sees it happen and she just lets them die she doesn't mm-hmm. try to save boyd either because yeah, she's because right. she, yeah because yeah, she she already imparted the knowledge on the boyd like there is no uh, there is no give. There's only take. Mm-hmm. So she knows how evil this kind of affliction is mm-hmm. and just lets it go. So. Yeah. Uh, that's about it, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you do. You do get the general uh, drinking of the stew, though. 
if yes, they wanted his, to make a sequel. <laughs> his little sippy of the stew. And he, he really loves it. Loves he it. loves it's it. Yummy. Not as good. <laughs> there's another good line where uh, kind of similar to the run and the like, it's so annoying and all those other lines where after he gets snapped in the bear trap, he's like, that was very sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. this was the first time Boyd plotted he, ahead of time. Yeah. Because yeah. he also, I feel like in that moment, which I thought was a kind of a cute moment, he's like, you're going to eat me, aren't you? Yeah. 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 First, you're going to eat me. Um, I, I, I wonder if like. <laughs> Meat. Cute. But I also, but the thing is like, so yes, there's all these like social commentary. I just couldn't get past. And I didn't remember this from the first round that this is literally just like, Ives is a young vampire and he's building his coven of vampires. Sure. And he's just going to lit, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. It's a mythology twist. It's not. Yeah. 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 But there's also so much religious and spiritual like themes throughout it too. Like not only obviously just like the Wendigo thing and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, but um, like, them having a lot of conversations about like forgiveness and I didn't write down the scene, but there was, there was a lot of religious, no, I wouldn't say iconography. It was like, I mean, there is, there is some, themes. yeah, there, there, I mean, there's definitely religious themes, but that's part He's of got the, like, uh, Ives carries the cross on mm-hmm. uh, and the, um, the uh, rosary around his wrist yeah, yeah. and all that. Yeah, he's got the rosary around his wrist and Toffler and there's uh George has a painting like he's making a joke and he's talking about like he's talking about the Wendigo myth and then he makes kind of a joke at uh, heart in saying that like white men do it all the time. They eat the body of Christ. I yeah. Feel- oh, yes. That was the other very glaring yeah. one. I almost feel like cannibalism in this movie and sorry to cut you off. No, yeah. more points. Um, like cannibalism feels like a conduit to like other things for this movie versus mm-hmm. like it being the point of like the movie. Mm-hmm. So like I don't I'm not completely discrediting it as like a cannibalistic fitting our genre of like hungry for horror but i feel like because it i don't think it's the strongest factor in this movie like we'll give it as a horror but we have like the spiritual connotation too and like uh like just even almost i'm trying to think of like the best way to say it of like you're saying because there's subtext that there's a greater meaning to the film that it's not as good? Are you saying that because <laughs> no, sci-fi and horror? I think you're putting a lot of words into my mouth. Is what I'm I don't sa- know I think, where you're going. What I'm trying to like find words for is that I don't feel like cannibalism is like the main point of this movie. I think it's just a conduit to like get other other stories across. Yeah. So like, which well, is I mean, why I, I don't. Which horror, is why that's you horror know, and sci-fi in general. Yeah. I didn't. What you say- doing? What you going for, Meg? <laughs> Come, what do you t- come on? You're gonna throw stones. You gotta spit it out. This is especially interesting coming from somebody with your movie. <laughs> what I want to say is that I don't know if because I feel like it's more of a conduit versus it being like one of the primary factors of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't know if I believe it fits like our topic for the month right on the head. It hits it, but like I don't because like I don't know. Like I don't feel like it's like as strong as like even your movie Steve or or Brian like or even mine mm. which again you can come at my movie all the time I have cannibalism and I have food throughout the whole fucking thing yeah. which is the main fucking point but of the, the movie the thing is like we'll I, get to it next. I would argue and, and listen I'm not meaning to defend Steve's movie too much but in this instance like food literally the intention of food is nourishment mm-hmm. and the whole idea is it's like the ultimate nourishment that not only keeps you alive but it literally 
keeps you from dying. Like, well, uh, how, how do I say it? it? It's not just there to keep your body going with calories. It literally Wait, are we just death. talking about food in general? Or are we talking about a, like a specific theme? I'm talking because about food I, in general. No, 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 no. But, but then like, in this movie, it takes the concept of food at its most base level, mm. which is to say just, you know, calories so you can go about your day. Yeah. But in this instance, it does that, but also like keeps like makes you immortal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like and like I, I don't want what I'm saying to be misinterpreted. Is I just feel like it's a conduit to other sort of themes that are going on in this movie. That I, I don't like, think any movie about horror movie about food, with the exception of like a scenario where it's literally a killer food, like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes <laughs> is going to have that. As uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a conduit to for something symbolism. something yeah like yeah, yeah. Symbolism, the, the something stuff else. But what is I'm a saying, conduit like the stuff is a conduit to against that social right. commentary on consumerism. Mm. Yes, mm. is what I'm saying. Like what I'm saying is like this food angle for the movie or the cannibalism angle obviously is but we're talking about like other spiritual angles to it but like i don't think it's always like a big focus for this film you're saying it's more of a cannibal movie than a food movie no i don't i don't know i wouldn't even necessarily say it's like it has like cannibal aspects of it but i wouldn't even necessarily like again i think it's just i think meg is trying to poke a very weak hole into saying that because my film isn't just focused on food stuffs. Mm-hmm. No, I that it's oh my just, god. I, I it's what it sounds like, Meg. I don't know what I don't you keep saying the same thing over take, and over again and I think that I this feel, is a conduit and it doesn't make any sense because that's, that's what fine. storytelling I, is. <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel like maybe I don't have the right words and maybe I'll try to get I them. Don't but I don't think you do. I'm sorry, but I think you're wrong in this instance. You're just trying to drag my film down for no reason. No, no, I just genuinely found this movie insanely boring and I felt like it was too long and I felt like like hour 36 (laughs) hour 40 plus to be no it's an hour 36 yeah I think it was an hour 40 with the credits but like what I felt like with it is that like I wanted more cannibalistic themes to it that would like be like oh this is like a movie that is about cannibalism of sorts and I'm not saying like sure like the whole themes and like changing and saying cannibalism also means that's blah 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 again it has themes of regret. Like, it can mean something else. It's not what I'm fucking saying is that I don't think it's the strongest. Mm. And because I don't think it's the strongest, See, and I'm trying to, like, give better descriptions, and I don't have the proper words, you guys are like, you're wrong. And I'm like, okay, no, that's I'm fine. Not saying you're like, I'm just my saying, opinion can I'm be my opinion on this. That's what, fine, Steve. It's because, like, I don't like your movie. That's, like, that's your opinion on it. Well, so. this is what I'm saying. Uh, this is what I th- where I think the disconnect is. I don't... I tend to not only subscribe to the it has to be exactly the most perfect idea of what the theme is um whereas you guys have like tend to focus more on that hmm yeah hmm you guys i could probably fit in hold of that one but what i'm saying is too is like i think i might feel differently eating. if i felt like it was a more interesting film i might give it more lax because i know i've probably mm. done in the past if i found it was a more f- interesting film your film we're not even there yet is a more interesting film but like we're not seeing people being eaten all the fucking time it is just an overall theme of what's going on with the story within your movie you know what i'm saying like the whole idea is that this city is this town is eating fucking people but like it's not like we see people being eaten the entire mm. time do you know what i'm saying like so that's what i'm saying is like if it was a but it's a more interesting 
film in my mind that like I think the themes for this one is like I don't think it's a strong contender in my mind mm. for overall theme because I don't find it interesting. I think like it's too well, long. Well, you not I finding think... it interesting doesn't mean it's a set, it's a bad take on the theme. That's fine, but I think I think that's just like part of my vote with it. Is mm-hmm. I feel like it was too long. I feel like it, if it was twenty minutes shorter, I might have felt a little more differently about it. Too. Yeah, but not not in like, pertains to the theme. But like that's what I'm saying is like I felt like the certain things that went along with it weren't as strong as what we've also seen for tonight too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I I would say it could. It, um, I don't know. I, I like this movie a lot. I would say like there, there's definitely some 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 things that are perfect about it. I think the third act is not super strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the fight scene at the end is anticlimactic. Um, I don't know. I just kind of thought it fell apart a little bit in the third act. Um, I like that a, a movie that ends in an entirely different place than you expect it to end, yeah. which this one does, mm-hmm. which I like a lot. Um, and it, the movie actually does it multiple times. So it like kind of keeps me guessing. Um, I think this movie probably suffers from the thing that a lot of other movies we've talked about in this podcast do, which is it's a fucking terrible title. A little bit. Terrible title. <laughs> and I, I would say that a lot of these things are like the meddling of the studio. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. as we already talked about, like the original director was fired. They tried yeah. to put on another director and they found somebody else. And like the scripted fight scene at the end was completely different. Yeah. than what we see i think it's, so. it's overall i think it's really well shot especially the first couple of acts um i have a i i don't, I don't think there's an answer for this but the sound design not not the not the score which is mm-hmm. obviously a very deliberate choice but the sound design is balls out cartoonish at yeah. times and there's like, a, literally yeah. there's like it's it's like batman 66 mm-hmm. it's like whap, especially pow. in that fight especially in that final fight well, scene. and even earlier on when um it, it when Knox punches him out it's like oh pow, yeah yeah, when he punches yeah. Him. it's just like mm. so over the top yeah there's a, it's it's the thing we've talked about in the past couple uh episodes especially like the outwaters the outwater is reusing some of those classic libraries stream and all that stuff. Yeah. Mm. So I think, I I think it's just a matter of like, this is a film from 1999 and they're using like the Fox library of fucking sound design. Yeah. It feels very big studio. How is that different that? I mean, just like even bringing that up too, because I think I brought that up earlier is something that like stood out to me. How's it different than like bringing in the guy that brought in, like, I mean, it was, so it was the guy that you said it was from like blur and stuff like no, that. For no, no, I'm talking about the sound. We're talking like the punch okay, hits. Just like, so like oh, the, just like the, the sound noises, effects. The yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the punch hits are Got very it. like you can find it in anything from that time period of like it, it's just a very recognizable sound. It sure. sounds like yeah. It just reminds me of I always think of just I used to watch Batman mm-hmm. '60s Batman all the time, mm-hmm. and it doesn't literally say zap on the screen, but I'm almost <laughs> expecting it to say like a kapow like when he punches him because it's very like fake almost kung fu movie yeah and i think it's i think it's partially the answer to that might be because of uh again like hiring a new director Mm -hmm. uh even the original director negotiated for an extra week of shooting Mm. um apparently they ran out of like a uh, like physical effects so like blood and stuff on the on the set so like the movie was probably maybe over budget which would mean they wouldn't spend extra money on and plus they're already spending how much money on damon and michael to yeah. do this well he double damon score wouldn't have been i mean he was blur he was big in yeah Britain. blur blur yeah. was huge yeah he was Britain, big I guess. Yeah. here here it's one song yeah they were big over there but i uh the it reeks of a movie that didn't have somebody to direct its vision 
like there was no one in charge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could just kind of feel like the fucking, you know, um, you know, foxes were running the head house kind of thing, you know, that because obviously they had a director that was fired. They brought in like a director who was friends with the act, you know, one of the actors, blah, blah, blah. And just some of the stuff that didn't mesh together, um, like whether it be sound design or like some of the performances were really cartoonish and other ones were like dead ass serious, right. which was kind of a weird. Um, it just it it was a poorly directed movie. It was a really good movie, really good, well-written movie. And the the guy who wrote it, which I looked up his name and I've already forgotten it because I don't recognize. But this was, I think, his first writing credit. It's one, it's one of his first. Yeah. So like it's like the dude came out of the gate fucking on all cylinders, wrote an awesome script, got all these people attached, big, 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 you know, budget studio attached and then they just the the director thing got fucked up yeah and i would also imagine like even though this is his first writing credit like you see all the work he does afterwards i would imagine he's probably been in the fox studio for a while yeah and like doing like script doctor stuff stuff and yeah yeah and then he he uh yeah it just um it just didn't come together in a real harmonious way as well mm-hmm. as like even the title the title reeks of, <laughs> of studio intervention right yeah yeah <laughs> fucking ravenous. yeah the studio like, the studio was trying their best to sell like i remember the marketing was a lot more extreme oh yeah it, they, it, they probably marketed it like a fucking doritos flavor yeah Th- you this was use like ravenous as in like a descriptor of this film as well. <laughs> I really no. good how because I felt like I, <laughs> no, I, didn't, I didn't. This movie was ravenous, bro. That would be, be the only thing that would make it more studio is at one point if if they were like, What happened to Boyd? He's crazy. Or like, he I'd was go ravenous. as far as to say he's ravenous. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely <laughs> a film that, like, like the studio didn't know what they because it, it, it's supposed to be. I can see a film that was supposed to be along the lines of like when because uh, we're talking about a time that Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez are coming up mm-hmm. and they're doing a lot of this tongue in cheek. It's supposed to be along the lines of probably Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, but and then the yeah. studio doesn't know how to do that. They didn't like what they were getting or they they just didn't know how to keep their fucking fingers out of it because, you know, again, it's it's produced by Fox, whereas everything else that I just said was like an independent or proven you know, proven director. The actors got it. The actors understood the, yeah. the tone. It's great performances across the board. Right. The fucking studio didn't get it. Yeah, because they yeah. they hired indie actors. They yeah. got Robert Carlyle from The Full Monty, which I believe was a, I believe that was an indie film at the time, but also train spotting, yeah. as mentioned before. Yeah. And Guy Pierce is on and off, depending, you know, he'll do a studio, he'll do an indie. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I actually like this movie the first time I saw it. Personally, I liked it even more the second time I saw it. I actually like this movie a lot. Um, I think there are it's not a perfect movie by any means, um, but I it took big swings and they got it out and they fucking named it something terrible. So nobody <laughs> talks about it. Yeah. <laughs> should have been called Welcome to Fort Spencer. <laughs> yeah, or it should have been called. Uh, yeah, fucking like fucking frontier stew or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? feel something like used a like name it. like ravenous now. It might've been like that might work now, but yeah, I, it just I reminded find... me of like a seventies exploitation type of yeah. movie would mm-hmm. have a title like that. You know? Yeah. But I feel like I'm just going to throw one last punch. A Herschel Gordon because Lewis. Yes. Yeah. It feels like a Herschel Gordon Lewis type of title. As I feel like everything we've Blood talked drinking, yum, yum, <laughs> you know, something. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. We want to hear it. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. 
I distracted you. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Go I'm on, gonna, big gonna, punch. Gonna, you've gonna, been, gonna, you've gonna, been like, doing this. No, no, I just, I need to allow him to rev myself back up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because of this. She, she was doing the Molly Wop wind <laughs> yeah, up like, of like she was spinning her yeah, hand and, and I was like, hey, Brian, Herschel Gordon Lewis. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> is that what I feel like for like multiple months in a row is that I feel like everything we talk about around Steve's movies is more interesting than movies. <laughs> You guys, I love that you guys have wildly different tastes in movies. Yeah. And I kind of just like like everything a little bit. A little bit. So that helps me. You've yeah, even, fine, gone, you've even Steve, gone back and like, re- reverse your decision on no, like Halloween ends. It's fine. No, and I feel like I mean, too, Steve has like a different perspective on things and he's seen a lot more movies than I do and obviously has a background in this. And mm. I'm just like, how does this, this make me fucking feel? And I'm like, if I if anyone were like watching this movie and didn't really like necessarily go in being like, I want to watch like a film that's going to have insanely a lot of things to have to think about or like figure out around it. This is not the movie for you. It's what I'm going to say right mm. off the bat. You know what I mean? If you don't want to have to like figure out the puzzle because nothing is like necessarily I feel like always like in your face with it. But Mm-mm. it's no, fine. It's but it's, but it's fine. Movie. But it, it's Do like, you like so, Westerns, though. Like, do you, you typically know, I, watch Westerns? I would, I haven't, I have interest. It's like kind of like the same way I feel about wanting to get it, like watch more kaiju films. Like mm-hmm. I like, I really mm-hmm. want to watch more because I feel like I would. Yeah. And there's certain things I like about them. You just them. haven't got to dive I, yeah, yeah, in I, So yet. yeah, See, yeah. I'm, I am a sucker for Westerns. I yeah. love sure. Westerns. I love modern Westerns. I love historical Westerns. I love frontier movies. I fucking, you know, I love that. I just enjoy Westerns. So if there's a Western horror movie, like a, like a, you know, 19, you know, 19th century Western horror movie, I'm going to probably like it. Yeah. Uh, like Bone Tomahawk. If you're like, it's kind of like Bone Tomahawk. I'm like, oh, fuck oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to be all if, over and it. Maybe, but maybe that's like another thing too, though, is like in general, like I don't necessarily gravitate towards like films that might touch on like colonial things or historic things mm-hmm. or like wartime films. Like mm-hmm. I don't necessarily get drawn towards them. Yeah. So like where obviously this isn't like an in your face, like, type that but like that. It, it, i mean it helps to know the history to have to better formulate like sure. what the film's about so like yeah if you're not into that then you're not yeah mm-hmm. you're not going to process right. it i would suggest if you want to take a dip into like westerns bone tomahawk is a good one mm. another one to check out is that's also recent is um the dark valley which mm, it is that. it is from 2014 and it's but it's an Austrian film that's mm-hmm. made as a Western. So it's not going to have any of that kind of like undercurrents gonna... of like uh, it has its own thing. And it's just like a revenge film. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's um, really bloody, but it's also like spectacularly shot because it's filmed in this fucking valley in the Austrian mountains. Interesting. Yeah. The only Austrian thing, Western. only Western, I feel like I've watched in, in any recent. Django Unchained. It was the uh, recent love history Django. is the harder they fall. Like I definitely watch it. Like I watch it this year. Literally. I love the, and that the, was it was the, pretty good. I mean, The Hateful Eight is one of my all time favorite movies. Yeah, I've but seen I that also too. adore like all of the like just the spaghetti western genre mm-hmm, sure. in general yeah. i love all those movies eastwood yep. and i'm not a big uh uh i'm not a big fan of the duke i like he's all right yeah uh, i'm yeah, more I'm, of an I'm kinda, I'm spaghetti after. western type yeah guy. once it hits the 70s like the original django mm-hmm. is great yeah. uh mm. unforgiven's probably my favorite unforgiven's fucking classic i actually don't like tombstone really it's too fucking cornball too well it just reeks of 90s big budget yeah. kind of thing but i 
would be lying if I said I didn't love Tombstone and The Quick and the Dead. There's a there's only like there's only two things because I, I love Kurt Russell. Right. Literally, you could just <laughs> he's such a fucking cornball in that movie. So, and I hate I don't it. Give a fuck. I hate like it. you could you could it could be uh, you know Kirby the Love Bug Kirby Reloaded. If they did Kirby Reloaded Reloaded Herbie Herbie not Kirby. Kirby. Kirby's my dog. Sorry, Kirby <laughs> Kirby the Love Bug Reloaded Two. Yeah, but it starred Kurt Russell. I'd be in line to see. Sure, I, just love mm. Kurt I mean, Russell. yeah, he does he does cornball movies, but it's just like I went back and rewatched Tombstone. And I was like, why do people like this movie? It's only because of Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer rules. <laughs> oh my! But God. he's completely I mean, out of place. Doc Holliday is the fucking maybe the coolest character in the history of uh, yeah. Western. He's completely mm-hmm. out of place though with how cornball everybody else is. The only other like Powers Booth is. The fucking ball. guy from the guys, the guy from fucking uh, who plays uh, what's the other brother's name? The, the guy from Twister, Bill Paxton. Oh, yeah, Bill character. Paxton. Yeah, I forget yeah. what his name is. In the yeah. movie. he's corny as fuck. Yeah, he's, he's like, well, gee, go. It's like, <laughs> yes, just, it sucks. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Um, all right. OK, guys, we got to move on. All right. So next up, next up, what do you what's the what's the plan? All right. So. You know, luckily I ran into um, our friend Bigfoot Ben. Oh yeah. Um, he was just like, Megan, did you choose a movie? I had a couple of people like message me like, Megan, did you choose? Mm-hmm. And one person make a suggestion, which was the menu, which like that's fine. Yeah, like sure. I was like, huh. seems to like on the nose lately, and I actually didn't love that movie per se. I still haven't seen it. It's good. It, it's funny. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Like I didn't hate it at all. I just was like, for this topic, I was like, there's better films and. Um, when I was out in Seattle, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do some Google. And then like the platform came up and I was mm-hmm. like, I remember absolutely loving that movie. So guys, big announcement. Mm. I chose the platform. Oh no yeah. shit. Oh my huh. God. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know now, which originally came out in 2019, but was released, uh, a more digitally in 2020. Um, which is probably when I first saw it. Um, this was, um, it was a Spanish film and it's like Spanish name is El Hoyo, um, or literally the whole, um, directed by Galder. I'm going to fuck up this per. The, did you, you guys want to try this name? I probably could. Galder Gatstelu Orishia. There is. That actually sounds pretty good. I think I actually did okay. Use and I would get scared. But yes, <laughs> there's some Z's in there. Um, yeah. it's a it's a it looks like a great name. Like yeah. I feel like I'd be proud of that name if I had that name. Yeah. Um, uh, what I so the basic overview of this film is basically we have this prison of sorts that's called the Hole that is managed or governed, and um, it's this vertical management system is basically the way they refer to or self-management system where um, people are for a month at a time. They're on a specific number floor that um, also dictates the main focus is like when they eat, how they eat. And that's like the big focus of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I find interesting, even just like talking about the food angle of this film is like we're seeing were shown aspects of like this very high level culinary like kitchen that mm-hmm. reminds especially like now working in a restaurant where I have like very talented chefs around me who have worked in amazing restaurants and like watching the focus and like uh like meticulous nature they have to the film or the food that they're like creating mm-hmm. I, I watched that in act and like watching it again this time I think I saw that angle a little bit differently 
and watching like the the culture around um like high like class cuisine mm-hmm. um which then is like in this weird contrast to th- who it's being fed to so it's being fed to prisoners where they also a lot of the food that's on the menu when the prisoners come in they're asked like what their favorite foods are so there's just a lot of this like temptation around like the foods that are being put on this platform mm-hmm. so the people at the top get their first pick of what's what food they yeah, get to physically eat. like physically on top because like you said it's vertical yeah and you whatever it's 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 the luck of the draw right whatever level mm-hmm. you end up on is the order in which you eat correct and then a literal pr- platform goes from the top to the next to the next to the next to the next right and what we learn right off the bat is that based on what floor you eat really dictates this like hierarchy of how people mm-hmm. consume the food. They know that if the people above them don't care what they're eating, so they're going to consume whatever they want, whether they're also then pissing, shitting, like spitting out all the food on there to the people below them. So like there's also this interesting hierarchy. And I think there's like a very clear contrast with the way the people we learn later on, like, the way they view this system is almost like this almost rehabilitation and back into society of like trying to think that this system will show them how to manage themselves. Like if people ate just their ration, the food could get all the way down to the bottom. The assumption is that there is enough food for everyone on every level. If people self manage, if, if the group at large self manages it, in the right way yeah because isn't right. it also like part there's an interview process before you go in for Correct. certain people yeah. and which is never fully clarified I th- but um, i think well, I, I took it as everyone did because yeah. um like everyone got to choose what 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 item they got to bring in yeah, yeah. what their favorite food was right and so which i think some is people what's, voluntarily are there and others aren't right right yeah, yeah. there's some voluntary and some not but i think mm. it's because they have other like for prisoners it's like a, it's a it's an either or you can either go to prison or you can do this thing mm-hmm. and then for the main character we follow goring mm-hmm. is he's there because he'll get a, a degree out of it which yeah. can help him but get he employed. also was like very motivated that like he kind of also wanted to go in there to quit smoking right yeah, yeah. He, he, wanted wanted to, like, he wanted to read don quixote and finish and, and quit smoking yeah, yeah. so it's but a, he's like because i was like he must have had something going on outside of there that made me believe that he maybe he was going to school too at the same mm-hmm. time and he's like i'm gonna get a degree when i come out of this or school or isn't like, achievable for him it's you know too expensive so he does this instead sure yeah, yeah. sure i i feel like i initially saw it as like this angle of like it was um almost like a self-study or like that yeah, it was but more maybe, of a social experience yeah um like something yeah. you could even if you have like a thesis statement of sorts right. like mm-hmm. you come out of it um and it feels like we only have really one character who we'll get to who is an insight into the nature of the organization that facilitates this whole thing um and for her, at least, we get the indication that this is very much a social experiment. Right. right. And, but I think and but again, that's why I ring back to that whole idea of like th- that rehabilitation. Like, I don't even mm-hmm. know if it's a social social experimentism, but maybe that's an angle of it of like this is the way they think a rehabilitation center would be is that if someone goes into this particular um, like prison of sorts, whether they are mentally um, handicapped of sorts or they've done something that where they've literally murdered someone and we meet all of these types of people along mm-hmm. the way that um, 
that this whole system of learning how at any given point you could be at the bottom but you can also be at the top and so like having that understanding of how that feels that you might possibly change your mind about how you should eat or mm -hmm. like consume things yeah i think the the other part that like leans towards the 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 purpose of this because the, the idea is what's the purpose of this place because this is obviously infinitely more expensive to manage than a, a giant industrial prison you know what i mean right um you know not only the technology but all the odds and ends they have to install to ensure that it if you think too hard about the 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 mechanics of the place it falls apart pretty quickly yeah. but that's not the purpose of the movie but i almost find it interesting too to that point point of like there's a lot of self-regulation of like mm -hmm. um survival mode where a lot of people are being killed where like sure we i'm sure that happens in a normal prison mm -hmm. sense but like this is becoming a mode of like primate survival so like yeah whatever you need to do like uh, you know we meet eventually i'm trying to make sure i pronounce her name uh miharu mm -hmm. um who like she literally kills her uh like whoever she's roommates with very like at some point very early on mm -hmm. so that she could potentially have a like floor with her child Yes, that's what you're you you are meant to believe at some point, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that's what that's our the story that's going. But that's just the one place. example yeah. of it. Of like, there's no repercussion. Like we don't learn right. that if you do that, that you somehow are there longer. The only thing that there are repercussions around are if you try to cheat the system, right? Meaning if you try to hoard food, if you try to keep food, you have roughly what. 90 seconds right before to, to eat yeah. while the food is on your level and they intentionally make the food really delicious this is mm. this well because again it's everybody's favorite dish yes yeah, yeah. so everybody's going to pick like their favorite thing they've ever had mm. and so everybody says lobster and what the Escargo fuck ever yeah. Yeah. is what the main character picks yeah. And, yeah. and all that but you um the only repercussions are if you were to let's say for example even you learn pretty early on even like keep an apple mm -hmm. um, yeah. they will either jack the heat up until you f literally fry or they'll make it freezing cold and they're gonna kill you right yeah you try it, to it gets to like yeah whether like, we've seen both of they do hot and cold and stuff like mm -hmm. that too so um to like just kick it off um i don't know if we necessarily need to go through every single point because i find like just the main plot points of like what's going on is we meet Goring mm. and you can he, see his wiener early on. <laughs> you again, dong factor. Yeah. You get high. A, you get a wiener. Just, but it's we a get quick a, little wiener shot, but I feel like a couple times, you yeah, know yeah, what probably. I mean? You see his wiener a couple times, it's but like, then well, you also see old men wieners. Yeah. yeah. That's negatives. Yeah. <laughs> Minus points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like seeing someone with like salt and pepper hair, you know, you're like, wow, okay. He might be a little bit older and that's like kind of sexy, but like, <laughs> no, you know, it's, we don't no, know it's literally, you have to watch two old men in a tub fucking fight over a watermelon brine with their that's dicks out. Solid. That's gross. It's pretty <laughs> solid. I liked it. I'm sorry. I've had that dream. I've had that dream <laughs> Just Did like you get the rind or no? I wasn't before. one of them. I oh. Just, yeah. <laughs> oh, you were a spectator. I better. Spectator. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those common dreams that we've all had. So I feel like the, you know, the the longest section, I feel like of ever any month that we get to see is when he is with Trimagasi, who's mm -hmm. um, the older man, which we initially saw his dong, you know, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, like Goring like is immediately asking him questions about this place and trying to understand the mechanics of like what's going on, why is this the way things are, mm-hmm. and like Trimagasi is like like because Goring sees the functionality of it and he wants to almost rebel against it immediately. Like he is his like natural instincts is like human. He's like the human aspect of him is like he sees immediately about the rationing. He sees immediately mm. that we can survive this and like have enough food for like the people below. And yeah. he tries to convince people. Uh, um, we should say though, that the people who come into this do not understand the nature of the, 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 the food system until they're there. Yeah. Right. That, that's very true. Yeah. yeah. So get Garrett Goring, 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 he needs it explained to him and you are seeing things through his eyes right. you are discovering the nature of this place through his eyes absolutely um so i think that like this it almost feels like a montage of sorts of like we watch like goring and trimagasi like after he has an understanding of what's going on or at least from this perspective from trimagasi um like they have this montage of bonding, you know, mm. like really coming together. So he almost has this like hopeful feeling and it feels and hopeful. has been there for months and months now. Uh, what was it? It it was less than two years, but he only had a couple more months. On yes. his. So he had yeah. been there for, let's say, 18 months now. Yeah. So he was very used to this. He knew the score. He knew the rules. Yeah. He was already very jaded to it. And you almost get this suggestion too early on. I think he's been there a lot more months than what you just said, because he goes through all the numbers of levels that he's been on. I thought he said his total amount was two maybe. years. Yeah, oh, that, maybe. That, that oh, yeah. You know what? No, my bad. You know what? My bad. But he does say a thing about, um, you know, and I think this is the first indication of a, of a bigger theme that we're going to get, which is to say um, there is this um, this idea of I, I don't know if the right word's privilege but the idea that goring comes in and you get to bring one item mm-hmm. and uh goring brings a book he brings the county monte cristo no, no he brings the ingenious general when don quixote which is very oh, don quixote not, that's very mm, important <laughs> yeah don quixote not the county monte cristo sorry it's very important to the theme yeah because I, the count of monte cristo would be a completely different that theme. Would be a really weird story to bring here because yeah there's there's no revenge necessarily. right yeah um yes no sorry don quixote he brings don quixote and the the early on you he is feeling very um i'll say superior kind of self-satisfied in the idea he that like, like this he, intellectual figure for the for the whole project like he mm-hmm, kind of yeah. constantly feels like he knows he has like a start and end date and like he has he clearly came in here voluntarily for a year he, or six months six, six months. months six months so like but he also clearly had some level of education and like you know bringing a book yada yada like he definitely plays this intellectual yes of sorts. and also like i said even coming from a place of privilege because he volunteered to be here number one right and number two he is the idealist from the beginning. Mm. Oh, we're just going to ration things. Why, why are we doing this? I don't understand. I don't understand the survival. And so he has, he has never, <clears throat> the, I think the implication is that he has never had the need to think about things from a survival perspective. Yeah. And but the, I think the first, can... like the first level he's on is 48. Mm. And so at that point he's already, he sees how the food has been desiccated by everybody else. Yeah. And he's initially disgusted at the idea of eating others leftovers. Mm. Yeah. Which right. is a survival. But even just thinking that like one of his biggest struggles thus into his life is figuring out how to quit smoking. Mm-hmm. Which is coming from a place of privilege. Whereas Absolutely. there's other people who have had to survive and show up with 
a knife or mm-hmm. something, right. you know what I mean? Or, or a weapon of some sort or something to survive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like overall this movie has this like interesting, like hopeful theme. And you feel like I see that like from the beginning to the end, even like when he even, I think he gets beaten down, you know, within that second month was like almost that initial, like, reality is hitting his face so even just jumping to that so as soon mm-hmm. as like the first month is over he is now i think it's like 172 or something like that him and Trimagasi wake up at 171 yeah because yeah. you get uh, we should say at the end of the month that month he doesn't know until it happens right where they're laying there and they have become friends friends is a strong word but they yeah. they have become um symbiotic in one way yeah. where he reads to Trimagasi his book it's friendly relationship and they talk sorts. and it's cordial and then they're laying there and he's like, you smell the gas. And he's like, what? He's like, oh, tomorrow we're going to wake up on a different floor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then he immediately wakes up and he is tied up because mm-hmm. Trimagasi has recognized as soon as he woke up first and it was like, we're really low. We're going to fucking starve to death here. I know how this goes. This is the pecking order of what we do here down on these lower floors. Floors mm-hmm. is where we eat one another of sorts. Yeah, And this is and, and not only is. Goring not used to this because this is literally his first transition into a different floor, but he doesn't know how bad it gets. Mm. And Trimagasi right. does because he has been way down there before. Yeah. Yeah. And I think up to this point, he was under the impression there was only 200 floors. Mm-hmm. And this is where he started recognizing because um, we don't learn until the next month where he thinks there's like 250. Um, and again, we learn much later that there's many more floors than that. Um, so the second floor like teaches them a lot but so we immediately um in that to kind of harken back to like the first month even we are introduced to miharu um who is this character in it who is explained that this woman she goes down once a month every month because she's trying to find her child and she rides the platform down right right and you know she clearly is a survivalist in a lot of ways because like (laughs) um Trimagasi is even suggesting that they steal her to like have sex with her for and rape her for like a couple days and then send her on her way. Mm-hmm. And then you immediately find out in the next floor, which is what they try to do, and they get fucking murdered because she again, she's a survival. She knows how to survive. She has a purpose. She's like trying to figure out, find her child. Um, which almost feels majority of the movie like we don't know if this is true or not. Yeah, that's just the story you you just swallow that story when you hear it because yeah, why wouldn't you? That's you it's just like a fable that's been passed in you know within Ooh, the confines right. of the for the last yeah because she because she doesn't right. talk either so they, there's no right. conversation you're just like this is and kind she of what... is she looks like she's had a hard time right yeah, you know? yeah she has a she has a healed over scar on her face right so yeah so it isn't until uh, she gets to their floor which is um so clearly it's right around the time where uh, i think it's trimagasi is like i'm gonna give you until day eight and if like we ha- don't have any food until here i'm gonna start eating you and i'm gonna keep you tied up until then yeah because he's basically saying like i'm gonna have to use you to survive right i'm gonna tr- keep you alive i'm gonna try to be respect so trimagasi having been around for a while like he is you don't know if he's came in mentally ill or whatever but like he is unhinged yeah Um, well he came in as a criminal yes well he said he said that he was had the choice of either going to a mental institution or the whole right because the crime he committed was would be considered like a crime of passion yeah and so like i 
I guess if we it's also pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's, well, it's, I don't remember his crime. His he, crime was he like got upset at like he bought the knife and then they came out with a new knife and he got upset at the TV, so he threw the TV out the window and the TV landed on an immigrant. Kill, yeah. And then he like lost his mind. He's like, well, he shouldn't even been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're so like, he, he, you go to jail. <laughs> yeah, he spe- he kind of represents this person who's been like trying to fit into society unsuccessfully and has like fallen victim to consumerism. Yeah. The rages mm-hmm. created by consumerism, it's, I guess. And, and I, I think know. it's like a similar even just like, again, I think when I think cannibalism, again, has that theme that's just overlaps with consumerism, capitalism, yada, yada, yada of like there's overlapping themes, which is the same as I feel like similar to ravenous in that regard. Sure. But um, so Miru, yeah. can I say, say real quick, the idea of being t- the scariest thing about this is for me is I would rather have someone cut off a chunk of my leg and eat it than be tied up for eight days like that. And poop oh yourself. God. Poop. Oh, that, I mean, not even the pooping, just the idea of being restricted oh, with yeah. bed sheets totally. for eight days yeah. it was just gave me the heebie-jeebies. I, to that note too, because like one of the things I immediately was just thinking about like how your body would start just like getting stiff and shit like that. Oh, like mm-hmm. that. So you, I think he did a great job getting up and just being like immediately falling and just like you, you could tell he was a little bit weak I can't in that regard. Sleep in the same position for four hours. Right. <laughs> <laughs> for eight days, yeah. like on your back, tied down. Ugh, just yeah. So Miru saves the day. She catches that this is happening, kills Trimagasi. Um and then basically subsequently takes to eating him for I, we don't really necessarily know how long it's like seemingly like a couple days mm-hmm. and she's trying to get uh going to eat as well because she sees how weak he is mm-hmm. i think there's a really great scene and like i think some of the shots that she was are really powerful and allow you to like feel really intimate with some of it of like looking at his skin and seeing how like um like nourishment can really affect your body differently depending on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one thing I'll say like production wise, that's really good because they did shoot the film sequentially, which you usually don't, but they shot it sequentially. So oh, he, about like one, like one, like literally it's like shot in the order that we see it almost. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he, so he could lose the weight. Got it. So he, so you he almost have to with a movie. Like right. This. Yeah. 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 Which is not normal for a production, but, I yeah, mean, there's I still about that. You almost have to. Yeah, there's still some like really obvious makeup on mm-hmm. his face, Couple but times. like, yeah. yeah, but like other times when his shirt's off, like he obviously really did lose the weight for the sure. So, and she, she, so she becomes this almost like uh, I, I wrote down angel of vengeance, but it's not necessarily vengeance. She's the person who like teaches him the harsh realities of the world a little well, bit you know you know what's interesting is like so he's often referred to as what like this savior like type character like you know he's being like he's being played out like it's almost this idealistic savior but it's almost played out as a joke in a sense too yeah you almost Ooh. wonder whether at, i remember the first time i watched this when it first came out and i hadn't watched it since then t- till this time i was wondering whether it was going to be a truman show situation mm-hmm. he was the person who was the focus of the study sure you know what i mean right um but it doesn't prove to be the case yeah. no it pl- it plays out as just like a shitty jesus allegory in the end yeah i just thought Ooh, is that your note that you wrote down no my note Brian? no i'll if you want my note i'll I give really, you my <laughs> what the audience doesn't Steve know until has... now is that the boys the boys uh plays, don't say it like that <laughs> you guys were like 
playground hiding in a corner uh, of like he just showed me it i just showed it show you my secret i just showed it to him because i knew if i showed it to you before the show you would get mad but then that anger (laughs) would dissipate but that anger would dissipate so now i give it to you full frontal for the (laughs) podcast for you to get fucking upset you want you want yes i want your rage i want your rage What's your crap Bullshit. movie? Bullshit. <laughs> now you made me doubly angry because you guys are talking behind so, my back. So you can see I have all these notes for Motel Hell. Oh my God. Fuck Look off. at all these notes for Fuck Motel Hell. Off. And then I have one note for the platform that says uh, this movie was written for what if I am 14 and this is deep wrote the cube. <laughs> You think you're really funny, don't you? I do. This, this because that's not, really funny because that's is, what this movie is. You're just so cute. <laughs> I mean... Let's not give the cube too much credit. No, no, no. But here's the (laughs) thing. The cube isn't a smart film. No. The the cube is is a fun film. Yes. And this took cube and then hammered you over the head with shitty allegories. All the social and social commentary. Yeah. This was a deeply Mm. socially driven version of the cube. Yeah. Yeah, no, Cube isn't smart, but better production. I'll, I'll, I'll say. When did the Cube come out? I like, I don't even. The know Cube came out like 1997. I was gonna and then say mid 90s, yeah. late 90s. And then the, it's just, it's just it's a, a fun one. goof it's movie. One. It's not something to be thought about. But it's, it's. They I did. actually confused it enough where I kept expecting the things that happened in the Cube to happen in this, right? Because mm. I, that's how similar they yeah. are. Mm. Um, I, I like them both. I love yeah, both there is. Uh, they did remake the Cube in Japan. Uh, oh, really? In 2021. Ooh. And they put a bunch of social commentary in it. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. And it doo doo. The cube is more action. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's an action. It's a puzzle. Like, it's just kind of like a, a mystery thriller. And then, like, you find out the puzzle and you go, oh, the, how they're creative. They're big mechanism, yeah. kind of like this. But I'd be um, curious. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, it's the way you're describing it, I don't. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's a fun. I don't know if it would be something, but it's not I, like, as well acted. Yeah. No, no. Because it's like, it's an indie film from Canada. Well, yeah. I didn't get as angry as you thought. I got more angry about you guys being secretive because I secrets do don't it. make friends. Um. Yeah. The one thing I really liked about this is they kept. Um, the cube doesn't really do until kind of at the very end, but not really. Where this this one actually keeps going back to the sh- the army of super high end like fine dining chefs. Mm-hmm. Who are almost in this like you imagine a, a, a film where like there's this like fine dining scenario where all these like super highly trained white tablecloth chefs are being like grilled by the head chef mm-hmm. like a gordon ramsay type yeah. that's just being like no you messed that up blah, blah, blah. you keep seeing this and they're like incredible attention to detail so much so you don't hear any audio of it right but you get this shot of like they found a hair in right. one dish was mm-hmm. it the tiramisu it was the pa- panna cotta oh, the panna cotta yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiramisu, the panna cotta the panna cotta is the symbol panna cotta um, the <laughs> it's pan- the message the message not the symbol panna cotta <laughs> and there's like there is a uh there, there's like a hair in it and yeah. they're just like berating the, the, yeah, the yeah. chef. The he drags chef. four chefs and is like comparing it to their yeah. hairs. Yeah. Which is so like, my point is they, they show this this idea that they're whoever is behind this is taking it incredibly seriously. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that and that actually it was like talking to one of my chefs this afternoon about it who likes horror. And I was just like bringing in that element because, again, I don't think I would have noticed that or paid attention initially when I watched it. But like understanding this culture around food um and then even the menu kind of brings it into play i know you haven't seen it brian but like um of like how this consumerism is like there is like a lot of art and craft and like 
so much diligent put to all these like high fine dining that is so extreme like very few industries i feel like have that extreme feeling mm-hmm. um even when we're talking about like an art and craft yeah and then to it be consumed by people who do not give a fuck about well, it that's that's it has, the interesting you know what I mean? thing yeah. that begs the question which I don't think we ever really get any insight into is whether the chefs that are producing this food and making this beautiful platform of food before they send it down to to level one and beyond, whether they have any insight to what's happening to the food. I assume they do because when it comes back up, shit's just a disaster. And also, and also, I mean, it's, it's weird because so like the, it's assumed the, the whole crux of the film is based on getting this working class to fucking revolt against the administration that's in charge of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So like they, they are aware of it and like a chef could potentially just look down the hole and see what's happening. Right. But I don't know. I think there's like this delusional aspect of it because I was mm-hmm. trying to figure out which the name was. It is it Imagori. Um, the woman who worked in the office and then got cancer and went right. back into the hole. So I feel like even her, she was so delusional of mm-hmm. what's going on. So this system that they think is supposed to do this one thing, whether it's a social experiment that is meant for rehabilitation to like get people back into society, but as, as a changed people mm-hmm. is then like, she thought something totally different than what was happening. Right. Yeah. So imagine the people at the top who were creating this, they very well could understand what they're creating food for, but there, I think there's a different illusion that's well, going on. Right. And I think she represents the, the quote unquote middle management. She does. Oh, so, totally. she, so she represents the person who has drank the Kool-Aid from the tippy top and is the, the, the messenger, the, the enforcer, the person who is, mm the feet on the street recruiting the people who are ultimately going to be victimized by the system. So she is the person that is, she's been indoctrinated so much over the 20, didn't she say she worked out like 25 years or something? Yeah. 25 years. And then like, I think eight years doing intake. And so like, it's, it's possible like she doesn't even interact with the prisoners who go in. Right. She Mm -hmm. just interacts with people who volunteer like Goring. Yeah. So like, she doesn't know all the aspects of the people who go in and then, the third level of administration is the part with the food punishment of like people. There's obviously somebody or something monitoring when the food is held. Yeah. So So they they know that. Yeah. Set you on fire or do whatever the fuck. Right. I was like, I feel like in rewatching it, I was almost like, do you wait, do the people when they fuck up, they end up in the hole too. Like Mm. it's like, it's it's possible. It it could be, we don't really know that. So that's like, again, um, just like summarize my point is like when she, when, she comes on board. She volunteers to go into the system. Mm-hmm. And after the 171 days in uh, of him, eat, you know, eating uh, the, the old man. God, I can't watch him eat, by the way. <laughs> Why is everyone in this movie when they eat got to stick their fingers in their mouth? It's disgusting. Tapas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so, because they are Spanish. Yeah, it's it's so Spanish. Gross. And it's, it's tapas and they use the fingers. fingers. Okay, like, now we're into speaking generalities. And like, that's probably not the case. Well, well, so my, 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 uh, getting back to my point, like the idea when she comes on board, um, he shows up on a on a very advantageous level with her. Right. What level are they on? 30, uh, 20 something? They're, yeah, they're uh, up there. They're I think they're in the 30, 30s. Yeah. They're in a they're really 30s. nice level where they could eat whatever they want, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um she comes in pompous, high and mighty, basically 
saying these dirt balls below us don't and above us don't get it and i'm going to be the person that if if only somebody with my intellect could explain to them I can convince them to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is like a level of like intellectual superiority like anxious, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I don't necessarily think she walks into that. I think she's like trying to play into the system that she thinks or like believes would work. Yeah. And then it's blown up in her face. And then we get that like intellectual superiority of like, she thinks that like exactly what you explained of like, she can tell the people below like, Hey, if you just do this, it's like this like really nice. She's, cute, like, you could sweet. tell she's practiced that in her head for 25 Ye- years. Yeah. yeah. And now she's there. And the thing that she thought is definitely going to work because obviously if if only somebody as as brilliant as me or as as capable as me or as empathetic as as me and people of my station could explain to these dirt balls what to do, they would of course do it. You know right. what I like don't understand though, in like that thought process though, it is that like why would we have not seen that in the intake? Like why like I feel like that would be a really important idea of like <laughs> if people are having like, hey, the system works this way. We have so much food that works for all of these. Because well, if they told, because if they I told feel- them they wouldn't come in, so they are deceiving them in that way. Yeah. Okay, so there's just like this trick that goes to it, but then so okay, okay, that I could understand that if that mm. would. She be a she thing, doesn't know like, that the system inside is failing. No, until she, she gets in there. Right, she doesn't, and also she probably does yeah. to a certain extent, but she probably thinks that oh, she might be only getting. The, the message she might be receiving is the people at the bottom don't have any food. Right. And then she's like, well, did somebody explain it to him? Did you know somebody I mean? tell him what the yeah, do? So she that? represents this like Gosh, this person who's never know. had to be But I don't know hungry. if she knows like that until like, I mean, yeah, she, we really yeah, she might, doesn't know, yeah, know she until might, she gets in there. Literally she might, might not, not know. But so the, like, but I think the point is she represents the, the middle management stage right. of like you know, let's say a upper class crust of society sure. who isn't the one percent of the one percent billionaires, yeah. but she's the people below them are doing their bidding and saying it's their fault. The dumb bastards just needed to explain to them. Yeah. And totally. then I'm gonna be in there. So she's got this like false sense of like self-importance and then she quickly realizes that no, when you, once you're in the system, the waves are going to thrash your ass against the fucking shore and, and you're going to get eaten up just like the rest of them. Right. Yeah. Um, but she was trying. And I think like uh, Goring basically in that, in a certain sense, like getting a little bit, he he, yeah, he gets a little bit jaded through that. And um, basically is like, I'm recognizing that you're trying, but let me just show you that I'm going to, I'm going to threaten to shit on their food and that starts making them change, which mm-hmm. I don't know if they're like what the specific like if there's like a, an association or like some sort of theme with that. But it definitely comes into play of like it has nothing to do with like people in instinctually have have no instinct for like general human like survival. It is all about the I. It's all about the id. And it's yeah. like it like it breaks down the moment. Or you realize that, like at any given moment, you could have zero food in front of you. And and I think his, I think what Goren comes to represent is the advent of fascism and how fascism becomes a reality in societies. Sure, um, because he once was idealistic. Mm-hmm. He once was a believer in human nature. Yeah, he once considered himself an empathetic person. 
but didn't realize the the level of um, of privilege he was coming from. So when he comes in, he gets dealt a very difficult lesson very very early. Obviously, mm. much more difficult. Than, I mean, he got part of his leg eaten. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and then he has become so jaded so quickly and just like ground up by the system to the point where now he is under the belief system that the only way you can get people below you to react is via um, authoritarian fascist sure. type of action. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, just sidebar with this whole section of his time there. Um, Bruce, cover your ears. And I told him to cover his eyes a lot when I watched it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, was In my movie, she you decided, got to too. <laughs> she decided that uh, we didn't know initially that she had cancer, but she brought her dog in and eventually uh, Mihiru, uh, kills the dog and eats it well yeah. and this is also uh, she uh, the message here is she is even more um protected and privileged than even goring is right she's so stupid and 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 jay and stupid is a hard word but like anybody on the inside would say stupid she is so she's um, ignorant naive oh, yeah that she goes so far as to not even bring something in of use but to actually bring another mouth to feed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or even to bring something you could eat. Yeah. 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 And right. she's, it just goes to show how little she understands about the system. Right. And right. and Goring points it out by pointing out that, like, yeah, he comes from a place of privilege, but he points out that her privilege is greater because she picked him yeah. as a roommate. Yeah. And, like, mm -hmm. they basically just, she got to pick where she went. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Did they ever establish that she actually got to pick? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, he, yeah. He, yeah no, I think it was pretty well established. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, forget. I remember they having the conversation, but I um, never didn't take a note. I'm trying to see if there's anything else to talk about in that moment. Um, yeah, Samiru so kills the dog, and basically we see, um, her whole like kind of will to live go away. Bruce, I would feel the same way. Bruce is mm. laying here. Oh, I would eat like... my dogs so fast. <laughs> you would. I feel I would. like you. You are. Really you would. are a person who would definitely eat your dog. I would not. So fast. I would probably even the tumory one. Oh yeah. So I would love She's Bruce delicious. Eat me. I spent thirteen years marbling that dog. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, girls. What are we eating tonight? <laughs> um, no, I love Bruce. E five collie. I ate him. Um, Bruce, you can so eat my well. bones. Mm, the intermuscular fat in that dog. Mm, yummy. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> it's very off put by my comments. I, I, I tell I'm her that like, all the time. I'm I like, I would eat like you so I fast. I knew this about you. I would eat you, you know? if there was a big snowstorm. <laughs> I can't get out the eggle. I'm Where you never at, dog? hanging out with you in the winter uh, ever again. God, this is why I we take is... a winter break, guys. We like don't hang out. <laughs> so we I'm don't eat each other. Eat the dog. Um, she wasn't so hairy. That's the problem. Yeah, be a long time to get all that hair off. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. You'd have to wash it she'd off in like the bathtub. Like That's what I'm saying. Yeah, also. yeah. Oh, yeah. She'd be, yeah. Uh, I, listen, I come from Native American heritage. I use every part of the dog. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't come from Native American heritage. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, 33. I couldn't remember where they ended up. I did take a note. Yeah, of they were they ended up at 30. It's so it's nice, nice level. So the end of their month together, she basically, again, loses the will to live. She doesn't do anything. We already know she has cancer. Um, they end up waking up down real low again oh yeah. oh yeah they're all fucked up um and he wakes up and she had already killed herself mm -hmm. and at this point we've already seen that uh 
Goring is seeing Trimagasi, like hearing his voices, whether it is an actual, just like whatever they're trying to. I feel like Steve, you have comments about this aspect of it. Like, no, it's just no, it's just, it's just kind of a it's just a device to show how the people that Goring runs into affect his life. Yeah. So like Trimagasi gives him this kind of authoritarian vision. Mm. of everything because you know, it's like a, a fight to survive and that's that's presumably presumably all he's ever known right yeah tr- all he's ever been subjected to. yeah and, and again like it, it's hard to speak about it completely culturally but like spain did have like this fascist period mm-hmm. right uh through the 70s so it's easy to imagine that trimagasi would live through that and would understand oh, yeah, that he's a, he he seems to be in his 60s I right. would guess. So he he was probably a part of that. We like we made mention of that when we talked about the Day of the Beast. Yeah. So mm. so like that's the way his mentality is. Goring is came in this idealistic student and just to the theme the book Don Quixote mm. is about an idealistic idiot. Yeah. Mm. Like somebody who doesn't know what they're doing mm. and like it's a really on the nose prop to have, yeah, yeah. which I think is lazy. Yeah. I, haven't re- 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 I haven't yeah. read that since I, I made this mistake twice in one year in like I, I took AP lit mm-hmm. in like ninth grade or some shit. Yeah. And I was um, never thought about the book I was going to pick for whatever our next like, report was <laughs> until the day we need to pick it. And I was oh, like, no. and I'm looking through the list and I back to back picked Don Quixote oh, God. and East of Eden. Oh, back Jesus. to back. They're both like 900 page yeah. books. And I I literally just <laughs> watched the movie of Cliff East of Eden. <laughs> Brian went, oh, War and Peace. I heard that's long. Don Quixote. Fuck. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I've heard of that. I heard that. That's the thing about the windmills and shit. And, well, and no, here's the, here's the even more embarrassing thing i think when i read it i made them the same mistake i read i did it today mm-hmm. where in my head i read don quixote and thought count of monte cristo yeah and was like, no count of monte cristo is another long and one and i was like i love that movie i've seen that movie i don't yeah. have to read the book <laughs> i i'm pretty sure i've done count of monte cristo which is also another long book and yeah. then crime and punishment were Ooh. were my yeah. Oof. Man, well, because I was on a Steinbeck books. kick. I just ate Monte Cristo sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they. That's the New York education system. Today's Count of Monte Cristo Day. We're having say. We're having Count of Monte Cristo sandwiches. We're gonna put powdered sugar on his ham sandwich. I don't know why I'm giving Western New York a direct. It's hard to. It's still. It's still like staccato. It's really, and, it's really not nasally. Like, yeah, yeah. Steve, Steve's a little bit closer. I get closer, but it's hard. <laughs> We're gonna eat can of many Christos today. Um, nope. Uh, I I'll let you meet my friend Shannon one sometime. She is great. She uh, it's like this weird like nasally mild Boston thing sometimes. Yeah. She'll, like, oh, say, okay. Car, and I'm like, what? And like, is she? Like, yeah, she's like this weird accent, but it's like really. Yeah. I think the only thing I pick, I didn't grow up live there long enough to pick up an accent nasally, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, it's yeah. it's nasally. I know the one word is orange. Orange. If you orange. can start saying orange correctly, orange. yeah. Well, no, yeah, orange is correct, but they say orange. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, I just, yeah, I, like, mm-hmm. I didn't actually. I don't think I knew a lot of people who said that. Like, I don't, like the, I think only, where I grew up, it, we didn't. There wasn't ever like a strong accent like there is. Like, say here, you know, if, or, yeah. or even what you're talking about. I think Rochester hits it a lot mm-hmm. harder. I've only heard. You know? I've only heard that accent like once in real life. And that was going, uh, was going to Buffalo and just like at a toll booth, yeah. mm-hmm. a toll booth worker in Buffalo was like, like, yeah, I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. 
Jesus Christ. I was eating an orange. Like, well, hey, yeah, you got that actually, I feel like the way you're saying that probably sounds more like the way Shakespeare we're saying it. it's like the car, the park, mm-hmm. like all of the things that like remind me of these weird Boston influences yeah, of yeah. sorts. But like, it's just, it's just all shit Irish talk as it disseminated through the East. <laughs> yep. And that um, is the platform. And that's the platform. That, yeah, that's how it that, ends. Guys, it ends in done. a Buffalo toll booth. <laughs> All right. Um, because, you know, we've been recording for a long time, guys. You know. Uh, so, obviously, we'll move through this movie or this, this next month pretty fast. So, he basically feasts on the cancer-riddled body, which was weird to me mm. um, for an entire month, because, I mean, I suppose if, like, that was all I had, I'd do it too, but I was like, there was like, a, it's like oddly stuck out to me. I'm like, what? She's you just get eat around the bad bits. <laughs> is it only like bad bits? I mean, is it one of the things, like, the bad yeah, bits I don't are think all cancer's, body? I don't think cancer's contagious, though. <laughs> but, like, it, wouldn't it taste, would it taste weird? I don't, it's probably gristly. Again. I don't know what cancer tastes like. <laughs> Guys, Someone. I want to go on record. I don't know what cancer tastes like. <laughs> I'm just guessing that it's In grisly. Mind, it's bad gross. I just like, was like, no, this it can't be good for you to mm. eat cancer riddled body. Like, yeah, sure. Just, I think at this be. point, it's like. Is it like eating gangrene? We like, that's br- what it, we cross that bridge, though. You know what I mean? Like, shit's derailed. And I'm just like, if it's either eat this or die. I don't know that you're really making that much of a distinction. Mm-hmm. I mean, and she also. I guess we should say she killed herself when she woke up on 202, hung herself, and she could have thrown herself down the hole, but the idea was she was leaving her body there so that he could eat it and survive. Right. Right. Because she was like, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I think she had the realization like what she thought about this whole job and situation was not what she thought. And like, I, I this think was that also was like, her last hurrah as well. Yeah. Right. Like that was she intentionally. I, that's a really to funny be. way to describe it. Her last hurrah. Because I feel like she could have went to Vegas, but instead she <laughs> did this. Yeah. Well, I think the idea was like, I think it speaks to her arrogance as well, because sure. she's like in she thought to herself, well, you know, she come to terms with her fate. She was she was going to die. Um, and she said, you know what? This is going to be some sort of righteous um, mission that I'm going to go on. Yeah. And then she got in there and was like, oh, no, I'm a fucking idiot. You know? Yeah. But um, yeah, because she remember she was even talking about spontaneous it's solidarity. Like, it, but and also, all this I shit. think like it comes back to I think at the end of the day, there's something within all of us that wants like a little bit of like meaning in our life. Mm-hmm. And even in the most minuscule way, mm-hmm. again, it goes back to I feel like the yeah, ego a little bit. It was it gave, earnest. It gave, it gave her a yeah. level of meaning to like what she did. So at the end of the day, she could have killed herself, but she still killed herself, but allowed that guy to eat her. I so don't there was question her earnestness. Yeah. yeah, I think she was very earnest in her attentions. Um, she didn't have a very earnest face. She had a resting bitch face, to say <laughs> the yeah. least. Yeah, I gen- genuinely, she's a perfect office character. I'd be like, wow, do I want someone who like, looks like they would tell you to go fuck off at any mm-hmm. given point mm-hmm. that's her yeah yeah she, she, she's she, great she, she looked mean she also like oh we should mention during this part there is um uh and, and you get this earlier on but now you're like really getting this is when um goring is really getting um uh tormented by 
uh, visions of the people that he has consumed. Right. Yeah. So Trimagasi, Trimagasi, whatever his name is, and her are like literally arguing about in his head, and he knows that they're not there, but he is delirious. And but kind of like you talked about, I think they almost become like archetypes of like this, like um, heaven and hell, or like angel, yeah, like they're, devil the, they're, type the, they're, thing. they're the they're ghost of Christmas she, past and yeah, Christmas future. Um, kind of. Yeah. So he now is moving on, and I uh, like to the next floor, and he ends up on floor six, and this is where I'm this guy's, um, I think it's Baharat. Baharat, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he is like a very idealistic kick. Like he's he's insanely delusional, which is interesting because it seems like he's seemingly been there for a long time, though we don't fully know why he's there per se. You n- you never learn why he's there. You never know why he has the rope. You never know. I took that as his, that was his item. Well, I mean, it is I don't his know. Item. If it was like, why would you bring that in though? Yeah, he must have known a little bit about. Yeah, what was he could have been. He could have almost. That the, he had a hopefulness about him that makes me believe that he could have very well. I don't know if he'd be a purpose like purposely went in there. He's been there a long time. He could have very well got it from someone else too. Well, yeah, here, here's what my here's uh, I might be putting a little bit too much of my own imagination in this, but I took it, it as, you know, we just got done with the administration administration lady who was coming from a, a place of, um, uh, you know, privilege and naivete and all that stuff. He came in, uh, Baccarat, 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 Baccarat's a game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, comes Baccarat. in and, uh, he comes, he is not coming from a place of, financial or institutional privilege mm-hmm. and maybe that's why he knew to bring a rope but he's coming from a place of physical privilege I almost because like he's a, super strong he's big that, strong and very capable physically he almost capable has this guy. like spiritual aspect to him too that we learn when he start going down well, he's very idealistic or, he's very um empathetic but like he's also been trained by other people of like how to master again if if we're taking these like larger themes and like deducing them to like literally things going on Mm -hmm. he has worked with like that guy that's in the wheelchair is like almost a scooter character like he has been through like he's seen through all he's like if you do this like i understand how society works like let's try and do this Mm -hmm. and so he's like clearly either been on the same he no he couldn't have been on the same level he's somehow maybe he him. was up or down yeah, from yeah, him yeah. or something yeah. like that but i think um, he's he's the young headstrong person who's easy to influence sure like no, totally yeah like he has been held down by the system yeah and he is the guy who is can be whipped up into a frenzy to do your bidding Sure. And yeah. he's described as that. Honestly, yeah. I feel like the like when he gets to that floor, like he's mm-hmm. kind of described as that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the heartbreaking aspect of this is that we really get to understand what it means to be at the higher floors mm-hmm. is that the floor above them. And this is like Bahara is like trying to get up. He's like, oh, my God, I've never been this close. I want to literally climb up to each floor and like get to the people and be like, you guys need to understand what's going on. Here. He wants to escape. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. And- he's he's going to escape. Yeah. And so the people above them initially, though, clearly have become almost a couple or basically a couple. And they trick him into being like he's just plays the fool for like talking about like characters. He is the fool Mm -hmm. of sorts. Um, There's a rope up. 
the chick fucking shits on his face. Like, he literally you know, turds yeah. on his face. Literal. <laughs> like, I don't, turds I don't on his know face. how I would actually feel if someone shit on my face. You know, it's not a kink I of mean, mine. I don't want to kink shame anyone here. Yeah. Um, it's just this, like, just not just something I'd be into. You know, I don't, I don't think you're kink shaming anybody here. <laughs> but here yeah. is in the universal. <laughs> Or no, maybe Brian, I don't know. Universal, no, it's not the room here. If it's the you know listener here, I'm if you like big it, Frank there. if you like it, <laughs> like some scatological you know, if you stuff, like some sort of fecal matter, piss, whatever you want. I need just watch, wash your, wash your face afterwards. Sure, please yeah. wash. <laughs> Do whatever gets you off. I'm totally for it. Um, that though would suck, and I don't. And I mean, what a shock. Oh. But Goring could have let him drop too. I want to make a point to like say that. Mm-hmm could have let him drop he did not he grabbed on me brought him back up mm. yeah so basically to keep moving forward with this one basically they come up with a plan they're like we need to f- they want to find uh, i'm trying to think i'm trying to think of how they did this i'm trying to remember the exact so they didn't know um miru must have been um on a lower floor that's what it is that i'm thinking of okay so they decide that they want to somehow find the child they feel like that is somehow like going to uh like prove a point of sorts but so they basically or no this is no no sorry, no they, up, they, they, I, i'm wrong they, on this they, one they decide they they're ration gonna, they want to yeah, they're gonna ration yeah. by so, force yes yeah. so they're gonna ration by force they said decide that like each floor they say you have a certain amount they of get food. weapons they 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 yeah yeah they start going down and by the time you get to the guy that we talked about is kind of as that guru figure they're like he he's only like tw- on twelve or something like it's not too far down. I feel like um, they're like you have to understand what you're doing is you're not convincing people. You're just using force. That you're basically you're, you're, be, you're, yeah, basically you know. disproving the effectiveness of fascism. You can't force people to be good. You you're just making them fear you. You're just giving exactly. them bonks on the head. Yeah <laughs> yeah. You're you're also just like feeling a different angle that they could then kind of have revenge around and stuff like that too. So yeah. d- the, these they're systems literally do like, not work. They're, they're literally they're standing on the thing <laughs> and going here's your plate eat it. And then people go fuck you I'm gonna eat whatever I want and mm. they, they brain them. Yeah. Like yeah. they're literally But they also people. make the decision that like up to a certain floor they're like all these people up to these 50 floors have had food. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't even consider giving yeah, it. They're like, yeah, you're going to eat tomorrow. Right. They yeah. had it yesterday. They'll have it tomorrow. Yeah. Don't don't worry about today. This is what, I don't know, th- this whole, after he's in the the cell with Baharat, th- this is where the whole movie just falls for me. Yeah, the third it, act fell apart pretty hard. It, it just, too. because it starts hammering a lot of the, re- starts hammering a lot of the religious allegories. Oh, and literally just, like, the one Leave act might as well have been called Steve transubstantiation. Like, yeah. it's like they literally, well, they're actually talking about it. It's no, like no, the, blo- no, the body yeah, of Christ yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. And then, like, so, uh, Baharat, I, they don't say it outwardly, but I took it to mean that, like, he is probably Muslim. Yeah. Because it just said his name. Yeah. Least, just because yeah. of his name. And, well, and even they had the conversation with the people above, and he was like, Thank God. He's like, oh, are you a man of God? And he's like, yeah, which God? Right. So he's kind of like, which God are you? Dickhead? Yeah, yeah. He's like the one true God. Right. They're like, oh, of course, because now they've seen he's Muslim. Now they're going to shit on him. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you have the and then this whole time Goring is in a way portrayed as Messiah, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then it comes true at the end. Yeah. But, you know, you have Muslims and Christians working together to come down on the platform and ration out food. But then, you know, he gets accused of like 
you know, Christ wouldn't do it that way. He would multiply the food. He wouldn't ration it out. Mm-hmm. And it's just like they meet uh, Baharat's friend and Baharat's friend says, like, don't do it that way. Do it by winning their hearts over. Explain it to them. But if not, then brain them. Like, it, like, and so- then. And then, but the, and the whole thing is like, well, then what's the point? Like, if well, you, they're just going to brain them anyway. Now that's just the Inquisition. I, yeah. I, I, I totally hear this point, too, because I feel like it's interesting when we talk about these things coming from people who grew up in understanding religion and like had that influence to someone who's like, uh, OK, I see there's like a religious element, but it has no meaning for me. Mm. However, we're still talking about these themes of society. So like what he's saying still in my mind felt more effective of like, let's try to fight fascism with like finding meaning in why we're doing something. And if yeah, they're like, oh, even if you took it from a social perspective and sure. didn't go religious, which yeah. they, they obviously meant it to be very religious sure. or here's what they did. They do both. They, <laughs> they, yeah. they, the, whoever wrote this movie director, I don't know, just took these monstrous ideas and had the, balls to think that they could make it into a cohesive (laughs) thing and make it make sense but instead they just went through a thought exercise that like every everyone but everyone over 28 does yeah Yeah. and then and it it comes out on the end feeling like the people on the top eat man yeah yeah. and then the people on the bottom don't get enough man so so i took it as i took it as it did feel very preachy in the sense that they were like, what what we do doesn't work. And then also what they do doesn't work. And then also um, what they do doesn't work. Um, but we also don't necessarily know what to do. But, <laughs> but like, I shit's like, not cool, bro. Like, no, 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 like, so I feel like, again, like, I hear you. I, I, I think like you guys are answering that like are like responding to something that is the case, though, mm. is like. I walked away from I forgot how like wrecking this movie could almost feel mm-hmm. is that there is a complete hopelessness to the entire idea of what we're talking about. Well, I think that's and the so, thing. Like, yeah. Right. So like I didn't take it as this like over exaggerated feeling of what you're talking about of like being too preachy. I think it's just like literally almost a literal on the nose interpretation of like what we literally see all the time yeah. Yeah. In, every, in every social structure no matter what we keep coming back to this thing of like people think they know what is right for other people yeah and no one knows anything yeah yeah everyone's this dumb is what everyone's it is. figuring and it out this is... but i think the ultimate story the fact that they they not only um symbolically but literally got to the bottom of it mm-hmm. and then said at the bottom children are our future like that that was <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean and we're like no and no. not and not just that but also there's a lot of symbology in that and that the floor they're on three 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 yeah is it's if you trinity thing and if yeah if you look into that number the like there's three 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 four 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 five 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 six 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 three 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 also two 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 is like the truth the word of god three 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 is like a message from god mm. And then also, if you really wanted to, you could multiply it because there's two prisoners on every floor. So then it's six, six, six. 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 Yeah, so they're yeah. in hell, man. <laughs> sure, but it. then they send back the message and 
because Goring sacrifices himself, he does the Christ-like thing. Yeah. He sacrifices yeah. himself to send the Sorry, message. He, and it's he like... Died. <laughs> he, he, well, yeah. the thing. he died. He, he went to hell. Again. He was yeah. resurrected. Or, yeah. you know, and he sent the message back to forgive her when sins. Yeah. So it was like this. It's 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 very difficult to, to ignore the, the Christian allegory. But sure. even if it's not... Even aside from, from the savior thing, um, that, that was like... I felt even from a social perspective, if it was talking about a, a small, if it was a smaller story, like I get it that it's small and that it all is self-contained in this one mm. structure, but it's so grandiose in its, um, everything is trying to tackle. Everything is so I'd be curious to feel like what this director, like the writers, like films have been, because like, I feel like yeah. it, like with, even though you're describing, it, it's like putting in my head, it feels like, an early like someone's like early film like they were trying to do a yeah, lot you know? super ambitious mm-hmm. like, like over, the only I mean, point before we keep going on to that point is like i find it interesting with like again you guys have way more background and like understanding religion and stuff like that and not i just think i have no interest in continuing to learn it but mm-hmm. like with the kid though it's just like again there is this like hopeful feel through hopeful feeling throughout it all the kid kind of has that hopeful feeling to it but like it still felt like we don't know what's going to happen. It felt like nothing's going to happen. Nothing clearly. Like we don't know that something changes and I don't think we believe like anything does change, but let's keep talking about it. Cause I feel like you, there's more stuff like, what you're well, I mean about. the one thing they're like, so we see a lot of people like throw themselves off the platform and down the hole. You have to imagine at some point, like body parts come back up on the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, Obviously, the the working class that's on floor zero, they see body parts come up and that doesn't affect them. Mm -hmm. But like the whole thing about this is and it's mentioned by the administrator uh, or the middle manager. She says, you know, like no one under 16 is allowed in the hole. You know, no one under 16 can participate. So they think by sending the child up, it's going to spark this. Right, you know, like, oh, they. Like, this is the one line that shouldn't be crossed. Yeah. But I mean, how many times do we see that in right. real life that like we see the deepest, most depraved things? Right. And then like ah, that person gets away with it. And yeah, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill There's himself, just, by like, the way. Like a <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, He's like, I guess, like, I guess, I guess. I the guess the Catholic Church killed Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, I guess next, nobody next bought kids off Jeffrey sure. Epstein. Nobody did there. that, and nobody went later. to jail for it, so it didn't happen. No, I, <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein produced and, this and movie. And I feel yeah. like there, there has that it, again. It, it goes back to that air of like, and everything feels very doomed. And like again, there's this hopeful feeling that we we never experience an ounce of something positive happening. Dude. Mm. So like when I saw that, I'm just like. I still finished the movie being like, there, there's nothing positive here. Like I, I didn't see that as like a hopeful message. It's like a, this like hopeful feeling that immediately is like, well, we don't know what, ha- we don't know what happens. So I, I yeah. immediately think that child's probably either dead or it's going to get swept under the rug yeah. and things are going to keep happening to your point about the body part though. I feel like most of the people end up seemingly killing themselves. Like, before the food would come down but what i think would have been interesting is we probably would have seen bodies at the bottom well and i think i mean you can't think to with this movie if you try to dig into the logistics of this place it falls apart super yeah like why doesn't literally everyone get on the platform every day and then right. ride it all the way back up yeah you know what i mean even if people would be scared to do that if you've got 666 people 
at least a bunch of them would try this so many times that it would create a huge issue for people at the top. Right. Because at least 10 people a day would end up back up top and then they just have to gun them down or something. You know, you, who knows? Yeah, you'd have it. You'd have at least like one psychopath. Yeah. Who wanted to just ride it all the After way up to the kitchen? Three days. Yeah, I would stay on that someday. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know. I just like. I feel like the way this is played off, and I think like again, we're talking about the it, like the society, and like I think a lot of people just are very ego driven, and like I, you guys have worked with a lot of people. Mm. I don't know how many people you guys have managed, and I think there's this things of like what you guys would do versus what actually happens. And I think a lot of people just fall in line to what the rules are around you and they don't question it. Like I I feel like the more you work around people, there's less people that would actually question the like it's they'll, a pre- they'll question, but the assumption is they'll a lot question of people like a process they'll yeah. question like a process but they won't question like the whole system and structure. They're like, oh just to try to give a mild example, like oh we would normally eat at this time, but it's like someone leave it taking the apple for a second and then recognizing there's the rule and it's like, oh shit, I'm gonna throw it back down. Yeah. I think people would be like start pressuring it that way, but once they start getting that negative reinforcement, people start falling line. Like a lot like it's I, you're the, right. You, it's a rare I, thing to find someone who would step outside like Goring kind of like plays that character. You're kind you're you're looking at it by people who play in society though. Yeah. Brian just mentioned it, like there's prisoners in there. Prisoners have already broken the law. They're willing to break it again. Mm-hmm. And then like I've, I've, human, I've worked, I've worked with too. like some real shitheads. Mm-hmm. Like there was one dude and it's funny just because like he wanted to be a white rapper, but he had like a mustache. And mm-hmm. like he's a funny, dude. We hated him. He sucked. But like he had been in prison before and he had done a bunch of time in prison. Then he came out and this was his time to be outside of prison and like start working properly and like provide for his family but he would huff shoe glue and then go drive a van yeah I mean, because we, he doesn't can, care like I, what the laws of society are i yeah, don't my, know if we i don't know if we all are educated enough on like the psychology behind this this type of stuff to, like talk on it like responsibly but like there is always like different things like even just having a conversation recently of like you know think about people who commit crimes just to go into jail so they can have a fucking meal to eat. Yeah, no. You know? So like, yeah. like there, there's so many different layers to it. I don't want to like deduce it down well, to so saying, like if there's that many people, I'm, you're going to get a broad scope of people yeah. who are going to do yeah. all things. My only point in saying that is the the I I would I don't blame the movie for having an ambitious premise that if you dug into it too deeply, it falls apart pretty fast. I I, sure. I know it, it's I, I I am willing to suspend my disbelief in order to like see the mechanics mm. of it kind of playing out. Yeah, I, I do think there is like more of a solid grip to the film if you take like broader themes to it. And like, again, I think like it it made me, I was like surprised. Granted, maybe this week was a shitty week, but like I like left being like really depressed after watching it even more than I already was this mm. week. And I was just like, holy shit society sucks people suck people don't want to change like there's like this ego to everyone around us that everyone's out for themselves um and like everyone like there's like such this like delusion about how we should do things that like you just get suspended into this process and the system Mm -hmm. and people just keep going along with it Mm -hmm. and no one and not many people 
like I think like a character like Goring is like the exception not the rule. And so like I don't know. Yeah, there's so, a, like, we're we're we're, sti- I, I we're, hear you. we're stinky animals and we're gonna we're our behavior's relatively predictable. Sure. I think this I think what I was hoping, and I didn't remember the ending to this movie, and that's why I think I I like this movie, but I think I remembered it having a better ending than it did. And I and I didn't remember the ending. So I was hoping that and even I wrote early in the notes, which didn't prove to be true. But I think this would have been a not that I'm trying to, you know, doctor the script here. But if the whole thing would have been a study in not how to get people to unify or if there was a reveal, and this could be the case in the original script and it just didn't show up on the screen, but instead of getting people to unify, it was a study in how to keep people at odds with one another, mm-hmm. then that would have been a more impactful message and a message of, of, of empathy and a message of I think we're that- on the same team here. Even though that's idealistic and maybe naive, at least it would have been a, f- a message of some use. But I think like what is interesting about what you just said, though, is that I don't think I think this movie would have had to been almost completely different because it would have like that woman who came in would have had to have some knowledge of what's going on in here. Well, she did you know what because I mean? she, she, she kept using the phrase spontaneous solidarity, which was right. So what I was, but that was the idea of what their goal was, but there yeah. was there, there was nothing revealed to us along the way that like, I think she basically lifted the veil that there was no concept of any understanding of what's going on within the system. Right. And so like, that's why I like, I feel like they could have done a different scene that could have allowed us to like, believe that. I think it would have been a quick scene. Honestly, I I, I think it could have been or, or, or just something that allows you to come to terms with the fact that that the system (laughs) is inherently flawed. Yeah. Or controlled well, th- by someone. It's controlled because I, I, yeah. I think because yeah. I think what it is by her revealing that she didn't know what was going on, mm-hmm. by her revealing that that proves that the people who are truly in charge, man, yeah. are are like <laughs> doing this, you know, at the detriment of everybody. They but it's all self-serving. No, at the end of the day, I think that's like it, it's almost like the system that is self-serving has no bearing on what's going on. And then the system itself is self-serving, meaning all the people. Mm-hmm. Like so, it's like it's this big cycle, I think, between the two. Yeah, but which the, is the, interesting. The, and they're all the people, based on like this ego-driven thing. You know? The people, the people at the top, the administrators, they're doing it for a different reason. Yeah, they're not doing it to create this spontaneous solidarity that right. she was so behind. They don't care. If it, they wanted it to study something else. They wanted to torture people. They want to do all kinds of other things. You know, they want to. They, they're playing I think a different we're making game this up in our brain, else. but right. like I think what we're making up in our brain is like what we experience in society where we see yeah. these large corporations that they feed a system like they will literally we've all worked at jobs that is feeding something where they will literally say whatever they have to to get something across and to feed the system so that they get paid. And then the system ends up failing because no one's managing it and no one gives a fuck. <clears throat> so then it manages itself in a sense. And we end up with this, like whatever system yeah. we have. G- so, getting, getting back to like the things I liked and didn't like about the movie. I thought the performances were pretty good overall. I mm-hmm. thought it was an ambitious concept that was executed decently well. Here, here's what I didn't like about it. I mm-hmm. thought it was a very preachy movie. Sure. Um, it, and I just don't even know what they were preaching. Like, were they preaching that 
like-minded, you know, capable people can buck the system. Yeah, I have a question or... though too, because like just to deduce, because like in my initial reaction was I didn't really feel feel preachy, but I think because you maybe saw more of the religious angles of it, it probably could have felt preachy. Well, even is, the, is even that, if like, it's not just so preachy, literally from a religious perspective, it's like I don't know what their message is, but it seemed pre like. I ultimately got to what I thought their message was, was the idea that a good deed is its own reward. Yeah. Which is mm. also, I'm not saying that's not right, but it's just also. It's like, preachy, this, but know? again, I think it goes on to that like trope with the character of growing is like, he plays this like idealist intellectual of sorts. Like again, mm. that comes off very naive to a certain point. But so is comes, it anti-intellectual? I don't know. Or I, is I, it, I don't know. But like, I, I think the, it's questioning. I, I think something there too. I think the idea, like uh, the thing that I kept landing on in this movie, is that the person that made this movie, and this is a fictional person that I've made up in my head, this person thinks they did something really great. Yeah, and it mm. isn't very great, and it is kind of incoherent at the end, and like it that got reinforced. And listen, I'm I'm not sitting here saying like, if I don't get it, nobody gets it. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying at the end in the third act, when you're seeing these like so on the nose visual um, uh, 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 representations of like when they're going down there and you literally see the guy who brought money as his yeah. thing and he's like rolling around the money and they see mm. him and he's like jumps on the money. And the further you get down the the layers to hell, which at some point, the randomness of how people were assigned in indication of what how they were behaving mm-hmm. um, fell apart mm-hmm. because it feels was, more control. Was the kid on three thirty three on purpose? Right. Or was that right? A, 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 was that a, a it almost a made me feel like there was more control going on to like the system. So did they itself. plant the kid there to see because if they would give him the panacota? It was like the kid was always really low and the kid never had like some like which I get partner, the the, you know? the analogy they're trying to make is that the most vulnerable among us are going to suffer in a system like this. Sure. I, I get it. But that's so on the nose and just completely betrays your, the rest of your story. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's at some point they got so up their own ass <laughs> and the fart smelling was so <laughs> strong that they were just like that story that I, you guys get what I'm trying to do yeah. here, right? Let's just cut. To we're the telling, case. we're mm. telling them we're really hitting yeah. them where it hurts. Man. So I wrote at the really? end, this whole thing begs the, the question so is good. Like, I'm glad you hate it. The whole thing it's your movie. About what, what's the message? Okay. The, the, the panacotta is the message. Okay. No, the kids, the message. And I just wrote the end. Like, we still don't know what the message is. Yeah. Like the message is obviously they're talking about a, a symbolic message back up to the, to the, to the upstairs. But ultimately the whole thing felt like a, a an exercise in futility. I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I think it's a fun movie. I think it's an interesting movie and I thought it was pretty well executed and performed well, but they did the thing when an arrogant filmmaker comes in and decide or, or author or artist of any type that comes in and goes, I'm different than everybody else. And all the <laughs> shit you guys have been trying to figure out for millennia. I'm pretty sure I can handle this. Yeah. So they go in and throw all the shit at the wall to try to get it to stick. And it just falls apart in the end because this is the thing that we've all been since society has existed. 
we've been thinking about this. Mm. And I just, I, something about Do you the, like want an answer though? I mean, no, I, 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 I'm just, not something about the, anything no, I'm you're not saying, saying, but like, there was no, there is no yeah, answer. Yeah, so I think the idea is I wasn't expecting an answer. I took exception to the inherent arrogance needed to try to tell a story like this. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and if, and but if I feel be, like I think it's in, I, the only thing like I'm not trying to I send you to me. You know, it's like I'm just curious about the whole idea around these type of themes that like take whatever avenue that we've seen over and over again in different scenarios of like mm-hmm. talking about society, talking about bringing religion into it, because that's clearly like a huge mm-hmm. facet of society. It's like a huge portion of our population. They just try, they tried to do too much. Sure, sure. And I can it, understand yeah. it. I mean, and they it's... definitely took it like, a, I, and, like, I think the more we talked about it, I can understand. And like, I could totally see it being like, if this was someone's like first one, I'd be really surprised if this was someone's like later, like, like, They've done like 10 films plus, you know, you know what who I, mean? I can see but making like, this movie, trying to remake this movie, but Arnosky. <laughs> like, oh, I can, yeah. I can sure. see him oh, being yeah. like, like doing a line of coke and going, <laughs> I'm going to tell everyone how the world works. Sure. This, is, and, this Yurida like, is the Aronofsky. Of. I just, I just don't want it to be some big masturbatory like process to like try to tell the story because I think it's something that we deal with every day. You know what I mean? Whether or not like, so something like this, like, affected me or i thought differently than you did and like what no, you no it was an like, affecting movie don't get no, me wrong no, no, like yeah so like so like i wouldn't necessarily look at it like this is like possibly ineffective but i found it like just impacting obviously it's not going to do anything change anything but like telling a story of like what we really deal with like i didn't mm-hmm. expect an answer no one has to answer but it was telling a story in a very specific hey, like, I'll, scenario. I'll use an example of, like I that. think, what, how I would have liked it better. I'm going to use an example that is a similar thing, but like Squid Games, right? Squid Games, huge cultural phenomenon, mm-hmm. all that stuff. I'm not saying it's the greatest thing in the world, but it took a big story. Mm-hmm. And, and I haven't big, seen the whole like, series, so I only know like, like the first couple of Well, episodes. I won't spoil anything. It's it's good. It's 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 yeah, not yeah. a masterpiece, but it's, it's really good. Um, they took this big giant social experiment thing and they honed in on like kind of one thing, which was more like how like our how desperation. Yeah. Specifically economic and social desperation. Whereas this took that, but also took religion and also took caste systems and also took like 10 other hierarchies things, and authority authority and 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 and, and, and social constructs and it just mm-hmm. tried to it needed to pick a lane and mm-hmm. do it well totally. instead of trying to do everything all encompassing and and execute that sure in in the way that is the only way you really can execute that which is poorly because it's it's there's yeah. nothing new that you're going to add to wise people mean to each other and then mm-hmm. you know and then the fact that the, the end in a different unique yeah. way, then like, the the fact way which yeah. they think like we see that all the time yeah and then the fact that it just ends on the same tired ass christ allegory yeah fucking mm-hmm. sucks it's just lazy yeah mm-hmm. and then you can tell it's lazy from the beginning because he brings in don quixote <laughs> oh no is our protagonist gonna have a little bit of a finding oh, out about himself is he going to well, learn that his ideals here. aren't what they should be? <laughs> oh, did you make a big movie? Did you make a I big like movie about your... I like how you just your... became a caricature of yourself uh, to yes, like he prove just, a point he's, here. He's got his hands on his hips. His eyes are darting back and forth <laughs> in a very patronizing way. Steve's real did mad you, at me. Did you make a big movie that your protagonist learns that the world works differently than he feels like it? <laughs> 
I don't know if you want me to respect you more or less after this conversation. This <laughs> uh, it, I, yes, it's that's honestly, a very harsh take on it. But yes, I, I would agree that it is. It, it feels like a. <clears throat> I don't, yeah, it, 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 it's. It, I a don't lot of care. A lot of yeah. thought put into it, but just biting off more than it could. Yeah, I don't. I don't completely hate the movie because it's not. It's not like it's made incompetently. Like mm. it, it's filmed very well. Like I really like the scenes in the kitchen, mm-hmm. just because there's there's something special about the way those are filmed, mm-hmm. and, and it has an idea. But then, yeah, it just it, it it batters you over the head with everything. Like the way we talked about how ravenous you can watch that film without social commentary. It, It'll just pass by you. you know, mm. It doesn't matter. This one insists the social commentary upon you. It's part of the plot. Mm. And Would then you it just handles. The movie insists upon itself. It insists <laughs> upon itself. <laughs> and then it just batters you over the head, but then leaves, you know, like you're saying, like the ending is just, it doesn't put forth anything new. It puts forth one of the laziest things. Yeah. It, mm. it, the, the ending felt like a cop out. I, right up until that, honestly, it's, 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 a, it reminds me a little bit of Ravenous. Like, I love, I like, really like it up until the third act. And I think that I'm stuck on that. And I'm, again, I'm not trying to be like, try to say that the ending was like amazing in any way, shape, or form. But like, I think what I kept taking away is like this feeling of nothingness of sorts. Like, again, coming from a non religious, I did not turn around and like take it as this like, Jesus commentary. Obviously, you guys did because you guys have background. Well, on that. and also it's but, like, Spain. What? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. So there's sure, they don't do fine. anything that isn't. Yeah, it doesn't have some religious. <laughs> no, no, connotation. that's fine, and that's fine. But Cristo I'm saying, like, they like love if, it. They if love I'm Jesus. able to like evaluate this movie based on like my own perspective of sorts and with whatever we're placing forth here, mm-hmm. is that like there was just feeling of nothingness at the end, and I felt like that was a good ending. Well, I feel it like wasn't I, nothing. The girl's going up. Well, we don't know what happens to her. So right, like, but- so like that, so you can, you can allude to whatever, but there's like a lot of things that like are very specific that we see along the way, but like, it's all this very idealistic, hopeful feeling. Well, she, and she's their like message feel- in a bottle. Yeah, you know, I understand if, if, that. If you, That's what I'm saying is like, but because we don't see that, we don't know what actually. No, happens, there's so there's like, no satisfaction. Yeah, if so you the, ignore so that, like, I like that. Is what I'm trying to get at is that I like that there is like the no satisfaction because of everything that we saw along the way is that it made me just like it felt more full circle to this whole idea of like meaningless nothinglessness like in like the whole hierarchy of what we're in society and yeah. the systems that we're creating i'm getting have I, no fucking i get what you're saying there is no solution to any of it. i get what you're saying so that's like i just don't think that's that that's the story they were telling on the screen True. like you like you took from it that these things are unresolvable conflicts and that there is no solution but even I, on the other side that, it's like it's sure it's like an idealistic thing and then we're talking it is really on the nose so no i'm saying i think too. that they thought that they were doing some big send up sure. you know what i mean yeah or, if, or, if, sure. if you cut the girl out of it at the end and he just goes into a pit of blackness or whatever mm-hmm. or even just, if he just sits down there and go and then the platform goes back up and he's sitting in the darkness that would have been yeah. better ending for me. and and like then you can follow that track of like well you know he just kind of did the best that he could mm-hmm. and then he returns to you you could you could uh to parse another like re- uh religion uh, interpretation like uh, the Jews have no hell mm-hmm. they have shale and like shale is just returning to the blackness to the nothingness to the darkness mm-hmm. so like you can kind of you can kind of read it if you want to that he escaped hell 
escaped hell to hell? Ret- yeah that's shit that's sh- that's halfway between that's purgatory between shale and hell yeah <laughs> that's mini that's mini shale <laughs> but yeah you can you can read it that it's marcella he had- shale marcella the shale with the shoes on <laughs> no that's like the the, the fracking company yeah. that was him but no he he escapes hell and the shell. <laughs> Sorry, he escapes hell and gets to go back to shale and just, you know, returns to nothingness. And he returns with uh, Trimagasi, mm-hmm. who is just as, you know, like he's just as much a victim of the system as much as he is, you know, a bad actor. Yeah. So I would have liked that, though, because then it would have just been like. We're all fucking fertilizer, bud. Like yeah. Me and Trimagasi, that dude's fucked up. He yeah. had a very sense of superiority over him. And now it's just like now now me and him are down here chilling in the darkness. Yeah. And they're like, they're just as equal again. Yeah. That would have been because ultimately make it make it a fucking martyrs ending. Yeah. It would have been better than make it dark as hell. Why the fuck? I still don't get what's special about him. And, and why he was the one who found the girl and why he sent them up. And he's he, Christ. He didn't really. But but Christ is supposed to have some sort of divine intuition. Right. And he proved himself. Goring proved himself to kind of be a, f- a fucking faux intellectual the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At best, he was freaking. What's the catcher in the rye kid? Oh, uh, oh uh, damn it. Holden Caulfield. Hold, yeah. At best, he was a fucking Holden Caulfield that thought he everybody was phony and he knew everything. And then he got carving. Fuck you into the wall again. What a pig. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's just like he's he, he, he uh, but but no, at the end, it, it was like he somehow elevated himself to this Christ like level by. I don't know, kind of doing nothing, killed a bunch of people. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it was an ambiguous ending I, that I wish was more ambiguous, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, let's move. Let's move away from. Hey, guys, I like all to that. have fun. Let's, th- let's wow. talk about fucking Looney Tunes. I like to have <laughs> on, the, fun, on the forum. Guys. Um, <laughs> and so I I want Steve to only talk in his caricature form now. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to see him in any with his hands on his hip. Yeah. It's the only way I'm going to ever see him talk. Now <laughs> I'm a big boy made a big movie. I made a big movie. <laughs> My protagonist had an arc and everything. <laughs> He's Jeebus. Um, <laughs> so fed up I'm going to eat a piece of celery into the mic. The Just as Steve has night. to edit it out. Oh, crunch. Um, all right, so I'm going to talk about a fun movie. I'm like, you fucking dorks. I did a 1980 masterpiece, Motel Hell. Um, and I want to say right off the bat, guys, I don't care if you like it or not. <laughs> I, I understood I, that. We, we understood yes. I understood that, that you didn't care if you if we liked it or not. But I understood immediately why you liked it, because it is so much Looney Tunes and Three Stooges. So yeah. silly. It's a bunch of crazy slaps. It's a bunch of bits. Shit. It's a bunch of bits. And also, I love. So uh, and I will admit there's there's a lot of nostalgia in this one to me because this is one of the first like really um, like corny schlocky B movie horror movies that I ever saw. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a lot of I have a lot of nostalgia about it. I as feel well. like I, the only thing I'll say too is like I was really interested. Is like reading the description of this film. Mm-hmm. I almost like, expected like something more ev- serious. No 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 no. no. <laughs> I almost expected that people were going to be eating this sausage. Like very regular, a little bit more so, of a soylent green type yeah, of thing, like, or even just like it was part of the whole movie versus it being like it's what more it was, about which food production than food yeah, consumption. Yeah, which is it was. Yeah. Anyway, 
It's yeah. a real deep social commentary that we'll get on to. Um, <laughs> no, I'm making fun of my own movie. Um, anyway, so it stars uh, it stars the great Rory Calhoun um, as Farmer Vincent Smith. Um, Rory Calhoun, uh, you will know from uh, a tons of t- movies, but also TV. Um, I think probably a lot of people because it's. I don't want to say a cult classic, but the Texan was a big thing that he was okay. in. It's a, it's a, uh, it was a TV, uh, Western TV series. He was in just so many fucking Westerns um, and movies that I watched a ton as a kid that used to be on like TCM, like the Colossus of the Roads. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in, uh, there was another big one that I can't, that, that wasn't a Western. Um, Oh boy! He's, he it's was in a lot me. of alien invasion movies as well. Yeah, he was in a lot of 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 fifties sci-fi, um, and then fifties uh, and sixties um, westerns. How um, old was he in this movie? Is what I want to know because I feel like he looks like one of those people that would always perpetually look old, even if he was like in his thirties. Oh, like a Clue Gulliger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, Hell comes to Frogtown. Fucking love that movie. <laughs> Um, did a little stint uh, on Gilligan's Island, uh, and then I think the, the he played Rawhide, the coconut Rawhide. Fucking st- oh, he's a good-looking dude. Rawhide and Gunsmoke. Those okay, are probably his two. You know, his two really big, uh, really big ones for people of, of a certain generation would remember him as. Um, but this is one of the few movies where, like, the antagonist. I use that loosely because he kind of strays the line. It's weird, um, but he's very much. I mean, he's he's the bad guy. He's the star of the movie. Yeah, I think I think Ida would be the real antagonist. Yes, she seems to. And be, I have a theory about Ida, but I wish <laughs> I'm interested here. Can you make sure your hands are on your head, please? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Ida plays by uh, Nancy Parsons. You'll probably recognize Nancy Parsons as well. Um, uh, I know her from she's the gym teacher in Porky's. Yeah. Like, that's what I remember her from. Like, Porky's fucking one of my all time favorite movies. Um, and uh, she's the gym teacher who grabs the guy's dick when he sticks mm-hmm. it through the, the shower. Um, and then you get a couple other characters. Uh, you get uh, Sheriff Bruce Smith, who reminds me very specifically of BJ from The Righteous Gemstones the entire time. Really? This I haven't like, watched. I haven't dude, watched Righteous like Gemstones. Silly, like, humor like that though um you also get uh uh the other kind of main character is terry um who's played by nina axelrod who um again you'll probably you know she just kind of played she was in critters three she played blonde lady yeah she yeah she yeah exactly um she's in roller boogie she was in you know uh, quite a few she's in cobra you would oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> um in any case uh she she's great you know 80s you know 70s and 80s uh, actress you'll recognize her face anyway relatively small cast here i mean those are kind of the the main folks there's some other people in there we also get a quick uh uh um john ratzenberger um, it's funny because i just saw him in one of the uh one of the episodes of poker face that new Natasha Leone I, show. Yeah, yeah. He he was on an episode of that. I, I watched. I watched. That. I, I watched, watched it. Yeah, yeah. I watched that, and then I watched this. And I was like, oh hey, Norm. Not yeah. Norm, but he's Norm you know, from Cliff. Cheers. Yeah, no, Norm, he's Cliff, but he's Cliff, but he always says, yeah. Uh, they always yell Norm. He's always yelling at Norm, who is um oh god why George Went George Went uh, of House to Fame. <laughs> 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 anyway, um, so 
Motel Hell, uh, it is a it is a, a pun because the name of the motel in question is Motel Hello. But of course, the O is uh, it's malfunctioning. guys. Mm. Of course. Um, of course. So you get uh, introduced to to the Smith family, uh, uh, Vincent, Ida um, and Bruce. Um, so Vincent uh, is the, the elder brother. You, you come to realize considerably more elder um, than his younger brother, Bruce, who is the sheriff mm-hmm. of the town. Um, and then you have Ida, who is their sister. Is she the sister? That's yes. I he yeah, explicitly I okay. calls her sis or sis or young, yeah. you know, something about her sister. So I, cause and now you have accused Meg and I mm-hmm. of bringing in the incest. Yeah. Yeah. I believe this is your first entry. Mm-hmm. You're both your first foray. <laughs> I honestly, it's not explicit. It's kind of explicit. She tackles Bruce to the bed. Let's go on the same team. I actually would play more on pedophilia because of like specifically when he's going, uh, Mina, he's like trying to wed her. Mm -hmm. He's saying stuff, calling her little girl. You're like, yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, but that's a, (gasps) that's a old ass redneck thing. Yeah. There's Uh, both. No, I'm not giving it a pass right now. No, it's not. Yeah. You don't have to give it a pass. He's the bad guy. Yeah, he's the bad guy yeah. who's also a pedophile, which yeah. you brought this into. And Ida She's is an incest. She's, Terry's an inse- consenting adult. But like the age gap is gross. The age gap's to gross. The point where and she also sees her adult. as a little girl. Also, she's a consenting adult, guys. She he calls at what her point do we see her ID that tells her what a, her age is? Because when yeah, we first does. see her, she's on a motorbike with another old pervert. That's yeah, true. that's true. That's true. <laughs> she got got picked up by that old pervert taking on a bike so, ride. Yeah, she's yeah. asking for it. Um, you could, no, she has a history. Yeah, that's a joke, guys. That's a joke. Bad joke. But also, but also, <laughs> Ida is always like she's tackling Bruce to the bed, mm-hmm. and then she's also like trying to get Terry out of the way mm-hmm. because she doesn't want Vince Vincent marrying Terry. Yeah. And because I think there, she's trying under, to fuck. I think there's I a little think bit so. more. I think you're right. I would. I like. I don't know if I feel the incest vibe because like they are just like these like redneck people where she just is like very submissive to him and will do whatever he says. Mm-hmm. But like um, with that getting her out of the way, I think it's more of this like she won't understand. Mm-hmm. Like what we do. Yeah. Kind of oh, thing. Come yeah, on, Meg. I, I, I come on, Meg. Stop trying to explain it away. Put him in incest camp with us. No, no. Jerk. I'm not there yet, guys. I mean, I know <laughs> you, you, you guys tried to send me my membership hips. card in the mail. You said mail so much <laughs> Maybe, five minutes ago. I think, I mean, I think uh, you guys did try to send me my membership card in the mail, but I am not <laughs> a member of your club. Um, anyway, uh, you, do, you do quick, like, so the, this is the whole idea, right? Farmer Vincent makes smoked meat products jerkies and sausages and all manner of smoked meats that is his business he is a farmer but he has a a, a small i would say a regional smoked meat business that is that he's got is a hundred mile radius within a hundred mile radius he's famous uh for for farmer vincent's smoked meats he has billboards on the side of the road and all that stuff um you quickly realize that it's not a build-up that uh farmer vincent um be mixing peoples in in, in with the meats so what do you get, think the blend is Oh, I would bet he has a lot of hogs in there. Yeah, I would say hogs are a lot more expensive than those people, though. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm, I'm going to say it's probably like 70 percent people meat, mm-hmm. but they're cutting in with the pork fat. Yeah. You know? I thought it was like yeah. an 85, 15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just what would, hey, what would you guys prefer? I would go eighty-five fifteen, yeah, just yeah, to get yeah. the blend, yeah, and you just call Farmer Vincent's Long Pig. And he did say at one point that he had upwards of two hundred cars that he had put yeah. in there. Yeah, that's oh, a yeah. lot of cars. But if he's been doing it for thirty years, that's not that many cars. So Mm-mm. I'll I'll take you back out of Incest Club mm-hmm. because of my theory. Okay. It's why it's a I asked. Theory now. I yeah, well, that. no, it's I because I didn't hear that Ida was their sister. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't know, it oh, glazed yeah. over me. Mm-hmm. I thought Ida was a bog hag. <laughs> <laughs> she is a bit of a bog hag. Bog hags are back on the table, guys. But Let's bog go. Bog hags don't. Um, a bog hag would be able to swim. See, I think, I think she was like, right. well, no, but she does know how to swim. It was a plot. She just pretended. It was a plot. But would a bog hag? Try to cover her hair? No, she would be getting her. Well, hair no. Here's the thing. I think she water. was like a domesticated bog hag that was adopted <laughs> by the Smiths. Oh, I see. Because like, okay, so she's jealous of Terry and tries to drown Terry in the lake. Right. That's classic bog hag behavior. Wait, is this actual legit comments on the movie? Or are you just making a more fan fiction here about this? I'm, I'm building a case, Meg. If I'm you let me, <laughs> a little bit of bo- I'm, about bog because that's not a negative thing in my point. So no, I'm not. Really, uh, no, it's not. Man's no, it's just building a case. We know. Yeah. This. There's 200 cars <laughs> in a marsh. Yeah. Also known as a bog. Oh yeah, classic yeah. bog hag. And then early on, when uh, they Vincent's bring Terry the in, one that's, who's derailing the cars, not Ida. Yeah, but Ida would have told him where to go. Here's a you good think place. It's Ida's marsh. Yeah, it's Ida's Marsh. It's Ida's Bog. And then early on, when they bring in uh, Terry. Moving on to the actual. When they bring in Terry. Hold on, Meg. Interrupty. When they they bring in uh, Terry, Ida tells him to go pick a whole bunch of different fucking like oh, flowers and shit and, and yeah and that's shit a bog hag would know about yeah she gives him all the apothecary stuff mm-hmm. to, to nurse people back to life yeah yeah that is bog hag behavior it's bog hag behavior yeah i'm uh, still waiting for why the <laughs> fuck we just went took the last three <laughs> right. minutes to do Guys, that anyways. because it ties it into the universe of the episode and of the show meg <laughs> it's called bringing bog hags back make it a brand for the show bog you hags. just made a bog lot of hags. things right it's now entertaining the for the audience to hear bog hag i remember that <laughs> <laughs> when we watch the bog, bog, hat, bog it's hat. called callbacks and references to our own material, Meg. When Learn you how to, to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now this biker couple. Teach me, Steve. <laughs> Apparently you're not doing a good enough job. Over Guys, here. wait to argue till I'm done talking about your podcast. And then we just sink you your podcast <laughs> or my uh, episode or my movie. I mean. All right. So biker couple um, comes cu- is coming down the road. You've already got this indication, you know, uh, obviously that that uh, the uh, farmer Vincent and his gang are, are are killing people, putting them in the sausage. This is no surprise. Um, this biker couple kind of coming down the road. Um, he, does he actually I, I've seen this movie a hundred times and I can't fully determine whether he shoots him. I, I didn't. I tires just because they talk about it later in the movie He does. But then uh, in the scene, he doesn't. They talk about it like it yeah. does. I, almost, I don't know if you should actually question those type of things in a movie like this. That's probably right. You're probably true. It's, it's <laughs> probably true because I, I don't know that it matters that much. The Mm-mm. intention was there. What we find out is that the tires were shot. The tires. Well, they do say that. Yes. Ultimately, yeah. the tires were shot. But it's, um, it, it, you know, so so the guy uh, dies and the, the girl is on the back of the motorcycle. I don't know why she's on the back of the motorcycle when they literally had a sidecar. But. He does. Um, she she gets nursed back to health by, you know, bog hag mysticism. Um, and. Vince and Ida, uh, I'm going to call him Vince, Vinny, mm-hmm. big Vinny, um, he they're into two things. 
Jesus and eating people. Hell yeah. That's pretty much their number one and their number two. Um, so Ida nurses her back to health and, 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 yeah, uh, no sex before marriage, but people always on the table to be, eat eaten. them up, eat them up, eat them up. Um, and Ida, um, is very skeptical about the whole thing, but Vince runs the show and he basically says like, oh, it was God ordained her to survive or whatever. This was pre, you know, whatever. Um, he sells these kind of like Hillshire, Hillshire farm gift set type situations <laughs> where he like has like a, a gift pack sampler that he sell, What's sells. What's that? Hickory Farms? That's what Hickory Farms smokes, me. smoke sausage. Yeah. yeah you know, summer like in sausage. The middle of malls that you would go to. That's what yeah. Hillshire. Is it not Hillshire or Farms? I think it? I think there's two. There isn't well, Hickory Hillshire, Farms. Hillshire. 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 I think Hickory Farms is a different thing. Oh, Hillshire is like what you get in the stores. Mm. Like that's a brand. Yeah. Hickory Farms is the one you get in the mall. Is, is that what that, you're talking about? I don't know. There's that one's the kiosk. Mind. And then yeah. Hillshire is the one at the Walmart. In the <laughs> uh, gotcha, gotcha. Same situation. right? Okay. They're, yeah. It's selling little sampler packs and things like that. There's a, a great scene where this couple who has come, I assume, to stay at the motel and has gotten a taste for Farmer Vincent's meat um, is like, where can I buy it? And he gives them the whole sales pitch. And then they have these weird little two looks like twin girls that look like the the twins from the shiny dude yeah are creeping Never around little girls little they twins. go out into the into the shed um and uh someone pops up with a pig hat on but it's apparently not vincent i don't know if I it think was it was supposed ida. to have been ida yeah um any case you <clears> also <throat> you also see like pigs coming through the hooks and everything so and you get first glimpse in the smokehouse the processing house at that point um but then he screams at the little girls and somehow calms them down but then also just like the the most uh uh alarming thing about that is that he just put a bumper sticker on someone's car without asking yeah (laughs) also wrong it's crooked (laughs) yeah it's wrong it's on the front too who's who is when you're passing somebody having the chance to see a bump you you put them on the back when you're in traffic you see come on Um, it's the 80 i mean it's i mean it's just getting to the 80 you know people don't know shit yeah they don't know shit about bumper stickers um so uh, you, you get a little bit more of an indication of, of who uh, Sheriff Bruce is. That's their younger brother. Um, he comes in and uh, Terry uh, finally wakes up from assuming she's been in a coma or something like that. And they tell her that her boyfriend's dead in a pretty unceremonious way <laughs> and that they had already buried him that morning. Mm-hmm. And the Sheriff's like, all right, that's fine. Um and I love how they act like she's like a child now that there's like, uh, oh, your boyfriend died. Her boyfriend died. So we own her now. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's kind of like here now. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, I think, but I think pre 1985. <laughs> yeah. If your life was saved by a farmer, you were like an indentured servant. Yeah. So you just assume like, well, I guess she's going to help around the farm now. Yeah. Yeah. I think he already said it out loud of reading the pedophilia back into play here. Yeah. She's a adult though. You don't know that. She we could be seventeen. She, she looks like an adult. She looks like an adult, but how many times have adults fucking Kristen Bell was an adult and she played Veronica Mars? This <laughs> is a stretch, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um so then uh Inspector Steve Bob Steve and I are kind of on the same team right now, so please accept it. I mean you're also you guys are both stretching. It's like you're both desperately holding on to the rubber band, just pulling it as Look, you just can. have a pervert film. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. it's all right. It is. There's, there's a lot some, of pervert stuff in this. Pervert film. stuff floating around. Um you get this quick shot of in, Inspector Bob. He's like the meat inspector. 
Um, and you can tell he's an inspector um, on account of he's got his inspecting coat on. On account. <laughs> he shows up with his inspecting coat on. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, Vincent pops out, scares him, and uh, he just kind of takes off. Um, one other thing that I really like, uh, which I remember watching as a kid and like really paying close attention to for whatever, is there's this preacher in the background. Actually, a couple different preachers. They're always watching like these televangelists. That are just carrying on and he's saying bringing all kind young of wild girls shit. around, calling little girls, of course. Yeah, I is mean, it a couple of different preachers? I always thought I've, no, because not the always, one with but the beard who he goes that's to Wolfman to marry Jack. him. But early yeah. on, there's a clean cut guy. Oh, okay. Um, I thought it was all just Wolfman Jack. Yeah, but <laughs> um, oh, I didn't know that was what is that really Wolfman Jack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, yeah, it's all Wolfman Jack. Um, and then <laughs> so we we need to establish Terry. This is the the girl that that um they had quote unquote saved um is an idiot <laughs> and that makes everything's way easier for them mm. yes like they literally are like i think farmer vincent says something at one point that's like you survived that motorcycle accident so that proves that god exists and she's like <laughs> you know what you're right huh. yeah she's and like, even i mean a lot further later but like when just like a child did, would believe yeah <laughs> yeah like when she's <laughs> doing the like champagne and has the I'm poison not saying in she it. doesn't have the brain of a child <laughs> um anyway uh bob shows up again that night um you know without his inspecting coat on his got a snooping coat on goes snooping around um <laughs> He finds this garden um, and uh, and and, and kind of like eats shit over the fence. And um, this is probably the most for me, the most iconic scene in the movie, which is he looks it looks like a pumpkin patch with a bunch of burlap sacks like over the pumpkins. But then what you think is a pumpkin starts to move in and like making these gurgling noises and stuff. And then Bob pulls the sack off and it's a guy's head that seems to be kind of like zombified. Mm -hmm. That's just like popping up out they of the ground. They definitely play throughout the entire movie that these characters are like zombies, though. Well, yeah. they drug them. So they stick the... But like, yeah. talking, like later on, like... Yes, they get... they're very zombified. Um, yes, they, they, they move even like zombies. Um, they're basically creating their own little zombies that they're planting in the ground. And I just remember as a kid watching this movie and thinking like, oh, this guy is pretty, you know, it's probably gonna be like a slashery type of movie. And then I saw that and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, and then uh, Farmer Vincent shows up, kind of wax, wax Bob in the head. And um, and you don't see anything. You, you, you see, you know, where he goes from there afterwards. But um, so you get. Like Steve said, a lot of like little almost vignette type of things. It's just a series of bits from here because like there's no <laughs> real. It's not constructed like a movie. It's constructed like a bunch of bits. Yeah. That are I fun mean, and related. Push, but they do put they move the story along. They, I they, will say. <sighs> and this one, well, with the band, they certainly do. That doesn't move the story along, though, because the story is we already know that he's like they don't add or detract anything like the two yeah, women in the car. You show with the band. Is the first time you see the process of what they're doing. Ah, yeah, but they could have done that with anybody. Like they could have, like yeah, but it, they do it with the band. Yeah, I'm just saying it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't move any urgency. It no, just shows you more of how they do. Almost, so, like to do yeah. just like what I hear you saying too. It's like we get we get introduced to one aspect of it, then we get to see the whole, and then we get to see the end of it. So we don't ever see it all like in the stream of like 
um, what's her nuts character through the end of like seeing her boyfriend then like murdered. We see like, okay, we get to see that they have a process. We get introduced to it. Mm -hmm. We then see how they kill people. Mm -hmm. And then we get to see like, I I mean, I guess maybe I'm more on Steve. Like I hear what you're saying when you say that, like we get to see how they catch people with the band. No, you get you see how they plant and you see them how they plant them them too. But like, and then you see how to harvest them with the band. He's right. Yeah, yeah, that is that is like like the band that, yeah. is the the band are the ones that are like the beginning to end victims. Sure, sure. I'm just saying like it, like it Why doesn't really. Why did they really... get so fresh? Why don't they like kill someone? Why don't they pull out someone who was like already in there for a while? Right. Yeah. The curing process is here. the like, curing process is real weird. Well, here. they're not curing them. They're feeding well, I fucking them. Fucking like, know that it's a they're joke. Feeding them. <laughs> Terrible joke. They're feeding. <laughs> they're, they're, they're feeding them like they're uh, like they're ducks for foie gras or yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, they're force or, feeding or, them with like snorkel tubes and everything. Yeah, or like I'm, d- or I'm just like saying, like veal or something. All the all of these little bits and vignettes, they don't really push any urgency or conflict mm. because there's no conflict with Terry because she's just like, I guess I live on the farm now. She loves it. <laughs> she thinks she great. loves it. It's awesome. It I'm rules. I'm going to learn how to smoke meat. I'm going to smoke meat and then I'm going to smoke some meat. <laughs> <laughs> Farmer Vincent. So yeah, this movie, listen. This and, beca- and because yeah. Bruce is the brother and he's in on it, yeah. like he's not conflict either. Well, he's not in on it. No. Well, mm. It, for, he is not in on it. He just keeps. He just. He's he's just a villain in a bunch of other ways. Right. But he's not in. Yeah. A rapist. <laughs> he doesn't know there's people in it. Oh, okay. I thought he. I thought he did. You oh, think nah. early on? You think that he does? I don't mm. think his response to, tells us but, that he does not. But then ultimately. Like. Um, you think that he does early on, but ultimately you learn that he does not. I think. I guess I was just remembering the fact, like Vincent calls him the biggest cannibal in the county because mm-hmm. he's always eating the meat. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, if he's not aware, then yeah, he, yeah. he's not aware, but again, he's also not cool. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to it in a minute, but the, the characters, um, they, they try to do this thing, which is, you know, again, this is 1980. So they're very much on this whole like morality thing where all the people who are getting killed and turned into meat products smoked, you know, in, in, in the smokehouse all have some sort of like, they're doing something wrong. Yeah. So like uh, at this point, you know, obviously Terry, she was a little bit more less of a she was a little bit more of a victim, but she was like out riding motorcycle with a boy. And <laughs> well, then, she, not a boy. That's an old a, man a who has ass man. like he has a bald spot <laughs> and gray hair. Yeah, that, hey, I mean, no, but when they take his no, when they take his burlap oh, sack off. Yes. His a, hair is gone. He he's, is, a, he's an older gentleman. Um, a man of some distinguished. Yeah. But anyway, um, she's a, he's a grandpa. <laughs> uh, Ivan the Terribles is the name of the band. The Ivan the Terribles, which and, is a terrible band. And Ivan has the realest beard I've oh ever seen. So serious. <laughs> um, he's driving, and in the back, they're smoking that. What does he say right lettuce. before they hit? Like, yeah, he's like. We gotta pull over. Shit's getting too wild. Oh, he calls it. He says this red is too wild or yeah. something. He calls it red. Yeah, he just what, has some line right before. Then they immediately do it, and I like just laughed out loud. I was yeah, like, this they're is in the background, just the like really smoking that devil <laughs> lettuce, and they're really trying to make it seem like it's, um, yeah, like they're like eating babies in the back of the van. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Vince, you know, Vincent flips him off the road, uh, and and then you get this is. First of all, you get the idea of they're not zombies. 
they're alive. He's keeping them alive on purpose. They're just so ripping he, out their vocal cords. He is gassing them, which is a comic. This is a Looney Tunes bit because yep. they <laughs> flip and tumble down the road. They would all be dead or unconscious, but they pull up and you can still hear him inside. Like, get off my leg. What are you doing? Blah, 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 yeah. blah. Like you hear him inside the van. And then Farmer Vincent goes up and puts the gas in the van, assuming, you know, gases them. And throws a big, them on the fucking cart and takes them. And a big bottle is labeled chloroform. <laughs> it's the same as like, it's you know, Wiley Coyote shit. Yeah, yeah, it's Wiley Coyote when he takes yeah. out the bottle of ether and, <laughs> you know, the ghost floats out of the ether bottle. Like, ooh. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I really love there's like probably three or four scenes in this movie that have no business being there. There's no reason why they're there. Um, they're all just to lead to somebody falling in the mud. But they're funny. Like, I know. They're, they're all, funny, like, funny just, and stupid. Like that's their purpose to the, make a prat fall. <laughs> the one about um, and this this wasn't even a physical gag, but it's the one where Vincent and Ida are having a conversation in the car um, about Vincent really likes the traps. He likes setting up traps and tricking people, which reminds me of Head of the Family a little bit. Like the, This movie reminded me a lot of Head of the Family, mm-hmm. like especially the cow bit. Yeah. Like he has these like beautifully painted cows, like mm-hmm. very like cartoonish, but but very like well. And uh, he's talking about how it provides him a creative outlet. And <laughs> I can't one of my other th- which we haven't done the show yet, which I'm going to do at some point. I don't know if you guys have ever watched Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. I've seen it. Or if you ever watched it, it's on YouTube. It's fucking fantastic. It's one of my favorite things. Um, and there is a uh, there. There's a line in there about thinking creatively, and they'd sing a little song. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think about Farmer Vincent thinking really creatively. Uh, you really have well. to watch. Cool. Don't hug me. I'm scared. <laughs> um, in any case, uh, so you get um, you know this full look uh, at the garden at this point from Ida and you know how they're basically, they have a big post hole digger hooked up to the, to the tractor and then they're just plugging people in, you know, and just, just planting them feet first into the ground. So their heads are sticking up out. They're removing their vocal cords so they can't scream, um, which heal remarkably quickly and with a tremendous consistency. Um, and essentially, bog hag apocryphary. Yeah, bog <laughs> hag. That's that. At least they did tie up that loose end. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're planting them and and like they're burying them alive vertically with their heads above the ground, um, so that they can, uh, um, you know, still breathe and then still be fed. breathe and and force feed them so they can like you know grow yummy and tender. I guess. Um, so you watch them plant the band. Um, and then you get the, the iconic line at this point, which is probably the most memorable line, which is only which is kind of a throwaway line, I feel like. But it's it takes all kinds of critters to make Farmer Vincent's fritters, mm. um, which they never mention the fritters again. They never make fritters. No, yeah. they literally never make fritters. <laughs> it's all the best. I don't know if that was like an interesting term for like a different name for hot dogs. And but I, I think, think fritters like chicken is, fritters is what I'm thinking. Of, right. Like, well, I think fritters is another word for like sausage patties. Sure. Mm. Sure. sure yeah. yeah. Um, I always I always thought of fritters, and I'm just probably wrong, but I just thought of it as like leftover scrapple. Mm, okay, that's a, I mean just like shit that you can fry on the grill real quick, and it's like, it's like a fr- indeterminate piece. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> just like little chunkies that you fry yeah. up. Um, so at this point, Terry is like whole on board. She's just gonna live on the farm. She goes on a picnic with the Smiths, um, and they're they in this instance, 
they're very like Sawyer like they're kind of it's like a Texas chainsaw type of situation where they're talking about how they um, eat all types of animals and they ate their dog when they were little and all this stuff. And it's kind of freaking Carrie out a little bit, but not enough for like of a red flags going up for her to not yeah. just want to again, stay she there, has a new so. home. She has to be accepting of her new home. Yeah, know? she's she's she's, she's like I said, she, in. she's she's a piece of clay to be molded here. Um, the, the reason I brought up this scene is um, when Vincent punches Ida in the gut, it's very funny. <laughs> it's it's the most... I, I saw that and I go, oh, that's just Three Stooges. That <laughs> fucking Mo just socked Curly. Because she's about <laughs> to tell the secret about how there's people in the sausage and he just... <laughs> just socks her in the belly. <laughs> As they're all getting bit. fucking blitzed on Olympia. <laughs> yeah, they're slamming bruise. <laughs> Um, and, uh, Terry and the sheriff, you know, they're starting to get a little friendly at this point. Um, you know, you get the idea of, you get a shot of how, like how they feed them and you get the idea that farmer Vincent and Ida think they're doing something like, um, you know, for the planet, you know, mm-hmm. cause they're saying like, there's too many people and not enough food. So, you know, it's a soylent green type of argument here. Classic bog hag behavior being antisocial, but pro nature. Yes. True. This is, this is, excuse me. Yeah. Classic. Um, so the sheriff uh, takes Terry um, to a field where he abuses his power in an effort to impress her um, <laughs> and uh, gets real rapey yeah. with her. And then she's just like, don't worry about it. That was great. I had a blast. <laughs> like, it just, you think NBD. This, yeah. You think that Bob is going to become not Bob. Bob is the inspector. You think the sheriff um, is going to be like a villain from this point out? Nope. Water no, because it was the just bridge. the 80s. Water under the bridge. It, like, it, it, it reads terrible to us now. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's the 80s. So yeah. that was just like, ah, you can go to, like, third base before it's a problem. Like, forcibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, this is one of my favorite parts where you get these two, I'm going to call them ski bimbos <laughs> <laughs> that show up in the car. And they're talking about how they just got back from a ski trip. And this is completely... Like, this doesn't need to be in there at all. No. But there's just this part about how she's talking about how she slept with one of the ski instructors to get them free, like, ski lessons. And then then she contracted VD, basically. (laughs) But she doesn't say which VD. Right. But she does. She contracted VD. um, And then they pull up on the fake cows. And, you know, then he ethers one of them uh <laughs> and then ends up getting the other one out there's a there's a big uh police chase and like while the sheriff is you know essentially sexually assaulting terry which is again not a big deal um somehow bob hears bruce oh i keep saying bob bruce um somehow hears that her over the cb because she had a cb in her yeah. car cb culture was big I back know it was then big yeah. in the 70s yeah with the <laughs> everybody had convoy a CB. and all that shit um that's right conway twitty put it out there everybody <laughs> wanted to get on convoy <laughs> we got it um but uh she faints the way she faints is <laughs> worth the price of admission um but uh, yeah, so. But yeah, you're right. None of this had to be in there, but nope. it was in there because it's all a setup because of the police chase leads to the police car getting stuck. Mm-hmm. And it all had to lead up to Bruce falling face first in the mud. Yeah. It's just a setup to a pratfall. Set up to, it's set all up bits. To <laughs> um, my favorite characters in the movie, 
come in now, which is the swinger couple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which they show up. They are um, absolute maniac degenerates. It's not yeah. just like, hey, yeah. we want to do a little what. They got the wrong motel. They show up. They talk. Farmer, they, you know, they, they basically are proposing to Farmer Vincent and Ida that they want to do some sort of like couple swap situation. But it's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. It's like they're super horny. Um, they also <laughs> really into jerky. <laughs> and they want to fuck the Smiths, apparently. Um, and then uh, the the woman has a whip, which she uses to destroy the She's entire wild. hotel room. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> and then she, he comes out, the guy comes out wearing this like wild outfit. And he's like, where's my lube or whatever? Yeah. And then she gets and then he uses the phrase, let's get greasy. It's <laughs> a great line. And um it's funny because like he shows up and he is kind of dressed like a disco guido. Yeah. When he shows up, but then when he comes out of the bathroom, yeah. He is wearing like ballerina garb. Yeah. Except for he still has his disco guido driving cap on. Yes. He's <laughs> like the hat stays on. But he also <laughs> talks. He he almost feels like he's doing a Sonny Bono impression. Yeah. yeah. Um it's just so weird. Yeah, he there he is I mean, the couple is what everybody imagined was Studio 54. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just like the recesses of that perversion. Mm-hmm. And it's just like everybody was wearing women's clothes mm-hmm. and like lubing themselves up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the the worst fears of rural America. <laughs> yeah. It's the same the, scene they're showing in Tennessee right now. Guys. Right. Yeah. yeah. It still terrifies them. Yeah. <laughs> this this was the, the, the equivalent now of uh, like drag queens reading stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Everybody's all worried about. Um, anyway. Uh. Then they just, of course, they let them tie them up because they think it's like a BDSM thing. And then they, of course, you know, plant them in the ground like everybody else. Um, There's like a tubing scene, which is 100 percent just there to see Terry's nipples. Um, And uh, then Vince, Farmer Vincent saves her. And then that's when like the uh, the the kind of romance sparks with them, which makes no sense. There's no Mm. reason why it should be there. He's like 70 years old. Well, it, you say it doesn't make sense, but again, the guy on the bike was old as fuck. She was just looking for a reason. She's looking I for guess a zabby, so. dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, for I forgot zabby. about that term. Yeah, that's kind <laughs> of like, what it is. He, say, he saved her life twice, mm. and she's like, man, I better stick with him she and suck is that off. Issues, you know what I mean? <laughs> She just, she just wants those daddies. Yeah. Um, I don't blame her. She's a runaway, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> she seems like it might we be. We should all be worried about her right now. Oh, no. I, I'm definitely worried about her throughout the movie, but also she is dumb. So, yeah. like, I can't I can't reach in naive, and stop her. not dumb. No, nah, like, she's dumb. <laughs> well, I mean, Ida definitely very explicitly tries to drown her, and she's just like, I'm sorry. It's okay, all right. And she's like, no, no baby. Yeah. yeah, luckily, again, she's very dumb. Um, and now all of a sudden she's super horny. She ignored the story where they laughed about eating their dog. Yeah. That's not like, cool. Yeah. She, and then let Ida get punched in the tummy. <laughs> that literally didn't make her an ounce less horny. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't make her run or anything. At yeah. no point does she ever express the idea of like, oh, I should like go back to my family. No. And where I'm from. No, she's a runaway. Well, she does say at one point briefly like should i just go back home and ida's like no you got to get better uh first this was not long after the motorcycle accident and yeah. then it's just like nope i live here now like within a few days yeah <laughs> um 
And uh, anyway, uh, she comes on to Farmer Vincent. He is like, no, we got to get married first. So then they set up a whole thing where Very they're going to get man. married. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a good guy. He wants to make her an honest lady out of her. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, Ida drugs her. Oh, um, this is what I was trying to get across yeah. earlier, too. It's like about like how she's just not paying attention. There is her drink or champagne was clearly green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just, yeah. Oh, when they're slamming the champagne. Yeah. yeah. She, again, she's not not bright. <laughs> she's not paying attention. She, yeah. Oh, honey. Is all I want to say. You know, like I uh, and, are being meaner to her than I want to be. I mean, yeah, you can say bless your heart at her, but like behind <laughs> no, closed doors, her. she's a dumb dumb. <laughs> she ain't bright. She ain't bright. This is probably my favorite scene in the movie, which is them harvesting the the band where which they've been feeding for who knows how long now. Um, and what they basically do is Farmer Vincent, he, he gives a speech about he wants to humanely kill his his animals. He's doing the like, whole hypno. Yeah. So he gets thing. this like yeah. strobe light, like disco light thing and puts one of them in front of each of their faces. It's mm-hmm. the most 1960s Batman villain thing I've seen outside of the 1960s <laughs> yeah. Batman. <laughs> yeah. He, he hypnotizes them into thinking that they're on like a sweet trip and he's talking about like blasting off to Mars and all this stuff. The whole dialogue is absolutely asinine, uh, but in just a funny, stupid way. Um, And then they just break their necks and drag them out of the ground. Yeah, (laughs) basically. Um, They were still moving when they pulled them out too. like, it almost seemed like if I remember correctly, it almost felt like, I like well, it, the first I, time it he pulls, like, it like breaks their neck. That's what I thought yeah. too. And then I thought like when I saw them when he pulled them out officially, I was like, are they so yeah, some of them movie? are just bad actors. Yeah, because like the the female uh, in that band, like she never knows if she's alive or dead when she's being handled at any moment. Like not really. She's yeah. She's sometimes she's breathing, sometimes she's holding her breath. <laughs> like she's getting slammed around. And it's like didn't didn't nobody tell you what's to do? No, it doesn't <laughs> seem like it. It doesn't seem like it. They were like, it's dark. Don't worry about it. I I will say, and we can get into the director after this. Mm-hmm. This director is not anything <laughs> more than a guy who just like points at stuff, points, shoots, keeps things on budget and moves on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this was a movie. I mean, so this is this is a great example of a movie that had a premise mm-hmm. and not even a premise, an idea. And that idea was. What if there was a hotel sign and it was called the motel hello, but the O burned out? Yeah, that was that. That was idea one. And then somebody else said, but what if there was a farmer who made people into food? Yeah. But and and then we plant we're going to plant them in they the ground. They do seem like two separate stories that are just trying to right. get together. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I could just say I feel like there was a guy who wrote a script and was like, Killer hotel. Okay. Motel. Hello. Motel. Hell. Got it. And then it still goes into the whole idea, too, of like it feeling like there's like these zombies aspects too. like cannibalism doesn't really feel like the primary thing. But like we have like, you know, more uh, so many other things. No, it's more of a a cost savings money making scheme type Mm -hmm. of thing that that Farmer Vincent has talked himself into being some sort of righteous cause. Um, you know, we'll, we'll fast forward down, down the line here, but ultimately what happens is, um, the, 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 the people that are buried in the ground start to escape slowly. They start to kind of work their way out. 
Um, Terry uh, is is kind of being groomed by Vincent in probably in more ways than one, but to smoke be his you know his protege to teach him how to smoke meats. But then um, she doesn't know, of course, the 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 the, the you know secret. But then she does get kind of thrust into it when uh, Bruce comes in and basically says, hey, I learned what happened. He's a psycho, blah, blah, blah. Ida, which we didn't establish, has like she's very strong. <laughs> like that's her whole thing. You just assume. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she goes out and, and, and gets the idea. OK, this is what happened. They're adding people to the mix. And and former Vincent just comes clean on the whole thing. And again, Terry, not responding appropriately to this information she's just like how could you (laughs) like how could you not like oh my god run screaming it's just like that's not cool um you do get a final like showdown chainsaw showdown between bruce so sheriff and farmer vincent um and he's got you know the giant pig head on this is like one of the iconic images of of the movie i had it written down it's the extreme deadly do right ending (laughs) because terry is tied up to a saw yeah and the saw is going to kill her and then deadly do right has to come in and save her see i took it as like a it was like a bond villain situation a little yeah, yeah it's a little bit that too it's just it's just the fact that the way he comes i mean after he defeats vincent or Vincent really just kind of falls on a saw himself like an yeah, asshole. Yeah, he just digs into his side, yeah. But Bruce comes swinging in mm-hmm. on one of the meat hook chains yeah. through a door, yeah. like a door that just opens up in from nowhere, you yeah. know. And he, to this point, let's be clear, Bruce has not really been a good guy at any point. No. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he's not, we haven't established him as a hero, anything like that. He lost his hustler to Wolfman Jack. <laughs> yeah, Wolfman Jack stole his hustler. Um uh, anyway, so the and sheriff he lost his lady to literally the like a sem- bear. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, maybe she saw Rory Calhoun in other movies earlier on and we're like, he used to be a hunk. Um, anyway, uh, the sheriff saves Terry. You know, Vincent's got this chainsaw on his side. Um, and the delivery of Vincent's confession at this point, even before the, the big joke is so wild like he's leaning in really hard but in a the most cartoonish way ever um and he plays everything else so straight for the whole rest of the movie i remember just thinking every time i watch this i'm taken aback by how weird his delivery is um but then he ultimately says you think he's gonna come clean and say i use human meat in 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 his products mm-hmm. but he admits that he he uses preservatives. Yeah, that's yeah. That the whole silly. big so <laughs> giveaway, which is such a like it. Nothing makes me happier than having watched an entire hour and a half movie that led up to just <laughs> one mediocre gag <laughs> that leads up to <laughs> <laughs> so good. an it's hour and a half of so my life for disrespectful <laughs> to the audience it's it is such a fuck you to the audience um but it's been so the whole yeah it's just right up to the end um and then again this is not even necessarily the craziest thing that happens right at the end um 
Uh, you see Ida, by the way. Ida's been planted upside down by the zombies. You know, we're going to call them zombies, but they got out. They planted her upside down, so she's dead. And now you, <laughs> in the last 30 seconds of the movie, you get the backstory that the sheriff ran away when he was 11, and that's why he didn't know all these things that were happening. Yeah. Why didn't they say that? <laughs> fucking notes. <laughs> literally said it last, like, 30 seconds of the movie, and then they're like, um, well, I guess there's gonna. <laughs> I forget what the lines like. I guess there's gonna have to be like an investigation or something. And then she's like, "You should just burn this place down." He's like, "You mean arson?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah." And then the O explodes. And then the, the O explodes and, and takes the all the, the agency out of anybody's hands. <laughs> oh man! And that's the whole goddamn movie. And what I like about this movie is that. First of all, you don't know how to who to root for or against. Yeah. Everyone's pretty much awful or dumb. And every character's decisions are insane. Yeah. And it's just cartoonish, stupid fun. And there's literally nothing beyond that about it. Yeah. It is I mean, just the all is one of my favorite, just like throw on, get stoned and watch just this i can see i can see how this is a really good movie for getting high <laughs> yeah i watched it sober <laughs> wow that was your first mistake also taurus tubi knows that taurus trap's supposed to come on right after this yeah, tubi does know that and i and i appreciate that as well tubi also knows <laughs> to run applebee's ads nutrisystem ads and jenny craig ads during they, sh- they should just run literal oreo ads. yeah i was like okay you like oreos i bet you fucking do. yeah <laughs> Uh, just to jump to that director real quick, yeah. uh, Kevin Connor is his name, and he, he, you know you don't know him because he's just a gun for hire. <laughs> but and I did some looking into him because I'd never heard of him, mm-hmm. and I just fell in love with some of the other movies he's done, especially yeah. his more recent work, twenty uh, fourteen, The Cookie Mobster, sick, a Christmas Kiss two, nice, the Thanksgiving House, hell yeah. <laughs> He is. So he's, he's Hallmark. Now. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say these yeah. sound like movies he, that you and Kate have come up with. He has he has eras to him. Like in the seventies and eighties, he did a lot of genre film, and then nineties he did TV movies. So nice. like he did a heart to heart TV movie. Sick. Then he had like a religious period nice. where he did like the Lazarus Man, the Apocalypse Watch, Mother Teresa movie, <laughs> and then he seems to have moved on to uh, doing yeah Hallmark films with. You know, the wish list and farewell to Mr. Kringle and honeymoon for one. The man is working <laughs> and I appreciate a good work a day. Sounds like he's making director. as many films as a porn star makes a year. Yeah. Sounds well, like he is supporting a habit. <laughs> <laughs> that could be true. The man who founded um, the Ivan the Terribles. Right. <laughs> may he have was a the guy. Habit. In the beard, yeah, is what maybe it was. I wonder if he was. That'd be cool if he was. Um, no, I mean it was a fun movie. I I think like the same things I already said. Like, there's not. I feel like there's not much for me to comment on besides there was like a lot of moments where I was like laughing and giggling along with it, which I was happy about. The song that I posted, which is like a weird country song that they played a couple times. Oh really, yeah, about really your fun. your eat. It's a, there's yeah. something about eating you or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah, it clearly like can stand alone, but in this movie, it's like perfect. Yeah. Um, but I still like saw the things like I mentioned, like immediately seeing weird other things about like 
you know, feeling like it was like kind of like a zombie-esque thing, which I thought was really weird and silly. Yeah, they that tried to really say like they cut, they cut their vocal cords or whatever, yeah. but... Um, it doesn't explain like why when they all escape, they all like claw and paw at yeah, Ida like zombies. I think zombies. the idea was they had that scene where they what drug the... them, so they're like... But what is yeah. the whole um, thing? Like if you like are uh, stuck in the same position for a yeah, like you've atrophied. atrophied, your muscles atrophied, have atrophied. Yeah. yeah, could be like that's what I've got. But like all you can think is like the same thing you see in a zombie movie. So yeah. it aids in like the horror element of this film because there's yeah. clearly like there's not that many like necessarily clear on the head like mm -hmm. jump scares or like gore per se and all that stuff. So we're not really seeing a lot of that. Yeah. So I think that aids it being more in like the horror genre yeah. a little bit too. I like the fact that this is a goofy, silly horror movie, but there are also a couple of scenes that are just weird enough to be creepy. Like when you see the guy for the first time with his head buried, it's mm -hmm. Bob, I think, mm -hmm. head buried. You know, Bob sees Bob finds, finds the biker guy. biker guy. Yeah. When you see that. Um, yeah, there's just like a cup that obviously the, the weird dreaminess of the way they shot the chainsaw sequence at the end when mm -hmm. he's got the head on. Mm -hmm. The head is like way bigger than any pig head that would normally be. Mm -hmm. So it looks like he made a paper mache mask that looks like <laughs> a pig head. Mm -hmm. Kind of looks like how he parties. <laughs> yeah, which is all which is so weird and off putting too. I don't know, Brian. Maybe pigs were just bigger back then. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> well, he has, he literally has pigs hanging, and the head is like as big as the pigs that are hanging by. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, a, it's a silly movie with like a. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. People being weird. A couple of like cool, um, uh, you know, uh, arresting scenes. Um, and some fucking good one-liners. That's about it. That's why I like it. Yeah, it's got some goofy bits and everything. It's yeah. not. I don't know. It's not great as a movie per se. Because no, like, not. I don't know. Terry doesn't have any agency. She isn't even the one that is like the impetus for the the revolt. Like she doesn't. It's not like she discovers the garden mm -hmm. and then sets everybody free. Yeah. Like, does she even see her boyfriend again? I don't mm, think. No, I think so. he gets dispatched. Mm -hmm. Yeah. While she's tied to no, the machine. Nothing ever happens with that. And also, um, yeah, they never like free anybody. Yeah, it just happens because yeah. like they take one guy out and then like Boris happens to like wake work his way out. Yeah. And that's all it that happens. Like, well, and also Bruce never even discovers the garden. Yeah, not till not till they discover Ida's been planted. Um right? Because everyone yeah, got out I guess before so. that. Because yeah. yeah, because at one point um vincent says like when he's laying there which also they battle with chainsaws for a while yeah but then bruce like kind of doesn't want to kill him well yeah because like bruce or yeah bruce swings at him with a chainsaw gets his chainsaw stuck and then vince just falls onto it mm -hmm. like <laughs> yeah and then because at the end when he realizes he's gonna die because he's been you know cut with the chainsaw or whatever um he says you can have the motel and you can have the garden and he goes what garden he's like Oh, the secret garden. He yeah. never even saw it. He doesn't know right, what he's yeah. talking yeah, he about. No yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, listen, guys, it's not a masterpiece. But nope. it's my pick. You said it was a masterpiece at the beginning. 
<laughs> this is when we cue Brian yeah. saying this is a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece of stupid schlock horror. <laughs> I love it. I don't know, man. I, head of the family's better. And there's oh, so yeah. there's so much like there's so much that I feel like head of family does better. Yeah. And that does similarly. It's like 15 years later. Though. I know, but also yeah. like the boobs were bigger. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one set of boobs in this in this uh which I was is Harry's, say, I think. Yeah. And they're yeah. probably actually real. They are. They yeah. are. Well, there yeah. were real boobs in Head of the Family, but there were also bigger boobs in Head of the Family. <laughs> There's more boobs and real boobs and bigger boobs. I just want to remind you guys there were literally no boobs in either of your movies. Um Yeah, no, because my movie's about dudes rock. <laughs> mine didn't need boobs. You had some wiener though. Actually, no, her movie had boobs. Do you see the oh, the the, the yes? Yeah, you see the cancer uh, boobs. It's true. Yeah, I guess cancer that. boobs. You can't make fun of that I'm at all. Not I'm not it's not horny. It's uh, not that the boobs were cancerous. It's just like there was cancer around the boobs. Yes, there were so. there were cancer. Uh, uh, yeah, there were like lesions yeah. on the boobs. Um, okay. Not ideal. All, all right, right, guys, let's wrap this up. So I get to I get to choose the order. Correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I believe you did. I believe you do. Okay, mm-hmm. so make sure. Yeah. Uh, Steve is going first as well. Steve's going to vote first. Yeah. Brian is going second to vote. All right, and then I'll, I'll come up from yep. behind. That's how you normally do it. Ugh. From the only movie that was like pretty full on about food. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's called Hungry for Horror, not Food for Movies. <laughs> That's true. People are pretty hungry. Not food movie. on film. They were really hungry. Oh, Jesus. You guys chose cannibal movies that barely had any cannibalism. That's what I'm saying. My movie Mine has plenty of cannibalism. Mine had skeletons. Mine had full on skeletons. Mine, mine was a unique take in that it was about food production. Yeah. And yeah, I think that was I think that was a unique. Take. My my movie had my movie had so much cannibalism in it that they had to make mutton stew and vegetarian guy Pierce. Yeah. The consummate actor that he is took mm-hmm. a bite out of took a bite out of meat just to sell it did he yeah look at you guy pierce yeah strong acting lots of cannibalism again you have to talk everything about the movie to make it more interesting steve go on <laughs> it's I a good movie I'm like i know I'm, you're not but that's totally fine <laughs> i don't that's the thing i don't know oh i don't know that's why i don't like going first at this moment because i don't know because this is actually brian's, why I chose to brian's movie is a loose conglomeration of bits and gags and some of them are funny, mm-hmm. but also I did find myself <laughs> getting most bored during your movie. Okay. Just because I'm like, nobody is doing anything. Mm. <laughs> nobody is stopping what's happening. And I don't need, I don't need a how it's made of fake cannibal <laughs> sure. sausage. I, Come on. Sure you do. <laughs> um, I would like to see an actual like DIY show of like your movie though, but like, today in real life like mm. a remake of motel hell would be I'm really hilarious haven't done today. that yet yeah 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 like yeah a remake could be probably. a lot of fun as long as I, they I keep it funny they probably would have made it a little bit more cohesive if it was redone but i still i think it'd be a fun yeah um but meg's movie just batters you over the fucking head and then just leaves you unsatisfied at the end and i think my vote is purely going on like movie i would watch again mm-hmm. and I would watch Moto Hell again. I've seen the platform twice and I hated it more the second time. Yeah. <laughs> I still have the ability to get high and watch Motel Hell again. I wish he would have said that, that to me with his hands on his hips. And the same 
tone of voice that nope. he said man and or mocking this film. Mm-hmm. That nope. would have actually made this been more fun. Nope. <laughs> nope. It doesn't even earn the dignity of me being that rude to it. <laughs> I, I, I do not like this movie and I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> Fair. Motel Hell, I can I'm glad I can try high. <laughs> That's my choice. Motel Hell, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> Against no my will. No matter what happens, my moral victory is intact because I got someone to vote for Motel Hell. <laughs> um, all right. Who's up for it? So I'm up next. You're up next. All right. I, I think I've made it probably pretty clear, so I won't belabor it. I actually like the platform. I think... Um, the message kind of falls apart. It was maybe an over, um, uh, I don't know, overconfident director or something like that going in. I, I don't know. Um, but I like ravenous a lot more. It's a ridiculously unique movie. Um, like how many like cartoonish horror Westerns are there that, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so I'm going to, I'm, I'm going for that with, uh, with ravenous. Well, so I guess this is now on me. And mm-hmm. mm-hmm. end, mm-hmm. end of an era, the 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 three P. As I feel like most times when I've seen some, or I've seen it, we've seen it a few times mm. where I feel like when we talk about a movie, I end up changing my mind about it a little bit and start seeing it a little differently. Didn't really change my perspective on it, but I did understand Ravis a little bit differently. But again, I, I felt like everything you guys talked about around it that was like going on going into it was more interesting than watching it quite frankly i didn't share with you guys while we were talking about the movie that i fell asleep twice watching it um whoopsies uh, asterisk. <laughs> <We're> asterisk. <laughs> um but i i have to go back to also i think this month for me goes down to rewatchability because i obviously choose mine first um and i would definitely probably watch motel hell again also high, but probably on shrooms. Mm-hmm. If I did, I feel like it'd be something I'd want to sit down with a couple people and have fun with. Just because of the weird line, one-liners. Like yeah. I found myself giggling on it. So. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> I definitely. Um, or do I know? <laughs> I don't. I don't understand it either because mine combines the best parts of both or at least it does the social commentary more subtly Mm. but also it still incorporates some comedy while being a linear movie that goes and it has twists 20 minutes shorter i might have made up of like held my attention a little like more with it i don't know i still obviously like it felt like oddly over my head and to a certain extent of like for this and also didn't fully hit on the topic for the month for me. Mm. So I'm going to leave it there. As, as farmer Vincent once said, the Lord works in mysterious ways. The Lord is bullshit. (laughs) So your boy's taking (laughs) on the strap. Um, I don't know what movie we're going to watch. Maybe we, because he wasn't planning on winning. I truly wasn't planning on winning. I'm so mad too, because I have one that would be so fucking perfect. It would be such a left hook to both of you. (laughs) Hey, Steve, like, how about just choose a better movie next month? <laughs> you can hold up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's what we're going to do. Um, oh, wait, wait. I have a couple of ideas. One of them is not a movie. I mentioned earlier in the episode. Um, so we'll wait and I'll tell you next week what that some bitch in punishment movies going to be for you. Insolent sons of bitches. Um, all right. For the Halloween is forever crew. I'm Brian. I'm Mike. I've been cheated. See you around. Bye. Bye.